jury will not be sequestered. I'm Brian Buckmar along with Terry Austin. In the Weinstein case, fellow silence breakers and any selection is moving along. I'll read the verdict, says the Jesse Weber. Thanks for joining us. Can to see it as raw as this. Good evening and welcome. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Morning Docket here at Law & Crime. I'm Jesse Weber, and thanks for joining us. We are now in day three and hour nine of deliberations out in Fairfax County, Virginia, for the defamation trial of Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard. And if you're just tuning into this case, Depp is suing his former spouse for $50 million over her 2018 op-ed in the Washington Post, dubbing herself a domestic abuse victim. Depp claims he was the real victim of domestic abuse and that the op-ed cost him his reputation along with several acting roles. But it doesn't stop there because Heard is countersuing Depp for $100 million over Depp and his attorney's alleged smear campaign following the op-ed. And as we wait for a verdict, we're going to be replaying some of the most pivotal moments from this trial. And at 12 p.m. Eastern, we're also going to be taking your questions live. That's right, from YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Facebook. Get those questions to us. Get them ready. We are going to answer them live on the air. But right now, before we get into any of the clips in this case and any of the testimony that you might have missed, it's time to go live to Fairfax County, Virginia, where we have our very own Anjanette Levy, who is outside the courthouse in a very windy, breezy day, I can see, uh, Anjanette. Uh, what, good morning. Good to see you. What is the latest you have for us? Well, good morning to you, Jesse. And yes, it's breezy, but guess what? We'll take the breeze because yesterday was just awful. It was muggy. It was hot. It's going to be muggy and hot again. So we'll take the breeze this morning, right? Uh, but right now, uh, not a whole lot going on. The attorneys for Johnny Depp arrived just a short time ago. They went into the courthouse, um, and we haven't heard anything from them. The jury should be resuming deliberations very shortly. Uh, meanwhile, Johnny Depp last night on stage again at the Royal Albert Hall in London with Jeff Beck performing. Kate Moss, I am told, uh, was there as an invited special guest of Johnny Depp. She, of course, was a huge witness in this trial for Johnny Depp, testifying that he never pushed her down a set of stairs or harmed her in any way. Amber Heard, you'll recall, had claimed that she had heard this story about Johnny Depp tossing Kate Moss down the steps, and that's all she could think about during an altercation with Depp at the top of the stairs at his penthouse back in March of 2015. Um, but Kate, uh, Kate Moss bunking that claim that Amber Heard had not only made in this trial but also in the UK trial uh, that Johnny Depp never harmed her so they dated back in the 90s I think she said 94 to 97 or 98 somewhere in there and uh, they're still friends, still very friendly. She testified for him in this trial. She didn't have to do that. So she was at the concert last night. I'm told Sharon Osbourne was also there. Uh, so uh, Johnny Depp uh, in London performing with Jeff Beck. So not here in Fairfax County, Virginia. Uh, there is a friend of Amber Heard's, meanwhile, who has tweeted, uh, been very vocal. Her name is Eve Barlow. She is somebody who was expelled from the courtroom and barred and banned from the courtroom very early in the trial. Uh, she's been tweeting that Amber Heard is here waiting for a verdict. She has to wait for a verdict. Uh, so that's all we know as far as Amber Heard is concerned. But no sightings of Amber Heard uh, outside that courthouse. And Janet, let me, let me ask you this. What is the structure for the jurors in their deliberations? Because it's our understanding they create their own schedule, right? Uh, based on what you saw yesterday, what can we glean on what we can expect today? 
Well, uh, it appeared yesterday they started around 9 a.m. Uh, it's 9 a.m. Eastern time now here in the United States, and I say that because we have a lot of international viewers watching us. So 9 a.m. Eastern time to our international audience. Uh, they should have arrived right now. It was around noon or maybe a little thereafter that um, I know that they were approached and asked if they wanted to go to lunch. Just FYI, I tweeted this out yesterday. In a lot of trials that we cover, we see where once deliberations begin, sometimes they'll order in the lunch and sometimes even dinner if the um, jurors are going late into the evening. That's not happening in this trial. The jurors are responsible for their own lunch. So I was told yesterday they were some of them were seen with lunch boxes. Uh, they're taken down to the cafeteria if they want to buy something. They're on their own. Uh, so uh, the jurors will probably have lunch if they're still deliberating around noon, break for a little lunch, and then resume deliberations. Yesterday they left at five. So should they deliberate throughout the day today and not reach a verdict? I would assume they're going to be. Sounds like they're going to be a nine to five jury. It's a lot of work. A, a courthouse that size, they can't chip in for a sandwich? My, gut, my goodness, I don't know what's happening down Apparently in Fairfax. I, it's, uh, that is very surprising. <laughs> I'll poke around on that. Yeah. <laughs> very surprising and considering. it's a stunning courthouse. It is. Yeah. It's massive. But, you know, like, you can't, yeah. a bag of potato chips? What are we talking about? Anyway, Anjanette Levy, thank you so much. I know you're headed into the courtroom to no maybe problem. find out some more information. Stacey Delicat is going to come on a little bit later. We have our full team down in Fairfax County, Virginia. I, do, I did mention that we want to bring you up to speed on what you might have missed. There was some activity yesterday in the courtroom. The jury did have a question. Let's play that and we'll break it down on the other side. The question is, does question number three, the statement is false, pertain to the headline, I spoke up against sexual violence and faced our culture's wrath, or does it pertain to the content of the statement, everything written in the op-ed? So I think the confusion came in this particular one because the statement in question is the title of the op-ed. So I think they're just confused as whether it's the whole op-ed or just the title is the statement. And it's clear that the title is the statement. So I was going to answer to say the title is the statement in question for number three. Does that seem appropriate to everybody? All right, so you might be asking, what does that question mean? Well, that's why I have a great uh, panel of guests with me this morning. Trial attorney Jenny Elkadi and criminal defense attorney Matt Tapanik. It's great to have you both here. Jenny, I'll start with you. What do you glean from that question? I think it means that the jury's doing a really good job at trying to figure out, okay, what statements are true. It's clear that they're actually like looking through all the evidence and saying, okay, you know, is it just the title? Is it these three main statements in question? I think it's a really good sign that they're trying to figure out, they're really taking all the evidence in, and they're trying to gleam what is the truth statement? What is the statement that they're trying to um, focus on? So I, I think it's a good, good thing. But Matt, do you see it as something a little bit deeper here, right? It was about the sexual violence headline. To to anybody who's been following that tri this trial, that could be the most problematic statement. And that was a question. Are they have to look at it as a statement or they look at the entirety of the article? It is that statement. That one could be the most problematic for Amber Heard. Do you think that, that they're looking at that carefully and saying, well, did Johnny Depp really sexually assault Amber Heard, if that's how they're defining sexual violence? The fact that they asked about that headline in particular, what does that tell you? That tells me if you're Johnny Depp's team, that's a very good question for the jury to consider. As as seen throughout the trial, a lot a lot of statements were made by Amber Heard that Johnny Depp sexually assaulted her. But but for her testimony, that really wasn't corroborated throughout the trial. That being said, the main content in the op-ed itself is talking about 
domestic violence, which has been somewhat corroborated much more than the sexual violence. So if you're Depp's team, you're thinking, you're hearing that question like, okay, good. They saw exactly, if they're asking this question, I think we're in good shape as to that statement because the sexual violence wasn't corroborated to the extent the domestic violence was. So let's focus on the headline a little bit, because during the course of this trial, we heard from Terrence Dougherty, who was with the ACLU, talked about how the ACLU was instrumental in drafting this op-ed and the headline and how it is approved. And then you're going to hear Amber Heard actually deny having anything to do with the headline. Let's take a look. And she writes, hey, Michael, wondering if we might interest you in a piece by Amber Heard who, as you may recall, was beaten up during her brief marriage to Johnny Depp uh, on what the incoming Congress can do to help protect women in similar situations. Did I read that correctly? Yes, you read it correctly. Directing your attention to the title, Amber Heard, colon, I spoke up against sexual violence and faced our culture's wrath. That has to change. Who came up with that title? Based on my investigation, I'm not aware of any, um, any, uh, uh, I'm not aware that the ACLU had any role in um, writing the name of the op-ed piece. And my understanding of how op-ed pieces work is that it is the, um, the, in, the, the, the media, the, in this case, the Washington Post would have drafted the, um, the name of the, the title of the op-ed and not and not the person who wrote the op-ed. Did the Washington Post uh, seek the ACLU's or Ms. Heard's approval of its title? I believe the answer to that is no. There's nothing in the evidence that shows that they reached out to us to do that, and it is inconsistent with my understanding in that they do these news outlets do not usually ask for the permission um, of the author of the op-ed to um, for you know for when they come up with the title. Now, this is the online version of the op-ed, and it has this title, Amber Heard, I Spoke Up Against Sexual Violence and Faced Our Culture's Wrath. This That has to change. What, if any, role did you play in this title? None. What, if any, role, to your knowledge, did the ACLU play in this title? None, to my knowledge. Okay. Uh, are these exact words anywhere in the article? No. Okay. No, they're not. When did you first become aware of this title being included in the online version of the op-ed? I think in this litigation is the first time I realized that. Jenny, here's the thing that I don't quite understand, okay? So she denies having anything to do with the title. It's going to be a separate question for the jury if she republished this article by tweeting about it. The problem is she alleged sexual assault. She alleged sexual violence in her case. So she's saying she had nothing to do with that, that title, but yet she's saying the same thing. Yes, I think something that is really inconsistent with Amber's case in chief is the severe contradictory statements that you see throughout the entire trial. You never know what is it that um, she's trying to prove because at some points, you know, they're trying to say, oh, well, it was verbal abuse. Oh, it was sexual abuse. Oh, it was, you know, domestic violence. It's never consistent. And that's the difficulty. And I think that's what the jury is struggling with as well. They're trying to figure out, 
okay, is she claiming sexual abuse? Is she claiming, um, you know, verbal abuse? What is it that she's claiming? They're getting confused by it. Yeah, and that becomes the question, Matt. You know, really, when you're thinking about what the jury has to show here, the republication by uh, Amber Heard, that is an essential issue for them. Her tweeting out the article with the, with the title of it and her providing a little commentary, you know, I wrote this article, is that going to constitute republication for defamation purposes? And, and just so, you know, we might be jumping, what am I talking about when I say republication? Because that is something that the jury has to find, right? Republication is putting the knowledge out up so the the public can actually read it by the act of her actually tweeting it. That in and itself constitutes republication for me, for her to say that, oh, the first time I found out about it was in litigation. That just doesn't seem like it's uh, consistent with the facts. Additionally, by sent by tweeting it itself, she's looking at it, it's like, OK, all right, retweeting, whatever. You got to read the headline first. And it's like. Uh, a jury's going to have a real hard time thinking that when that article was put out that she had absolutely no knowledge about the title being about sexual violence because a reasonable person, if it's like saying, that's not what I'm saying, I'm a victim of domestic violence, don't say sexual violence, that's different. So I have a hard time thinking the jury's going to believe her uh, claim on that one. All right, well, let's talk more about this case as we are currently in verdict watch in the Amber Heard Johnny Depp defamation trial. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll have more. everybody as we wait for a verdict in the Johnny Depp Amber Heard defamation trial we're recapping some of the most pivotal pivotal and memorable testimony in this case including that of Isaac Baruch one of the first witnesses that we heard from a friend of Johnny Depp also you could say a friend of Amber Heard he had lived with the, he had lived in the same building as the couple observed a lot of their interactions he was just a very likable person. When he took the stand, so many people online and even here on the network just loved what he had to say. This is Isaac Bruch talking a little bit more about his interactions with Amber Heard. During your time living at the Eastern Columbia building, did you develop a relationship uh, with the defendant in this case, Ms. Heard? Yeah. And did you get along with Ms. Heard? I loved her. I fell in love with her, just like Johnny fell in love with her. I fell in love with her. She's uh, uh, totally respectful, gracious to me, uh, that she's got great teeth, uh, that she treated me with complete respect. Anytime I walk into the, she's at the humor wise, total uh, locker, locker room humor, demented humor, totally laughed at, you know, the jokes, uh, made the jokes, totally got along with her. Every time I walked into their place, Isaac, you want something to eat? Isaac, you want something to drink? Every time. There's only one time I remember that she didn't offer because I walked in and she's in the kitchen at the counter and she's doing a beauty facial mask and uh, so she can't offer me. And I'm going, hey, is that something that can help me? And she looked at me and she goes, no. And that, and I'm laughing, and then she laughed after because she didn't realize she was making a joke. So, um, yeah, Mr. I love Did them. you notice any marks on her face when you were speaking with her? No. Did you see any bruises? 
No. Did you see any redness? No. Did you notice any swelling? No. Did it look like Ms. Hurd was wearing any makeup? No. Had you seen her wearing makeup before? Yeah. And you had seen her not wearing makeup before? Yeah, I've seen, like I said, with face, doing with the face mask, doing a face mask, no makeup, hanging around, the, uh, waking up in the morning, uh, no uh, uh, with makeup, glammed out to go out. It's three and a half years of seeing her in different uh, different forms. Did you speak with Mr. Drew about anything at that point? Well, yeah. After I said that, uh, uh, hey what's going on and he gave me the high sign to like hey follow him we went into my apartment and had a conversation and what happened um, after you had that conversation with mr. Drew we left the apartment and we we go walking back uh, towards uh, penthouse one and as I'm walking back I'm, I say to Amber as I'm walking up he hit you and she goes, yeah, he threw a phone at me and hit me. And I'm looking, because I had just seen her two feet away, and I'm going, where? And she puts her head out. She puts her face out like that for me to look at her, the right side of her face. And I'm looking, but at that point also, I'm looking, and I turn, I turn around, get on the other side, we're in the doorway. So I'm on this side with the light shining this way from the doorway with the lights above, and but the sunshine, and she's got her face out like this, looking, you know, to show me, and I'm looking, and I go, I inspect the face. I'm looking at her forehead. I'm looking at the side of a, a side of a eye. I'm looking at a cheek. I'm looking at the, her chin. I'm looking at the other side of the face. I'm looking at the whole thing, and I don't see anything I don't see anything to, to I don't see a, a cut a bruise swelling redness it's just Amber's face that she's going like this and showing me so I'm not seeing anything I back up and I'm making a joke I make a joke going well I don't see anything but maybe all the beauty from one side of your face to the other side of the face is outshining everything so I can't see anything and she's laughed and she's you know smiled and I just looked at everybody and said hey this it sounds nuts and I went and I gave I said I gotta go and I gave her a hug and kissed her on that side of the face Kissed her on that side of the face, and then I left. Said goodbye. You know, as much as he says he fell in love with Amber, I think we all fell in love with you, Mr. Baruch. I really do. And, and the thing is, Jenny, you know, this is a, an interesting witness because we've seen so many people testify, like Johnny Depp's bodyguards. All right, you could say, you know, they're biased. Friends of Amber Heard. You know, it was too convenient, the things they saw. There was something about his testimony that I think just rang true to a lot of people, that when he said he didn't observe any injuries and got a pretty good look, and this is after the alleged cell phone incident in May of 2016, that there's something that felt real about that. What was your take? I agree 100%. I mean, this witness was just by far one of my favorite witnesses. I mean, he was so genuine. He made you laugh, but you also believed him because, like you said, Jesse, there were so many witnesses that you could just clearly tell they were biased. I mean, you could tell they were Team Johnny, they were Team Amber. I mean, it was really, really hard. This witness 
he just had such a charismatic characteristic to him that it was like you just fell in love with him and you believed what he had to say because he was genuine. So I, I think it was great that he testified. He said what he believed to be true, that, you know, he loved Amber and he didn't see anything on her. But I'm still confused, Matt. We saw these photos. Rocky Pennington spoke about these photos of Amber Heard's bruised face, the redness on the cheeks, and neither Isaac Baruch, the police officers, Alejandro Romero, who worked in the building, no one saw this. So, so what is the conclusion about why she looked the way she did in those photos? It depends. Obviously, in, type, in certain situations, bruising can show up later after this incident. So when Isaac actually saw this, he, he saw it immediately after the incident, when it probably hadn't fully healed. What he was doing was giving great facts as to how he was inspecting, the light was coming in from the side. Remember this, in trials, facts win cases. What he was giving was great fact witness testimony, in addition to just being a likable witness. When you're that likable, the jury doesn't even care that you are Johnny Depp's friend and that you are by nature biased towards him. They believed everything they had he had to say about that incident. So the conclusion would likely be that those claim is not corroborated, that it, she could have just doctored the photographs because all those people didn't see the injuries she sustained and they were believable versus Amber Heard, whose claims and testimony at times was a little unbelievable. Well, I mean, we have to be clear about Isaac Bruch. It's not like he didn't have opinion, uh, didn't have an opinion on this case. He got very emotional on the stand, and particularly when he was being questioned by Amber Heard's counsel. Take a look. And for Johnny, John, you know, it's, his family has been completely wrecked by all of this stuff, and it's not, it's, it's, it's not, uh, it's not fair. It's not right what ha what she did and what happened for so many people to get affected from this it's it's insane and mr Baruch, this how this happened and mr Baruch, if in fact she's telling the truth and if in fact mr depp who has engaged in enormous rage and domestic abuse and violence of Amber over a period of time that you wouldn't know about, then maybe it's time for him to take responsibility, don't you think? Objection, Your Honor. What's Specul the objection? Speculation. Lack of foundation. Relevance. There's speculation. It's, he just went off on this rant and rave about assuming that she's... You, you asked questions. I'm I didn't ask a question that launched that. I, I'm going to sustain the objection. Okay, right, next you don't... I'll, I'll ask this. Okay. Mr. Baruch, you don't know whether Mr. Depp has committed domestic violence of Amber Heard, do you? I never, I never witnessed... I never saw or witnessed whatever type of claim that is that is being said ever. Okay. I've never seen him be violent since kid, since teenagers from I, first. I, I didn't ask you that. I said you don't know whether he has committed domestic violence or abuse on Amber Heard. Isn't that correct? That's correct. I did okay. not witness any 
physical right. violence. But you have seen Mr. Depp use drugs as well as drink and be drunk, correct? Oh, yeah. Okay. That is an important part there as well, Jenny. First of all, I think the Amber Heard side kind of had a little bit of difficulty wrangling him in a little bit. Maybe they wanted to let him go and, and show that he, I don't know, is biased, but I don't know if that's really where it comes from. Um, he obviously believes that Amber Heard is making all this up, and he's, but there is an important point because he wasn't there behind closed doors for what happened, right? A lot of the witnesses weren't there behind closed doors, uh, and they were just seeing the aftermath of what happened. Correct. So, I mean, and that's one of the hardest parts with this case is that it's really hard to find somebody that corroborated the story of Amber Heard other than her sister. So it's really hard to figure out, okay, what happened behind closed doors? You have all of this circumstantial evidence surrounding the case that he could have been violent, but there's nothing that corroborates that evidence. Um, and seeing him you know, get emotional. I, you know, I almost felt that he was in the relationship with them. So I still find that to be a very important piece of testimony that you could see he was genuinely hurt and honestly, like, shocked by the, these allegations that she would even go that far. Matt Tapanik, let me ask you this. How do you think the jury is going through all this? Because let's I mean, you have the mate, 2016 incident, you have December 2015 headbutt, you have the Hicksville incident, you have Tokyo, you have the, the Boston airplane flight. Do they go through each one of these events determined what happened? Or do they say, hey, listen, uh, there are audio tapes of him calling her names. That's abuse. That's it. We're done. We don't have to go through anything else. Or are they looking at each instance of physical abuse to say that is domestic abuse? And then also, of course, weighing the, the cavity search and the the bottle sexual assault and whether that is sexual violence. How do you think they're going through all this? I think they're going incident by incident, one by one. The thinking being is that even if they find one incident, that's all they need to find, one incident that they uh, found to be, uh, that actually happened, that they believe, that the evidence supports, then it's over, As to especially the domestic violence portion, because the allegations within the op-ed are about that he's a domestic abuser. If even one incident occurred and they find it, then that would be not found to be defamation. That being said, I think they're definitely going to look at the recordings. And the problem with the jury is no matter when you ask a jury during jury selection, can you set aside your uh, biases and uh, do the evidence based on what you just see? They, they always say, yes, I can. The truth is they don't. All jurors always bring in their personal biases and their personal experiences into the jury room. So when they're listening to those audio recordings, definitely a few of them said, yeah, unfortunately, I'm ashamed to say I said, said that's something similar like that to my uh, significant other. But I never abused them. And that's what they're actually getting at. Mm. Was there physical abuse? Yes or no? Great point to make, because I've spoken to a number of people about this case, particularly people outside the courtroom, and they say, listen, I yell at my wife or I yell at my husband. That's not abuse. Different, though. We're going to see what the jury comes back with and how they ultimately articulate whether or not there's uh, emotional, psychological, verbal abuse outside of the physical, or maybe they're just focused on the physical. We'll wait and see. Let's take a break. When we come back, Stacey Delicat live from Fairfax County, Virginia, is up next.
right, welcome back, everybody. We're in verdict watching the Johnny Depp Amber Heard defamation trial out in Fairfax County, Virginia. And speaking of Fairfax County, Virginia, it's time to go live there outside of the courthouse because our very own Stacy Delicat is with us with the very latest on what is happening outside. Good morning, Stacy. It's good to see you. Great reporting yesterday, your first day at the Johnny Depp Amber Heard uh, trial. A lot, the scene looks a lot different than when uh, Anjanette and I were there in the chaos of it all. Walk us through what you're seeing right now outside the courthouse. Good morning, Jesse. Yeah, it's it's definitely much calmer than it was in the previous weeks when the actual trial was going on. Uh, as you can probably see behind me, huge media presence remains. Sheriff's deputies set up barricades early this morning. This is, of course, in anticipation of the verdict. If things get a little crazy, if we find out the jury has reached a verdict, the announcement is made, and people start to congregate here at the courthouse. But for now, it's pretty quiet. We believe the jury was back behind closed door doors starting right around 9 a.m. this morning to resume deliberations after getting through almost a total of nine hours. Yesterday, we saw the DEP team of attorneys arriving just before 9 o'clock, making their way into the courtroom. We believe Amber's lawyers are probably inside as well. Um, not too many fans or supporters of either side out here today. A kind of a few looky loos hanging out here and there but for now the scene uh, is pretty quiet as everyone just sort of settles in to wait and see uh, what we get from the jury today oh I, I imagine if a verdict is announced that scene will look a lot different with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard supporters now my understanding Stacy is we had an interesting legal development yesterday uh, apparently Depp's side tried to move the court to do something uh, can you walk us through what that was about <laughs> Yeah, so Jesse, that's right. There were sort of two developments yesterday. One was the question the jury had, which we've spoken about, where they asked the judge to clarify whether they were to consider just the headline of the op-ed or its entirety when deciding whether a statement was false or not. Um, and then later in the day, we found out that the DEP team had filed a motion um, asking the court to strike what they said was an inappropriate argument made by Amber Heard's team during the closings, in which her attorney basically basically said that their decision in this case would send a message to domestic abuse victims everywhere. Uh, the judge said, look, the jury already has the case. There's nothing I can do, so I'm going to have to deny the no motion for now. So perhaps had they made that motion uh, during the closings or right after, they would have had a better chance as opposed to waiting, you know, a full... Um, long weekend, you know, but t waiting until after the deliberations had begun. Uh, so that was uh, a development we saw here yesterday, and everyone is just sitting tight. We'll see whether the jury has more questions today. Uh, we know they have a thick packet of jury instructions to get through. Uh, we know there are a number of questions they have to consider. Yesterday, everyone was saying, well, if they're still hung up on question one, what does that mean in terms of how much more they have to get through? We just don't know. But obviously, Jesse, we're here keeping an eye on it all. Anjanette just went into the courtroom to see if anything's up in there and we'll bring you an update uh, at the top of the hour. Well, if they only considered question one, uh, you better get a fan. You better get a fan. You better get some lunch. We might be out there for quite some time, but we're reading the tea leaves <laughs> as best as anyone else, so we'll see. Stacy, thank you so much. Yep. Great reporting, as always. So we're going to continue the discussion of uh, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. I want to go back to something interesting. There, there was an argument put forward by Johnny Depp's team that Amber Heard calculated a, a lot of what she did, that 
Towards the end of the relationship, she made sure to go to get that TRO uh, when Johnny Depp was away, that she uh, faked her bruises, that she uh, call, uh, alerted the media that she was going to get this TRO and that they wanted to take pictures of her face, that this was all a calculated move. It supports Johnny Depp's argument that she is engaging in a hoax. I get the argument, but now let's move into the leaking of the video. There's this infamous video of Johnny Depp smashing a bunch of cabinets, and the allegation is, is that Amber Heard, as part of this calculated effort, leaked this video to TMZ. However, Amber Heard denies this. Let's start with Morgan Tremaine, who was a former TMZ employee. How much time had passed from the time you received the kitchen cabinet video to the time it was posted on TMZ? About 15 minutes. Did any other tabloids other than TMZ post this video? Objection no, they leading and calls for hearsay. Did any other tabloids? Overrule. Mr. Tremaine, go ahead. No, they did not. And why not? Um, because it was a TMZ exclusive. And what does that mean? It means the TMZ owns the copyright to it. So it can't be distributed by any other media source without backlinking to TMZ. And they wouldn't be able to upload that media without uh, getting a copyright strike. Have you seen the kitchen cabinet video that was played in this trial? I have, yes. How does that video that was played in this trial compare to the one you received on August 12, 2016? Um, when I had clicked the direct link that we received and watched the video in its entirety, it was much shorter than the video we had received uh, than the video that's been played in this trial. There was some a bit at the beginning that was played here in which Ms. Heard is um, seemingly sort of sitting at the camera and getting into position. And then there's a bit at the end where she's seemingly snickering and looks at the camera. That part was not present in what we received. Did TMZ edit the video? No, not even a little. When we receive something and it's edited, there's a clear indicator because there's a, sort of a journalistic practice they use is um, when there's an edit, you do what's called a, like a white flash transition, which covers the entire screen with white to very clearly indicate to everybody there was an edit here for time or whatever, um, just for to make it a little more compelling. But in this case, it was not edited um, as I was staring at the machine and edited it and present for the entirety of receipt to publishing. Now, the video of Mr. Depp beating up some kitchen cabinets, you admit that you took that video, correct? Yes, I did. All right. And you acknowledge that the video was released online the day before you were deposed in connection with your divorce from Mr. Depp in August of 2016, right? I believe it was, yes. But you testified that you had absolutely nothing to do with the video's release, right? Absolutely not. And you testified that you learned about it when you landed after flying into L.A. Do you remember that testimony? Upon touchdown is when I was alerted to the video's you existence You heard Mr. Tremaine testify that this, about this video as well yesterday. Didn't you? Yes, I did. And you heard Mr. Tremaine testify that TMZ received the cabinet video the same day you landed at LAX. Yes? I don't know if that I, I don't know if that's what his testimony was. I'm sorry. You heard Mr. Tremaine testify that the cabinet video was posted 15 minutes after TMZ received it. Yes? That's what I heard him say. And that this could only have been possible if the video was received directly from the source. Yes? I heard him say that. I don't know if that's true or if that's possible. Because it didn't come from me. I Mr. was flying. Tremaine so testified. I know that's incorrect is what I mean to say. Another liar on the stand? I just know that that's incorrect. All right. And you heard Mr. Tremaine testify that TMZ owns the copyright to the cabinet video, right? 
that's news to me. The cabinet video you filmed of your then husband, yes? The copyright ownership of that is news to me. I learned that yesterday. It's the cabinet video that you captured of your then husband, yes? That is correct. I did capture that video, and the yes, that video, was my husband. The same cabinet video that was released the night before you were deposed in your divorce, yes? That's correct. Okay. You must have also heard Mr. Tomain testify that the version of the cabinet video that TMZ received was incomplete compared to the video the jury saw in this trial. Did you hear that? The video that the jury that you have seen is complete. Right. But the one TMZ got the day before your deposition in the divorce was incomplete. I don't know. I haven't seen it. He testified that at the beginning portion of the video where you set up the camera, that wasn't included in the video that TMC received. I don't know what video TMC. I'm talking received. about Mr. Tremaine's testimony, Ms. Hurd. Let's just so focus you're on Mr. Tremaine. asking me to Tremaine. repeat his testimony? No, I'm asking you if you recall hearing him say those words to this jury. Yes, Under I heard his testimony. We all did. And he testified that the end of the video where you can see be seen smirking. I know you testified earlier that you haven't been smirking in this trial, but you sure were caught on camera smirking in that video. I disagree with that. Not was also not included in the TMZ video. Everyone can watch that video and you can determine whether you think it's funny to me or not. That's because the video came from you, right, Ms. Hurd? No, it did not. You edited that video out did the not portions. Come to me. No, I mean, Hurd, come from me. Ms. Hurd, you edited out the portions that made you look bad before sending it to TMZ. You're very wrong about that. So that if I wanted to leak information, I could have bad. done it in a more effective way a lot sooner and a lot more. Because you I was exactly living with a do mountain that, right? of this evidence. If I wanted to leak it, I could have done a lot more with it. What a cross. All right, so Jenny, at the end of the day, did she leak the video to TMZ? What do you think the evidence supports here? I think the evidence is very clear that she leaked the video. I mean, there's a couple things that we want to look at. The first being... Um, TMZ's testimony with the fact that, you know, if the source was verified, they can post it in 15 minutes. And the second being, if Amber took the video and the video that TMZ got was cut from the parts where Amber is being shown, who else could have cut it but Amber herself? And why wouldn't you, why would you cut it um, for that reason? So I, I think it's pretty clear that Amber leaked it. All right. Well, we know where you stand, Jenny. It's curious to see what the jury will stand. By the way, little side note, Morgan Tremaine, I saw on social media yesterday, someone made an action figure of him. So that is what we're dealing with in this kind of trial. Uh, you're never going to see a case quite like this again, ladies and gentlemen. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll have more. everybody as we cover the Johnny Depp Amber Heard defamation trial and currently in verdict watch we'll keep a very careful eye on that courtroom feed if we get an update from the jury either a question or a verdict let's still talk a little bit about what we were focusing on on the last block whether or not Amber Heard leaked the kitchen cabinet video of Johnny Depp literally smashing up his kitchen to TMZ Amber Heard as we just played for you denied doing this allegation put forward by Johnny Depp's side as this was part of an orchestrated plot on her behalf to really, you know, uh, uh, go get a TRO, make Johnny Depp look bad, go get this uh, legal this legal order when Johnny Depp was away, really, you know, trying to say that this is she created an elaborate
elaborate hoax. I, this is the argument put forward by Johnny Depp's side. But with her denying submitting this article to TMZ, there is some video that might be interesting to hear because back in 2016, TMZ did a segment on the Depp cabinet video and who allegedly leaked it. Take a look. The first thing I notice in this video is that Amber Heard, it's, it's, in this, I think she thinks helps her case, that this has happened enough to her that she puts this camera down on the table and starts filming because she knows the way this argument's going to go and wants to get whatever he says or does on tape. If you notice, halfway through the video, she moves the camera so that it gets the angle of Johnny Depp so that he's on camera. Now, the other thing that I have to say Amber thinks by leaking this video is going to go a long way for her is that she's been alleging a lot of bad things about Johnny Depp, about domestic violence, about hitting her, breaking bottles, and, and overall acting a certain way and being intoxicated. She thinks this video proves that. The video to her proves, number one, you can tell Johnny Depp's intoxicated. Uh, number two, he breaks to a glass and a bottle on tape. And three, at the end of it, he grabs the camera in a menacing enough way where you think maybe something happens after that. Uh, we are told this video was taken uh, months before the alleged uh, assault took place. Amber's, I think, hope, and she hasn't said she didn't put this tape out, but come on. Uh, you know, she taped it and she's the only one with the yeah, video. Yeah, and by the but, way, and her side, we should say, her side says there was no domestic violence here. This is, uh, and we know that they are also saying that this was heavily edited, uh, they say, and, um, and that's their position, but it is. All right, Matt, let me ask you the number one question. Why was this not introduced into evidence? Um, or is this just, you know, someone's opinion uh, about how it was leaked, you know? And, and you tell me. Well, this would be, this is basically expert testimony. To be able to introduce this evidence, you would need an expert. Harvey, I'm a lawyer, uh, whatever his name is testifying as like an AV expert, because the testimony itself is hearsay, not within an exception. So to introduce it, they would have to put one of the people on the stand from TMZ, get them administered and approved as an expert and to give expert testimony. None of which I don't think in a court of law would somebody find a TMZ employee, an expert in video editing for this type of case. So for me, but they did make interesting points. It's that the way it was edited, uh, it could have only come from her. Cui bono, who benefits? What Camille Vasquez was trying to get across was that she's the one with the video. She was the one who benefited from it because it was a day before deposition in her divorce trial, a divorce where she had a prenup with Johnny Depp, where she would only receive a set amount. By, it, by leaking this, she created leverage and it resulted in her receiving a $7 million settlement. So I think that she did leak it. I think that she only admitted what she could not deny is that she took the video when they see her in it, obviously playing with the camera. So I don't know if the jury is going to necessarily believe what she has to say. That's and Matt, I'm glad you explained uh, what the significance of this was, because what happens, Jenny, if she just came out and said, yeah, I leaked it. Yeah, I took it. I leaked it. Yeah, uh, it's, it's who he is. I'm not I'm, I wanted everyone to see it. What would have happened if she said that? I think it would have been 
evidence enough to show that, okay, she leaked it because she was trying to get that divorce settlement, like Matt said, because they did have that prenup. They did, there was no way for her to be able to get money. I don't know what the prenup entirely said, but she got that money because of the domestic abuse that she claims. So it's, if she would have said, I leaked this video, I think it also goes to show, you know, that's a little bit shady. I mean, why else would you do that? And, and that's the theme here, right, Matt, is that this is somebody who was all after the money, which I guess is not surprising then that Elaine Brederhoff in her closing argument said, we're not really looking for $100 million, you know, what is fair, what is just, what is reasonable, because they're trying to move away from the narrative that Amber Heard is all about the money, that she didn't donate the money to charities as she had pledged to do. Do you think that is, that is a compelling narrative, and do you think it was wise for Elaine Brederhoff to say we're not looking for $100 million? I think the damage has already been done at that point. I think throughout the trial, Amber Heard's attorneys have been suspect at best. I think a couple of clips ago, we saw them objecting to uh, a line of questioning by Camille Vasquez, and they're like, objection leading. No, it's not. Hearsay, no, it isn't. And the judge completely uh, denied him instantly. So when you're thinking about this case and like, oh, we're not asking for $100 million, well, that you're that's the whole basis of your countersuit. Johnny Depp is suing for 50 million. You just doubled it and made it 100 million. And then in closing at the end of a six week trial where I don't know how many thousands of dollars were spent on legal fees and a jury missed, I don't know, probably six weeks of work. So you can do the math on that. It's like, oh, by the way, just kidding. We weren't looking for 100 million. I think that is kind of one of the final nails in the coffin for Amber Heard's legal team with their credibility, in my opinion. Jenny, real quick, 20 seconds or so. The video does show, though, Johnny Depp getting pretty aggressive. I mean, doesn't that hurt him? I think it hurts him in the sense with regards to that he was drunk, but, I mean, he didn't do anything to Amber. So I think that's where it doesn't hurt him. It's more, jury, make the mental leap. If this is what he's doing, you know, and this is how he acts, what else is he doing behind closed doors? That's the argument put forward by Amber Heard's side. Let's take a quick break. Jenny, Matt are going to stay with me. We're going to break down more that's happening. And when we come back, live report from Anjanette Levy from Fairfax County, Virginia. We'll be back. back to the morning docket everybody i'm jesse weber and thanks for joining us it is all about the johnny depp amber heard defamation trial here on the network we are we are waiting for a jury's verdict after they deliberated uh yesterday for about seven hours on friday two hours we're waiting for a development from the courtroom again johnny depp has been suing amber heard for 50 million dollars claiming that she defamed him in a 2018 washington post op-ed piece she has countersued him for 100 million dollars claiming that he defamed her through public statements from his attorney, Adam Waldman, claiming that her accusations were a hoax. We covered every second of this six-week trial. And now it is time to go live to Fairfax County, Virginia, where our very own Anjanette Levy is live outside of that courthouse for the very latest. Anjanette, good to see you once again. What can you tell us about where we are? 
Well, good morning to you, Jesse. You know, I'm out here uh, with our crew. Stacy Delicat is here with me. Uh, we are keeping an eye on everything. I can tell you I was in the courthouse just a short time ago. I ran out here to do this live shot. Um, it doesn't appear to me that the, the deliberations uh, possibly did. It appears to me that they didn't resume possibly until at least 930. I'm trying to get some confirmation on that, but that's my feeling just based on what I was seeing in the courthouse. Also, Judge Askarati, her courtroom was not going to be open until 9.45 because she had another docket uh, that she was running. Obviously, you know, we've seen this in big cases before. When a judge has a big case, it doesn't mean that, that their other cases on their docket go away. Sometimes they'll have a, another judge or a visiting judge come in and assist, or other judges will pick up the slack. Uh, but she's working on her other docket, and she's the chief judge, so she probably has uh, a pretty full docket. So that's what's going on inside right now. Uh, we can tell you, and we told you earlier, that Johnny Depp was in the UK last night playing a concert at Royal Albert Hall with Jeff Beck. Uh, he was performing there. His uh, ex-girlfriend and current friend, Kate Moss, who testified in this trial, was there as his special guest, uh, as was Sharon Osbourne. We don't know if she was a special guest of Johnny Depp's, but we do know she was present at the concert. Uh, so that's the very latest from here at the Fairfax County Courthouse. I can tell you uh, the media area that we talked about yesterday, the media area over here, uh, full again full again of press, a lot of international press. The podium is set up yet again uh, in case anything happens and there are post-verdict press conferences. Uh, so that's where we stand right now. It's another hot, hot day here in Fairfax County, Virginia. Uh, but at least we have some breeze today, Jesse. So, uh, you know, the silver lining. You got you to gotta look for the silver lining in every situation. Always. Let me ask you this. Any word on uh, supporters of Johnny Depp or Amber Heard out there? And also, any word on if Amber Heard is in Fairfax County, Virginia, awaiting for the verdict? You know, um, I, I saw maybe two or three, maybe four or five, I'm trying to count in my head right now, uh, Depp fans this morning uh, that just getting the wristband, but they left. They got their wristband and they left. Um, I'm assuming, you know, once something happens, if there's some movement, they will return to the courthouse. But right now, it's more media than anybody else, uh, and obviously attorneys uh, in entering the courthouse and what have you. Uh, but Amber Heard, as far as we know, and I'm still working to get a, a, a definitive confirmation on this, um, as I told you, Eve Barlow, her friend and supporter who was barred earlier in the trial um, from the courtroom for tweeting and passing along inaccurate information to Amber Heard's lawyers, um, she had tweeted that Amber Heard, she, you know, she's been kind of not happy with Johnny Depp uh, and tweeting stuff about how, oh, he's in the UK and she has to, you know, wait for this verdict. So it makes it sound like she's possibly here. But I'm trying to get some more definitive information on that question. And, and Anjanette, just real quick before I let you go, they don't have to be there for the verdict. No, they don't. Uh, Judge Askarati said that a couple of weeks ago. Right. And Camille Vasquez had asked during a hearing, uh, do they have to be here and the parties? And she said, Judge Askarati said no. Mm -hmm. and, and it's my understanding, you know, Johnny Depp didn't just fly off to the UK and say, I'm going to go play my guitar. Apparently, right. these were previously scheduled engagements. So, um, you know, this is something that's a job. This is his yep. part of his livelihood now and his uh, career. You know, he's got this music career, the Hollywood Vampires, the Jeff Beck collaboration. So, um, you know, these were apparently previously scheduled engagements. But doesn't mean he can't make a trip back to Virginia uh, as we get closer and closer yeah, to our verdict. Yeah, they have so. planes, right? They, yeah, we, they do. let's fire up the Concord. Let's
let's get the Concorde going what again, What is this, right? 1994? <laughs> I mean, my goodness. Yeah, uh, I, th I, th I think it kind of is in some ways. Yeah, so. it is. I mean, we're, yeah, Kate Moss, uh, Johnny Depp. Hey, Anjanette, thank you <laughs> so much. Right. Really appreciate the reporting, and uh, we'll check back in with you later. Thanks so much. So we're going right, to continue you, uh, focusing a little bit more on the testimony in the Johnny Depp Amber Heard defamation trial. I want to go back to that May 2016 incident when Amber Heard says that Johnny Depp threw a cell phone at her face. We talked earlier about how Isaac Baruch, one of Johnny Depp's friends and also a friend of Amber Heard, didn't notice any bruises on her. Well, we also heard from Alejandro Romero, a pen, uh, the front desk employee at that penthouse where Depp and Heard lived. He actually took his deposition in his own car, which is something I've never really seen before. But let's hear what he had to say. This is the same incident that you're talking about now, okay? And it's talking about, okay, you spoke with Amber at the front desk, later saw her in the lobby, later went upstairs with her. It says the question at line six, I just want to go back for a second here. You said several times in answer to my questions that you didn't recall seeing any marks on Amber's face. When you say you didn't recall seeing any of those marks, any marks, did you mean that you didn't see any marks on her face? And your answer then was, I say that because when I saw Amber, I was not looking to see anything on her face. I was not looking to see anything. Do you recall giving that testimony under oath back at that time, two months after the incident? Yes, I, do, I remember. Because like I say, I was, I always make eye contact with someone I'm talking to, but I'm not looking to find something like, like, oh, your makeup is wrong, uh, you haven't uh, have changed your eyebrows, or your uh, eyelashes are not, I probably will remember that. But I was not looking for anything. I was like, oh, you know. How, how swollen was Amber on the 25th of May? How swollen was her cheek? Well, according to the pictures I've been seeing right now that you're showing me, it was pretty swollen. I will probably will remember that. How many days later did you see her from that swelling? That was on a Wednesday. That was from Saturday to Wednesday. Right. How many right. days would it be fair to say that you cannot testify one way or the other whether Amber Heard was domestically abused by Johnny Depp on May 21, 2016? I, can, I cannot say that. I would not, would not agree to testify against anyone of domestic violence because I was not there. I didn't see anything. I didn't hear anything. I was not there. I was never there. I was probably hundreds of miles away and got no idea what happened that day. I just so stressed out because of this. I just don't want to deal with this anymore. I'm tired. I don't want to deal with this court case. I, everybody got problems. And I don't want to deal with this no more. Well, at least he's very uh, honest about how he feels about this case and his role in it. I think there's a lot of people who have just had enough of it. Uh, but anyway, back here with trial attorney Jenny Alcotti and criminal defense attorney Matt to panic. You know, Jenny, there was also something we talked about how Isaac Baruch seemed very relatable. There seemed to be something kind of relatable about Alejandro Romero, that he didn't really want to be a part of this, but said, you know, if I saw bruising, I would have noticed it. I didn't notice it. Um, do you feel that this is a witness who has a dog in this fight and cannot be trusted? Um, I don't think that he 
uh, I don't think that he can't be trusted. I think he can be trusted. I think he was very relatable for that exact reason. I mean, he was like, look, I wasn't looking at her face. I wasn't analyzing every detail. I wasn't looking and being like, you know what? Today you have botched Botox. He, he's he's not, he, he, he was relatable. He was reasonable about it. So I think, and the fact that he's like, look, I don't want any part of this. I didn't see anything. All I did was see her face and the pictures you're showing me but I don't have anything else really to say. I think it makes them really relatable. Yeah, and, and when you look at this incident, the cell phone incident, Matt, where does it stand out to you in terms of, you know, the December 2015, um, the December 2015 headbutt incident, the Australia finger incident, the Tokyo incident, the, um, the Boston incident? You know, where does this stand out, the staircase incident? Where does this one stand out to you? For me, this is probably one of the weakest allegations that Amber Heard makes. So now we've heard two witnesses who who are believable, and the second being an actual independent witness who has no dog in the fight. When you are doing trial, it is so difficult to find witnesses who don't have a dog in the fight. That witness <laughs> we just saw, who was obviously testifying in his car, and if you've never lived if you haven't done a deposition in your car, <laughs> beside the point. But... In this allegation, as you can see, we have somebody else saying, yeah, I would have remembered it. So that was good for Johnny Depp, but also un unwittingly good for Amber Heard because of something he said late in his thing. It's like, I didn't see any domestic violence. I'm not making any allegations of domestic violence. That goes what directly to what Amber Heard is trying to allege. Just because these people are testifying didn't see it doesn't mean it happens. Remember, in a defamation case, you need to prove that what Amber Heard was, she was lying when she made those allegations by both Isaac and the individual you just heard saying that I didn't see any, I didn't hear of any, I just, I didn't, I didn't see any ramifications of it. They are actually playing into Amber Heard's narrative that just because you didn't see it doesn't mean it didn't happen. Countering that, of course, is what Camille Vasquez said in her closing argument. If you believe Amber Heard, then X, Y, Z, all of these people who testified are liars or are not telling the truth for to protect Johnny Depp or for whatever reason. And I think that was a powerful uh, thing to think about as well. Uh, here was actually when Alejandro Romero was questioned by Depp's attorneys. Take a look. You sit here today, when you saw her at the front desk on March 25th, you didn't see any bruising, correct? All right. And you didn't see um, uh, that. That's correct. I didn't see any marks or bruises. You didn't see any swelling either, did you, Mr. Romero? That's correct. No swelling and she at was all. Only, and she was only three or four feet away from you, correct? Correct. And you were looking right into her face squarely, correct? Correct. And the lighting was good at the front desk correct Objection. Correct. it was so good that had she had any bruises swelling or marks on her face you would have noticed that correct that's correct and then later that later that same day and you testified to this already today later that same day you went up the elevator with miss hurd and miss pennington uh in connection with their request for you to check the penthouse correct that's correct. And during that entire uh, period of time, taking them up to the penthouse, walking through the penthouse, and then finally you leaving and going back to your desk, 
you did not you look you looked at Ms. Heard during that time period, correct? That's correct. And you looked her in the face, squarely in the face, correct? Correct. And you didn't notice any swelling, correct? Correct. So, Jenny, let's say the jury's thinking, you know, maybe these witnesses are biased. Maybe they didn't really get a great look. Uh, maybe there was makeup. It really comes down to if they believe Amber Heard more than anything. When you look at her testimony, do you feel do you feel that there were moments where it really did seem very relatable and credible and that she is telling the truth? Because usually when we see uh, alleged domestic violence or, or sexual assault survivors testify, there is a certain credence that is given to that testimony. And it almost, you know, we, we say that it does seem true. Um, how, you know, of course, obviously anyone is innocent until proven guilty. This is not a criminal case. But, you know, this case feels very different because a lot of people are going into automatically not believing and heard. Um, so where do you stand on how beneficial her testing, her testimony was encountering all of these uh, uh, eyewitnesses? So I have the pleasure of representing victims of human traffic, every human trafficking every single day in civil lawsuits, actually. So I hear a lot of these victims testimonies every single day, countless testimony. And I can always, you know, I'm not saying I'm there, like I'm not a psychiatrist, so I'm not insanely, you know, trauma informed, but I, I, I do know trauma. And um, I think the one thing that a lot of people were tearing down about Amber was um, how she recalled specific facts. And something that I would have liked to see a little bit more of was an expert testifying as to how trauma works and trauma responses. Um, that I think was very much lacking in Amber's case in chief. Um, there were portions where I thought, you know, with regards to the carpet, she was fixating on the carpet. That's a trauma response. Um, that is something where, you know, you can't get the words out. So um, for that testimony, I think there were portions of her testimony that were believable and they were uh, trauma responses. She couldn't get the words out. But there were other portions of her testimony that I didn't I didn't believe I couldn't really. Um, I had a hard time understanding her with regards to um you know, facts that happened because they weren't consistent. Mm. Okay, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to break down more of the testimony in the Johnny Depp Amber Heard defamation trial as we wait for a verdict out in Fairfax County, Virginia. We'll be back. everybody. We're talking about the Johnny Depp Amber Heard defamation trial as we currently wait for a verdict out in Fairfax County, Virginia. If we get any update from that courtroom, we will let you know immediately. But right now we're going through some of the critical testimony that you have to believe the jury is considering, including this idea that we've t played so much testimony so far that no one saw any injuries on Amber Heard. I say no one. There were there were obviously witnesses like Rocky Pennington who observed injuries. There was a makeup artist who observed injuries. But, but we heard from other test people who testified like Alejandro Romero, Isaac Baruch. They did not see any injuries on Amber Heard's face. Officers did not see any injuries on Amber Heard's face. There was a question of whether or not Amber Heard covered up these alleged bruises from Johnny Depp with makeup. And Amber Heard was on the stand and explained a little bit more about that. Take a look.
uh, yeah, this is what I was talking about as a color correction kit. This is not obviously the exact one I used to carry, but I used to carry it with me all the time. Sometimes this pink is sometimes a little bit more purple of a hue, and sometimes the kits are three colors. You can get them in three or four colors. Sometimes they have even more. But the idea is that you want to counteract whatever color you're working with on the bruise. So the first day of bruising, um, well, the immediate is red. Red is what shows up right away, so you want to go with the opposite on the color wheel by dabbing on a bit of the green or something to counteract the red. After a day or two, you get more purple in a bruise, um, so you'd obviously have to go with more of the red tones, the, the orange tones here. Um, day two for me was always the trickiest because um, day two just... I feel like, well, day one and day two are hardest for me because that's when you get the most blues and purples and you have to deal with the sensitivity. Bruises don't like to be touched. That's the whole point. Um, so that's the trickiest part. But um, after a few days, that becomes more of a, uh, uh, that blue becomes more of a, um, a brown, yellowish browns, like a, a, you know, five, seven days in becomes more of a yellow green. Uh, and then fades into a brown and then into your skin. And you, whatever color you're working with in the bruise, you want to go opposite color on the color wheel. Uh, so uh, the opposite, I mean, so in the first couple of days when you have more of the typical bruise color, the blues and, and the purples, you want to go more of the orange uh, on, the, on the color wheel as opposed to the greens that you start with. And then it move, it progresses from there. I also noticed that um, bruising on your face uh, t tends to heal a lot faster than, at least for me, it was faster healing than bruises on my body, or at least it seemed like that to me. And um, a nose is pretty much um, unrecognizable after a day or two, depending on how much you ice it. Uh, lips are the hardest because they crack and bleed, of course. Uh, but it's easy to hide with lipstick if you're a woman. Or you know, if you wear lipstick, I suppose. Now we heard some testimony of people uh, in the week of May 21st to 27th uh, saying that you didn't wear a stitch of makeup. Oh, was that true? Objection hearsay. Overruled. Uh, they just don't know what they're talking about. I always wear makeup. Okay. You always wear makeup. I mean, it's part of my bathroom routine in the morning. You know, wash my face. I put on moisturizer. My moisturizer has tinted foundation in it, and I'm certainly not going to walk around L.A. with bruises on my face. Okay. Matt, as much as I love you, I am going to Jenny on this question. Uh, Jenny, does she, is, she, is she telling the truth about makeup and these concealers and the tinted foundation and, and how you correct bruise? I mean, it, because, again, we actually have chatters who have been following this and saying, it's a kit that you use to actually create bruises, not to cover them up. So where do you stand on that? So um, the kit that was used that she's showing, yes, that is what you use usually to, you know, if there's redness, you use green to counteract that. That's the typical makeup trick. You know, that's something that women use for blemishes. Um, but, you know, so what she was saying was, in fact, true. Um, something that I would have rather seen um, plaintiff's counsel do a little bit more of, something that you know with Hollywood stars is that they get Botox, they get filler, they get, I think Amber has had a nose job or something. Those can cause bruises on your face as well. 
Um, you know, if you get filler or Botox under your eyes, you'll have bruising there. So um, typically you can cover that up with makeup. So that's something I would have rather seen um, a little bit flushed out from plaintiff's counsel. Wait a second. Celebrities get work done? What are you talking about? <laughs> that's Believe it, Jenny. Believe it or not. I can't believe anything you're saying. All right, let's, let's just move on. Um, so I will tell you, though, I will tell you the testimony of Melanie Iglesias, the Amber Heard's makeup artist. This was very powerful, in my opinion. Let's play what she had to say, because she, is a, she said that she actually covered up bruises of Amber Heard before a James Corden appearance in 2015. Take a look. On December 16, 2015, did you return to Amber Heard's penthouse? Yes. And why did you come to Amber Heard's penthouse on December 16? It was the James Corden show. She had an appearance, so I went back and back to work. And when you arrived at the penthouse on December 16, please describe for me what you observed about Amber Heard's face and any injuries. When I came to the penthouse on December 16 to do Amber's makeup. She had injuries. Um, she had two light, like, I, I don't know how, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a medical expert. I don't know how I would describe them, but it could have looked like somebody had headbutted her lightly. So she had a discoloration here under both eyes and on the bridge of the, and the, bridge of the nose. Uh, and she had what I would call a split lip or something on the lip, like a, a gash or a split lip. Ms. Inglesias, I'm going to ask you to look at what has been marked as exhibit number 11. Do you recognize this photo as being Amber Heard's head? Yes. Okay. And could you please describe for me what, what this photo is, is uh, showing? It's showing, it's showing a chunk of missing hair. And what, if anything, did you observe on December 16 about Amber Heard missing a chunk of hair? I remember this because she showed it to us and I looked at it. Okay. And can you describe uh, what is depicted right along her scalp there? I don't know. Do you recall that there was some bruising along the scalp and some pus, for lack of a better word? I don't recall. Could you please describe what you did by way of makeup to prepare Amber Heard for the James Corden show on December 16, 2015? Yes, uh, we covered you know, I just did makeup, but just a little heavier where it needed. So we covered, you know, the the discoloration or the bruises with a little slightly heavier concealer, um, one that has a little more of a peach undertone, uh, which I would normally don't use on amber, but peach to cancel blue. So I did that under the eyes. And I, although amber always, you know, has a red lip is one of the signature look. I remember clearly talking that we had no other option that night, but then to use a red blood, like a, a really red lipstick to, you know, make sure we could cover up um, the injuries on the lip. 
And were you able to cover all of the injuries with the makeup that you applied and as you just described? Yes. Ms. Iglesias, if you could look at what has been marked as exhibit number 22, do you recognize uh, Amber Heard in that picture? Yes. Okay. And was is this the picture of her? Is this picture of her that evening, December 16, 2015, on the James Corden show? Yes. What, if anything, did you observe on the difference in Amber Heard's demeanor before the show and then on the show? That she had the ability to, you know, turn it on. That it, she, you know, the ability to do her job and, and, and perform how she was supposed to perform on the show. And prior to Amber going on the show and while you were working with her on her makeup, how would you describe Amber's mood and demeanor? Angry, sad, a little erratic. Okay, so Matt, you can correct me if I'm wrong, all right? But when I, I host a, a podcast called Sidebar with Ann Jeanette Levy, and I did an episode where I talked about the three biggest wins for Amber Heard, I put this down as testimony that was a win for Amber Heard. I found this to be really important. You have an outsider who's talking about using makeup correction, talked about what she observed. She doesn't have an immediate uh, you know, bias that you could see. Obviously, she's an Amber Heard witness, but I found this to be really powerful. What was your take on it? I think it was very powerful because it's good corroboration about the injuries she alleged to have sustained from one of the incidents, most notably the one right near the uh, James Corden appearance. For me, when she's speaking, it comes off credible. It comes off believable. There's photographic evidence, obviously, as to her scalp. And what she's saying is like, yeah, I, we had to cover up bruises. And I was really impressed how, by her that having just sustained those injuries, that she was able to appear on the James Corden show as the movie star Scarlet she was intended to be. So for me, yeah, it absolutely was a win for Amber Heard's side on that. And remember, Amber Heard had alleged that Johnny Depp headbutted her. So you have what Iglesias said, basically saying the same thing. You have these injuries uh, that she said she covered up. You have the photographs. That seemed to be an important point for Amber Heard's side. Maybe the jury is ultimately considering it. Let's take a break. When we come back, Stacey Delicat live from Fairfax County, Virginia. talking the Johnny Depp Amber Heard defamation trial currently in verdict watch and right now let's go to Stacy Delicat who is live in Fairfax County Virginia outside of the Fairfax County Courthouse where the jurors will continue their deliberations behind her Stacy good to see you once again uh, what's the latest what can you tell us about what's maybe happening inside that courthouse and what's happening also outside the courthouse well, hey there, Jesse. Uh, we learned that deliberation started a little later uh, this morning, closer to 9.30. The judge had some other stuff going on in her docket, but the jurors are now behind closed doors um, re resuming the deliberations where they left off yesterday around 5 o'clock. Um, outside, there's a lot of media, and we aren't seeing nearly the circus that we saw in the past. This was sort of the same scene yesterday. I would argue even sort of fewer supporters of Heard and Depp outside 
side today. Um, maybe one reason, in addition to the heat, is that we now know Johnny Depp has uh, been on stage in the UK, three, at least three more shows in the UK on the calendar this week. So it's likely Jeff will, Depp will, will stick around and perform through that run in the UK and skip out on the verdict here when it does come in. Um, no word from his attorneys on this, but we'll wait and see. Of course, we talked about earlier uh, some, of, some of the juicy news from last night that Kate Moss was spotted in the audience of the show and according to the Daily Mail was even backstage catching up with Depp. Of course, uh, she giving some very high profile testimony during the last week of this case last week. Um, so Jesse, that's the scene out here right now. We're waiting to see if we get any updates before the lunch hour yesterday jurors broke for lunch just about 1230. And speaking of that, let's talk about the scheduling. Based on what happened yesterday, what can we expect in terms of the jury deliberating, their breaks, when they might go home, uh, so we have a better understanding? Yeah, so I, I just want to add one thing I forgot to mention, which is that Anjanette is inside talking to sources, and we have heard um, from sources that Amber's lawyers are saying she will be here when a verdict's read, that she is in the area. So we believe that she will come in uh, when a verdict is reached. Now, as for the schedule yesterday, as I said, they took a lunch break around 1230. And remember, as Antoinette reported, um, we found out the judge isn't ordering lunch for anyone. These jurors are either bringing their own lunch or picking up some kind of box lunch. So they have a quick lunch break. They were back deliberating uh, by about 1 o'clock. And it was just after 1 that we got the question yesterday. Uh, and then they called it right about 5 o'clock. My understanding is, you know, there was a knock on their door. Do you guys want to continue for the day or wrap up for the day? And, and they were done for the day. The judge has said uh, since deliberation started on day one, she doesn't order dinner. So when the jurors have had enough for the day, they pack it in and go home. So, you know, I imagine they'll follow a pretty similar schedule today, uh, with the exception being perhaps if they feel they're very close to a verdict late in the day, perhaps they'll continue on to get it wrapped up today. But again, Jesse, we just don't know. <laughs> still still shocking to me about the lunch and the dinner. You can't, they, all the money in Fairfax, look at the size of that courthouse. They can't chip in for a, a tuna salad, some pasta salad. You know, and, and, and what are we doing and, here? And inch Interesting tidbit. As you know, they have a pretty nice cafeteria downstairs. They do. You know, couldn't they at least send up some sandwiches from the cafeteria? So I don't know what's going on with that. That is the biggest injustice I have seen coming out of the trial as of late. But yeah, Stacey Delacat, thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, we're going to catch up with Stacy and Anjanette a little bit later on. Maybe Anjanette will have some details as she's been in the courtroom uh, and the courthouse, learning a little bit more information. Uh, but we want to continue on focusing a little bit more on the testimony that you might have missed. We go back to Johnny Depp taking the stand, and this was an important point because he addressed why he's doing this, why he wants to get the truth out in his opinion, but he was also cross-examined by Amber Heard's side too. No human being is perfect, certainly not. None of us. But I have never in my life committed sexual battery, physical abuse, all these outlandish, outrageous stories of me committing these things. And living with it for six years and waiting to be able to bring the truth out. So this is not uh, easy for any of us. I know that. 
But um, uh, no matter what happens, I did get here, and I did tell the truth, and I have spoken up for what I've been carrying on my back reluctantly for six years. You, you testified, and I wrote it down before lunch, you said when Ms. Myers asked you something about, you know, how does it feel to make you, or how, how does it feel to be here, you said, I've been living with it for six years and waiting to be able to get the truth out. Remember saying that? Yes. You also said, I've spoken up for what I've been carrying on my back. Something to that effect. You remember saying that? Yes. And you've claimed several times in this proceeding, Mr. Depp, that this trial is your first chance to tell your story, haven't you? Yes, sir. But that's just not true, is it, Mr. Depp? That's not as, true. As, no, for me it is true. Okay. Well, it, it, here's the thing. You, you, the fact is, Mr. Depp, when Dan Wooten wrote an article that was published in The Sun calling you a wife beater, Mm -hmm. You brought a lawsuit against the Sun in June of 2018, correct? Yes, I brought and a lawsuit. And that was six months before Miss Heard ever wrote her op-ed, correct? I don't know. And in the summer of 2020, there was a several-week trial in London against the Sun, correct? Miss Heard was not a party to that trial. She not my question, Mr. Depp. In the article that the Sun wrote that you sued over, you sued for Mr. Wooten calling you a wife beater, correct? Objection asked and answered. Sustained. Next question. And in the trial that you subsequently brought, you called a lot of witnesses, right? I don't know what a lot is, but I don't know. Many people testified on both sides of the trial, correct? Yes, many people. And many exhibits were introduced, correct? Like a trial, yes. And you, just like in this trial, you were on the stand for several days in that trial, correct? Yes, sir, I was. And that trial involved the same factual issues that you were litigating here, which is whether objection you committed domestic abuse illegal. against Amber Heard. Sustain the objection. Next question. You brought that case against the son because you were angry at the son for calling you a wife beater, correct? Yeah, that's and you probably went, a pretty good reason. And you went through that trial in London, correct? I did indeed, yes. Mr. Depp, you've already had a chance to tell your story, haven't you? No, there were great limitations okay. in the UK okay. trial. So, Matt, other than trying to impeach him by saying you said one thing but it's not true, what is the main point that J. Benjamin Rottenborn was trying to make about Depp's previous legal activity there? that this case has already been fully litigated by another court and they determined that the son was not liable, meaning that uh, the assertions they made that he was a wife beater were not untrue. So if they found it, um, the allegations to be true, or at the very least not untrue, then the same assertion can be made here. Yeah, and, but, but you know what I'm also thinking about here, Jenny? I'm also thinking about this. 
It, it was this powerful point when Johnny Depp is the one who brought this lawsuit. He didn't have to bring this lawsuit. He didn't have to expose all of his dirty laundry and all of these embarrassing details, but he did. Why do, and this was a point that was made up in closing argument. The only reason you would do this, right, is if you are telling the truth and you think you can win and that she actually did defame you. Otherwise, why bring attention to all this? Why spend the time, expense, embarrassment of it? Exactly. I mean, I don't think anybody would want to go to trial and go through the, the lengths that Johnny has had to go to if he didn't believe that he could win or he didn't believe at least that, you know, if he told his story, maybe, you know, his kids won't be so angry with him anymore. Or maybe, you know, the world won't see him as this horrible human being. It's just kind of he wouldn't do it. No person would go through a trial, a six week long trial to Jesse, six weeks long and giving everything out to the public. And, you know, it's highly publicized. You're a celebrity. It's going to be highly publicized. So he wouldn't have done it if he didn't think he was going to win. Well, you know, what is interesting is that he said he's not embarrassed by this because he feels that he's doing the right thing. We'll see if a jury ultimately agrees. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll have more. everybody so we're breaking down the Johnny Depp Amber Heard defamation trial as we anxiously await a verdict out in Fairfax County Virginia we're keeping a very careful eye on that courtroom feed we have Stacey Delicat and Anjanette Levy on the ground reporting back to us on the very latest we'll get to Anjanette a little bit later on but we go to some of the more crucial testimony in this case and you have to say the audio recordings between Depp and Heard are probably some of the most damning pieces of evidence captured in real time at those moments give us gives us a glimpse into what was happening behind closed doors and there is one audio tape in particular that is just so consistent and so important for this trial so specific let's take a listen the last time that it got crazy between us i really did think i was gonna lose my life and i thought you would do it on accident and i told you that I said, oh my god, I thought the first time. Amber, I, I lost a finger, man. Come on. I had a I had a a mineral can a jar of can of mineral spirits thrown on my nose. I, I, you can please tell people that it was a fair fight and see what the see what the jury and judge think. Tell the world, Johnny. Tell them Johnny Depp. I Johnny Depp, man, I I'm a victim domestic violence and yes. I, you know, it's a fair fight. And see how many people believe or side with you. It doesn't matter if it's a fair, fair, fair fight. My ass, it, 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 Exactly. You know. Because you're... So, Jenny, that feels to me like just if you had the headline for this case that, you know, I mean, how do you view that? One argument, of course, is that go, Johnny, go tell the world that you're a victim. No one's going to believe you. And then the other way of saying it is you abused me, you know, and, and who and who's really going to believe this? And so I'm curious what you think of that audio. I think the audio was extremely powerful. I mean, something that I pulled out to Jesse was the fact that she said, go tell the world that I that you too are a victim of domestic abuse and so you know the their um their marriage counsel therapist had testified to this already and said that both were very abusive to one another I mean it was just a toxic relationship all around both were very bad um 
you know, to one another. They both testified that they were bad to one another. But at the end of the day, it's the jury has to take that audio and decide, okay, if both of them were abused, who is the defamatory statement then false or is it true? So, Matt, if the jury comes back and says they both abused each other, does that mean they both lose their cases or not? Um, walk me through a scenario where if the jury decides that they are both uh, have both verbally or physically or emotionally abused one another in this relationship, what we could expect in a verdict? If they if the jury finds that they're both abusive, uh, Johnny Depp does not win his lawsuit. Uh, however, Amber Heard's countersuit uh, potentially may survive because she's countersuing him for the uh, belief that hurt his like people set up a smear campaign against her. So if they find that to be true, then she could potentially win while also Johnny Depp would be losing. However, I think both sides have said things are untrue. There's been conflicting evidence. I honestly think both sides lose. It's a very strong possibility. And speaking of the counterclaims, Jenny, the argument in favor of Depp for the counterclaims is that his lawyer, Adam Waldman, was he actually acting as an agent? And two, he did his own due diligence, spoke with a number of people who didn't observe these injuries, and he put forth a good, uh, good faith uh, statements about Amber Heard in the sense that he legitimately believed she was making these allegations up. Now, of course, it's Johnny Depp who is in, you know, that he's acting on his behalf. Johnny Depp knows the truth. How strong are those counterclaims for Amber Heard? I don't think they're very strong, if I'm being quite honest. I mean, at the end of the day, if he published, um, if his attorney published those statements, um, if he published them on behalf of Johnny, then you have to prove that actual malice element, which is a lot higher of a standard. But if he published them because he wanted to just speak the truth and say, you know, this is my opinion um, and the are truthful statements, Amber's not going to win her case. Just as Matt had said, if you can prove truth, it's an ultimate to the statement. If you can prove that the statement is a true statement, it's an ultimate defense to defamation. Matt, we look at the verdict form. There are like 40, 42 questions this jury has to answer. Majority of them are whether or not it, you know, by greater weight of the evidence, it meets the element of defamation, actual malice, the, the final element of defamation here. You have to prove by uh, pr um, clear and convincing evidence a higher standard. But then at the very end of their, their case, they have to decide damages. It's on that verdict form. They can decide compensatory or punitive damages for either side. Um, or both. And, and the question, of course, is that conversation on damages could in and of itself take hours for the jury to decide, right? Yes, especially if they actually find in favor of one side or both sides, then they can figure out what is actually the monetary amount. If they're having, if the jury's having a discussion over damages, uh, a lengthy one, it's not because it's $1. It could be, all right, we're calculating how much money Johnny Depp would have made in for Pirate 6, which he, com he computed being $50 million, something of that nature, and Amber Heard, okay, how much did, how many opportunities did she lose out on as a part of the bad publicity of this, the Spear campaign, her basically lost role in Arkman 2? So, yeah, those deliberations, if they actually do find for both parties, could take a day or two just in and of itself.
the economic damages experts, the agents, the ACL. I mean, there is so much testimony we've heard about what the impact was on Johnny Depp with the article and the impact the Adam Waldman statements had on Amber Heard. So it's almost like two trials here for the jury to ultimately consider. And that's why it's going to take probably some time. Jenny Alcati, Matt Tapanik, I really appreciate you spending the last two hours with me breaking down this case. Uh, really do appreciate it. We're going to continue our analysis here on Long Crime. Stay with us. Anjanette Levy is up next from Fairfax County. Docket, everybody. I'm Jesse Weber, and thanks for joining us as we continue our coverage of the Johnny Depp Amber Heard defamation trial out in Fairfax County, Virginia. We are waiting, eagerly awaiting, a jury's verdict in this case. If we get any word that there is activity in that courtroom, we will bring it live to you here on the network. Uh, again, Johnny Depp suing Amber Heard for $50 million, claiming that she defamed him in a 2018 Washington Post op ed piece. Amber Heard countersuing him for $100 million, saying he defamed her through a orchestrated, systematic smear campaign alongside his attorney, Adam Waldman. We have so much to break down, and we have been doing that for the past two hours, breaking down some of the key testimony. But I want to go right now live to Fairfax County, Virginia, where our very own Anjanette Levy is outside of the Fairfax County Courthouse. And Anjanette, it is my understanding you have made a friend. What? <laughs> I have made a friend, and Jesse, if you had been here with me, you would have made a friend too. This is Alan Solman. Um, Alan, thank you so much for stopping by the tent. We talked about this last night. Um, we met at dinner. We won't say where. That's top secret. But we met at dinner and got to talking, and uh, I, I made friends with your friends, and we had a, a really grand time. Uh, but Alan, I thought it was cool that, obviously, thank you for stopping by the tent, as you said you would. Um, but you had a prediction last night, so give us your prediction, Alan. You practice in this courthouse. You're in front of Judge Ascarati, you practiced in Virginia for decades. What is your prediction on the verdict? Um, my prediction on the verdict is that uh, Depp will prevail, and I predict the verdict probably Thursday late morning. Although all these predictions have always been wrong, but what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> But you know your stuff. So I like hearing these predictions because there was a gentleman, when I was in uh, line for my trusty wristband this morning, uh, a gentleman said that he came to me and he said, um, you know, I used to try cases and this is my prediction and he gave me his prediction. You believe Depp, Depp will prevail. However, um, there's not just one question. There are several questions the jury okay. must answer. Uh, so uh, on which do you believe he will, and let's not get into the weeds, but why do you believe he pre will prevail and on what questions? I just think his lawyers did a better job, and um, and her lawyers did not. And um, as much as people would like to think it's a search for the truth, it's often a competition. Really? Yeah. Elaborate on that, please. Well, um, jurors are there to hear what you have to say, and if you say it better, they tend to listen to it more. And I think his lawyers have performed better. There were some pretty. Um there were some allegations of sexual assault that were pretty, um, uh, I don't know how to describe them, graphic, uh, disturbing, shocking that were made in this case. Uh, did you have any feeling on that when you listened possibly to uh, what was being alleged? Um, I, I didn't hear or see that part of the, okay. uh, the testimony, so yeah. I didn't get an opinion. Okay. <laughs> uh, is there anything else you'd like to add? 
about this case? Yeah. Nah. nah. Okay. Well, we we are really. I'm so happy. I was so excited when I saw you come up to the tent. We actually extended the tent today. I think I'm going to need to put a picture on Twitter. But thanks for joining us out here in the you heat uh, and in the wind. At least we have a breeze today. So, uh, Jesse, uh, just to bring you up to speed, the jurors. I got some confirmation. We were kind of confused earlier. It appeared one of the jurors might be out in the hallway around um, 9:20 or so this morning. But that was a juror in another case who looked similar to one of the Depp Heard jurors. So they've been deliberating since about 9.03 this morning. So I think that puts us at about the 12-hour mark right now. And so uh, no questions yet today. Everybody's just kind of sitting and waiting. And, and so they've been back at it. Uh, they have a lot to go through. I was going through the jury instructions again last night. And, you know, there's a page for all of these different findings and explaining the law and this, that, and the other. So they're probably going through these page by page. I, I don't know how they're doing it, but, you know, jurors typically take their duty seriously and they sat here for six weeks so uh, we're at hour 12 now well Anjanette my understanding is outside of the legal case that we've been following there's now a separate case against Johnny Depp by the ACLU uh, who's played a pivotal role in this case can you walk us through what the ACLU is asking Johnny Depp for right now I sure can. So the ACLU, uh, and so Johnny Depp, it's my understanding, had to basically go to court in order to get documents related to the whole op-ed and Amber Heard and the relationship and the ambassadorship and all of this stuff and the donations uh, that she said she was going to make or had made to the ACLU, the three and a half million dollars. Well, now the ACLU and these documents, you know, they're not like brand new or anything, uh, but they are seeking reimbursement as they are entitled to do under the state laws in New York for document production. It's $86,000 and change. Uh, so they've basically told Johnny Depp they want their money. So uh, they have said, filed court documents saying they want the 86000 and change for the document production, and it doesn't sound like they're giving it up. I wouldn't blame them. They played a pivotal role in this case, uh, and particularly for Johnny Depp's side. And Jeanette Levy, thank you so much, and uh, thank you for bringing on your guest as well. We appreciate it. Uh, we're going to continue yeah. our coverage here in Long Crime about the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, where we last left off. We were playing you some of the testimony of Johnny Depp. Now let's move into the testimony of Amber Heard, the defendant, counter plaintiff in this case. And during her testimony in rebuttal, she came back on the stand. She described what she lost due to the Adam Waldman statements the, the, that make up the counterclaim. And, and it was faced with some pretty stark criticism on cross-examination. Take a look. Amber, how did Mr. Depp's statements and threats to you that you were discussing, how do those continue to manifest themselves today? In the harassment, in the humiliation, the campaign against me that's echoed every single day on social media and now in front of cameras in this room, every single day I have to relive the trauma. My hands shake, I wake up screaming, I, I have to live with the trauma and the damage done to me. My friends have to live with a set of unspoken rules about how to not scare me. Objection hearsay. Yes, sir. Unspoken rules. Overruled. Oh, Go ahead. About how to not touch me, not to surprise me. My intimate partners have rules about how they can deal with me, how they can touch me. I have rules for doctors and medical professionals I see, gynecologists I see. I live my life with these sets of rules that I have to follow, my friends have to follow for me not to have a panic attack or a triggering event 
where I relive the trauma, even if I'm training to do my movie, for instance, if I'm training for Aquaman, a combat scene and a trigger happens, I have a meltdown and have to deal with that. The, the, the crew I work with have to deal with that because of the damage I walk around with every single day from what I've lived through, from what I've survived. I'm not sitting in this courtroom snickering. I'm not sitting in this courtroom laughing, smiling, and making snide jokes. I'm not. This is horrible. This is painful. And this is humiliating for any human being to go through. And perhaps it's easy to forget that, but I'm a human being. And even though Johnny promised that I deserve this and promised he'd do this, I don't deserve this. I want to move on. Ms. Hurd, at the beginning of your cross-examination last week, I showed you an audio where you told Mr. Depp to tell the jury, tell the judge, tell the world that he is a victim of domestic abuse. Do you remember that? That's correct. And you testified you found it hard to believe that Mr. Depp would tell the world that he's a victim of domestic abuse, didn't you? I said I find it hard to believe that he would do that knowing that he himself had beat me up for five years. But he has told the world that he's your victim of domestic abuse, hasn't he? Well, he started to say that only recently. He didn't make that claim up until very recently. So when we signed our divorce agreement and we signed a statement saying that neither party had ever said false claims for financial gain, it was relevant and important to me because I was the only one making the accusations. I was the only one making those claims. He wasn't doing that at the time. And he signed his name to it. You didn't expect as many people to show up and testify on his behalf that did, did you? Incorrect. When you told this jury under oath that you never assaulted, actually, struck that, sorry, Your Honor. Um, when you told this jury under oath that you punched Mr. Depp because you thought of Mr. Depp pushing Kate Moss down the stairs, you didn't expect Ms. Moss to agree to testify that that never happened, did you? Incorrect. I know how many people will come out of the woodwork to be in support of Johnny. So you think Ms. Moss needs to come out of the that. woodwork to testify for Mr. Depp? Everybody who was around in the 90s and the early aughts knew that rumor. I had heard that rumor from multiple people. Of course, that's what flashed through my head when my violent husband not only swung for me, but all of a sudden swung for my sister. Of course I thought of that. I did not expect her to show up or not expect her to show up. It didn't matter. It doesn't change what I believed at the time when we were on the stairs and I thought he was going to kill my sister by pushing her down the stairs. You told this jury under oath that Mr. Depp was aggressive and trashed a trailer in Hicksville. You didn't expect the manager of the Hicksville property, Morgan Knight, to come forward and testify that that was untrue, did you? Incorrect. I've already been through trials with this man. I know how many people will come out in support of him. When you told this jury under oath that you had no idea that the paparazzi would be at the courthouse on May 27, 2016, you didn't expect a TMZ employee to show up to testify that TMZ had been alerted that you would be at the courthouse and knew exactly which side of your face to take a picture of, did you? I know how many people will come out and say whatever for him. That's his power. That's why I wrote the op-ed. Is I was speaking to that phenomenon. How many people will come out in support of him and will fall to his power? He is a very powerful man, and people love currying favor with powerful men. Currying favor know that and risking jail time it. for committing perjury. Excuse me. I didn't. I didn't hear your question. You didn't Excuse hear my me. Question. Miss Vasquez, if you do mind, curry, please just repeat the question. I didn't hear you. Curry favor and commit perjury in this courtroom. I have seen for a powerful do this. man. I have seen people do this time and time again.
Okay, so I'm here with long crime legal analyst Matthew Mangino and criminal defense attorney Karen Felicia Nance. It's great to have you both here. Karen, Camille Vasquez was put in a very interesting position because you, you have a, a woman who is testifying about some really horrific accounts. And it's a very personal story and very intimate details. And, and this is tough. And yet she is coming out and really grilling her and calling her a liar and that she's faking her injuries and that she was the monster and that she was the one who abused Johnny Depp. And, and, and it's a tricky dance, right, to do that. But how do you think she did? Because we always talk about you kind of have to be delicate in your cross-examination of these witnesses. You can poke at inconsistencies. It didn't seem like there was anything delicate here. I agree, Jesse, and I think that you have to look at the person that was doing the questioning. I mean, Camille Vasquez is a very likable person just in terms of her presentation. She's very petite and, and very likable to the jury. I, I think that they sit there and I watch her. They're very close to her because obviously Johnny's uh, being at the plaintiff's table was close to the jury. So I think that she had developed a rapport with them or with the whole courtroom, actually, and, and, and with uh, public watching. So I think that she was, uh, Camille came across as very nice and believable before she started the questioning of Amber, right? So I think that you almost have to have this char character of this person who is likable to effectuate the type of cross-examination that, that she did. If it was somebody else uh, with a different stature, for example, I mean, she's very petite. And I think that that goes a long way with her questioning and why it wasn't as um, offensive. Um, I think some people criticized Camille, but for the most part, um, they, they, it was effective. It would have been different maybe if a male attorney was doing it as well. I think optics-wise, it was smart to have Camille Vasquez do it. Matthew, one of the things that Camille Vasquez brought out uh, in her closing argument is if you believe Amber Heard, then everyone else who took the stand is a liar. And she even kind of got her to say that there. So you're saying that all these people got on the stand and curried favor for Johnny Depp and wanted to commit perjury. Uh, uh, Matt, I think we might have lost your signal there. So, Karen, I'll throw to you on this. What do you think of that, Karen? Do you think that that is a fair argument? I thought it was very effective um, because when you look at it, you're looking at just Amber and Johnny. That's uh, the jury would look at it that way. But I think that the way Camille phrased it is that you have to look at not only Johnny's testimony, which is what she said, you have to look at all of the people that testified for her, for Johnny. And on the same uh, thing, you have to look at everyone that testified on behalf of Amber, who there weren't as many people, obviously. So I thought that it was pretty effective. All right. Well, we're going to talk more about this. Uh, I know we have Matthew Mangino back with us. So let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get into some more testimony. Breaking down the testimony in the Johnny Depp Amber Heard defamation trial as we eagerly anticipate a verdict out in Fairfax County, Virginia. And Jeanette Levy, Stacey Delicat are both there giving us updates on what is happening inside the courthouse and also outside the courthouse. I want to continue on with uh, some imp another important piece of testimony that we heard. When Amber Heard was on the stand, she actually made reference to Kate Moss and the uh, allegation that Kate Moss was thrown down a flight of stairs uh, by Johnny Depp. She, she alluded to this when she was recounting a moment when she allegedly was attacked by Johnny Depp on a flight of stairs and was actually trying to protect her sister from being uh, thrown down. Let's take a listen to what Amber Heard had to say and then from Kate Moss, who testified as well. 
Whitney, my sister, um, all of a sudden put herself in between Johnny and I. Uh, she just threw herself like in the line of fire or whatever. She just all of a sudden was there and was trying to get Johnny to stop. Um, her back was to the staircase and Johnny swings at her and I just see my little sister with her back on, face, her back to the staircase and Johnny swings at her and I don't even wait, don't even wait for any other, I don't hesitate, I don't wait, I just in my head instantly think of Kate Moss and the stairs and I swung at him. Miss Moss, did there come a time when you, uh, while you and Mr. Depp were a couple, that the two of you took a vacation together to the Golden Eye Resort in Jamaica? Yes. What, if anything, happened when you were in Jamaica with Mr. Depp? I, um, we were leaving the room and Johnny left the room before I did and there had been a rainstorm and as I left the room I slid down the stairs and I hurt my back. How did you... And... I apologize Miss Moss, please continue. And I screamed because I was in, because uh, I didn't know what had happened to me and I was in pain and um, he came running back to help me and carried me to my room and got me medical attention. Did Mr. Depp push you in any way down the stairs? No. Uh, during the course of your relationship, did he ever push you down any stairs? No, he never pushed me, kicked me, or threw me down any stairs. Okay, so Matthew, we have you back. How significant was that testimony? Other than the fact, you know, it's a big headline, Kate Moss is testifying in the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. How significant was that in the overall case? Well, you know, I think it was important to, to uh, refute this idea that, that uh, Johnny Depp uh, pushed her uh, down the stairs. But, but what I think it did is, you know, Amber Heard had talked about this rumor that everybody knew, I think she said, in the early aughts, uh, you know, that, that there was this uh, rumor of him pushing Kate Moss down the steps. And, and by her testifying, she gave some legitimacy to the idea that sort of a rumor could flow from that. She did fall down the steps. She was uh, injured uh, in, in Jamaica. And it, it gives some plausibility that a... a rumor could spin off of her falling down the steps and that's the same rumor uh, that uh, amber heard had heard and that's the same rumor that had spread through uh you know, hollywood or or the uh you know the elites uh actors and actresses uh in the early uh, 2000s so i think it adds some plausibility actually to amber heard's uh explanation that she had heard this and just like anybody else she was concerned about and as Anjanette Levy and Stacey Delicat were reporting earlier today, Johnny Depp is apparently in England, uh, you know, playing with John Beck, and he ultimately, um, Kate Moss attended that show, so they appear to be, you know, right. still close friends. Let's play what uh, Johnny Depp had to say on the stand about Kate Moss. 
Please continue, Mr. Depp. What did you tell Ms. Hurd about the staircase, or Kate Moss? I'll, I'll make it easy for Mr. Rottenborn. Um, Ms. Hurd uh, took the story and turned it into a very ugly incident all in her mind. Um, there was never a moment where I pushed Kate down any set of stairs, yet she's spewed this three times before. Um, Objection, Your Honor. Ms. Hurd simply testified that she had heard a rumor, and that's What's not a rumor? responsive to the question. Sir, hold on. Sorry. Objection. I'll overrule the objection. Ms. the facts and evidence. I'll overrule the objection. Sorry, I'm, I was drawn by Mr. Rottenborn's um, voice. Certainly. What, what was you like? Was it? Um, so, what what specifically had you actually told Miss Hurd about the incident with Miss Moss and the stairs? Very simply, that she had. We were in Jamaica. Um, I had left our bungalow um, about. Three minutes prior to her, I was standing outside, and suddenly rain starts just coming down like it's you know uh, a monsoon. And then I remember looking and seeing Kate coming out the door, and there were three little wooden stairs, and she slipped her legs went up, and she landed directly on her coccyx and her, her lower back. So. And she was obviously physically in pain, uh, and she was hurt, she was crying. So I ran over and grabbed her to make, you know, to make sure she was all right. Um, that's, that's it. That's, the, that's all I ever, but that's the whole story. But then um, the rumor of it, I'd never heard a rumor of that. Um, before Miss um, Hurd uh, grabbed hold of it, Matt. I guess it's 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 systematic of the entire case. I guess it's a microcosm of the entire case that Amber Heard was peddling another untruth. That's what Johnny Depp is trying to assert there, right? And, and I guess that's why this event is so significant. Why it was necessary to call Kate Moss. Do you think it played? Well, you know, again, I think if Kate Moss would have come and said, I don't know what she's talking about. I, I, I had never been pushed down the steps. I never fell down steps I, I, at, at the hand of Johnny Depp. I don't know. What, what I think the testimony does by saying that, yes, we were in Jamaica and she fell down the steps and I helped her up, it leads credence to the fact that maybe there was a rumor, a rumor about Johnny Depp pushing Kate Moss down the steps. It adds some legitimacy in a strange sort of way to this story. You know, um, Amber Heard says it's a rumor. There's some basis. There's some smoke to this rumor. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, in some way it adds legitimacy to the fact that it could have just been something she heard. And when her sister had her back to the steps, that's what came to her mind. You know, it, it's a strange um, sort of line of testimony.
Karen, do you think the jury is going through every one of these incidents that we've heard, the headbutt incident in 2015, the Australia incident with the finger, the May, May 2016 cell phone incident, uh, you know, the, the Tokyo incident, the Boston flight incident? Do you think they're going through each one of these and determining whether or not he abused Amber Heard? And, and it's almost like a mini trial and a mini trial and a mini trial. You know, when we have a murder case, it's one event. Here, there's multiple. And so do you think they're going through all that? I believe so, Jesse, because when you listen to the closing arguments of um, Amber's, defense, uh, Amber's team, they're saying that all you need is one incident. And, of course, uh, on the other side, Camille uh, said that if, if, you don't, if you disbelieve anything that uh, Amber said, that you have to disbelieve everything. So I think that they're in that situation where they're obligated to go through each incident and say, is this plausible? Did this happen? Do we believe Amber? Because you're going to have seven people making a decision as to whether or not they're going to rely on Amber's uh, team saying, you know, all you need is one. And then you're going to look at uh, Johnny's team and say, no, if, if you disbelieve her on any of these incidents. So I think it's incumbent upon them to go through each and every one of these incidents. Absolutely. All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to have a report live from outside the Fairfax County Courthouse right after this.
Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about and breaking down the entirety of the Amber Heard-Johnny Depp defamation trial. We're currently on verdict watch, and I want to go live right now to Fairfax County, Virginia, where our very own Stacy Delicat is outside of the Fairfax County Courthouse, where the jury is continuing their deliberations right behind her. Stacy, good to see you once again. Uh, what is happening outside the courthouse? Any, any Depp Heard sightings, rumblings, anything like that? You know what? I, I had a sighting of a Depp fan, uh, which I'm going to put up on my Twitter uh, in a couple of minutes, who was outside in a very vibrant, colorful, bright dress with a sign uh, in support of Johnny Depp. Uh, that's about the extent of it. I think the heat and humidity is keeping a lot of people away and indoors today, and people are just, you know, waiting for something to happen, perhaps, before they converge on the courthouse. In terms of Depp and Heard, well, yeah, we've been telling you Johnny Depp was on stage last night night in London with Jeff Beck for the third night in a row performing and uh, we're not sure if he's going to stick around and play the rest of the run with Beck in the UK this week or whether he will fly back to hear the verdict read. Uh, it was a surprise appearance on stage with him to begin with that began on Sunday night. As for Amber Heard, uh, we are hearing from sources that she is in the area and will be here when the verdict is read. Let's talk about that. Do we have a sense of when the verdict is announced? what that's going to look like. Will we get advance notice? Is the scene going to change? Walk us through what we can expect. So, you know, what we've been told by the judge is when a verdict is reached, um, there will be an announcement made and the judge will then have the verdict read at the top of the next hour. So what we interpret that to mean is, you know, it's 11.35ish right now. Let's say a verdict is reached at 11.55. Well, then it would be read at 1 o'clock. Or if it was reached at 12.25, perhaps not until 2 o'clock. So that's sort of the understanding under which we're operating. And that's to give all of the players, you know, like Amber Heard, for example, time to get here. The rest of the legal team, although we know some of Johnny Depp's lawyers are inside and some of Amber's lawyers are inside now as well. This will give uh, everyone who needs to or wants to be here time to get here. We expect some more fans and onlookers will show up in that time as well. Yeah, and that, I think, once there's a verdict that has been reached, that whole scene behind you, Stacy, will look a lot different. We're probably going to see more people like the guy who just tried to jump in your shot before. So we'll probably see <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, and, 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 and Jesse, you know, I, I've, I've referenced the, the media set up behind me, the barricades. In front of that is a microphone stand. Everyone is standing by as soon as something does happen. Everyone who comes out who's involved in the case is going to be given an opportunity to speak. Obviously, we're going to have all of that live once it does happen. But in the more immediate future, uh, just a reminder to all of our viewers, starting in just about 25 minutes, I'll be live here from 12 to 2 with Aunt Jeanette. Our own Jean Rossi will be joining us. We have an all-star panel. Linda Kenny Bodden and other guests will be joining us live as well to answer all of our viewer questions about everything that has gone down in this trial so far, so don't miss it. Yep, YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, Twitter, get your questions to us, and, and uh, Stacy and the team will ultimately answer them on air. Stacy, before I let you go, one quick question. Scheduling today in terms of when the jury takes lunch and dinner and when they break. Listen, Jesse, there's no set schedule yesterday. We know the jurors took lunch about 1230, so we can say probably they're going to do it around then again sometime in the next hour. But, you know, it's a day-by-day -day basis. Again, they broke for the day last night around 5 o'clock. So, you know, there's no set hours. Anything could happen. So for now, um, we'll wait and see. But, you know, if I had to guess, having started a little bit after 9, they'll probably, uh, you know, be breaking for lunch sometime in the next hour. All right. Stacey Delicat, excellent reporting as always. Thanks so much. So. Uh, 
Uh, we're going to continue our coverage of Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, and we'll go back to Johnny Depp on the stand when he was confronted with, how should I say it, some of the arguably more tasteless language he used in his text messages. Let's hear what he had to say. Um, and that was one of the things that we connected on is, uh, taking even if it was a, a difficult uh, or un, unpleasant situation we would you know do our best to deal with it with humor as opposed to it has to be <clears throat> spread on the uh, on the world like um, peanut butter <laughs> I uh, for example, the text that is about um, burning Ms. Heard is it's 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 a, it's directly from Monty Python um, in the sketch about burning witches um, and then drowning the witches. This is a this is a film that. I, we'd all watched when we were 10 and it's it's just um, irreverent and abstract humor um, that's what we were referring to in those texts this was one of the first messages shown to mr. Depp in his cross-examination this is a message to Paul Bettany his drug buddy early on in their relationship when he says let's burn amber Let's drown her before we burn her. I will fuck her burnt corpse afterwards to make sure she is dead. Some of the most vile, disgusting language that you could ever imagine. That is what he said to her at the beginning of the relationship. So let's look at how the relationship was bookended. You remembered Mr. Depp the other day in response to some texts that we'll see later saying, I don't write like that. This is a bookend of the relationship. This is after it was over. I asked Mr. Depp to read that top text. You'll remember that was the only thing I asked him to read. And he immediately said, I didn't write that text. Even though, of course he did. Even though he wrote the text underward, uh, under it that said, hopefully that cunt's rotting corpse is decomposing in the fucking trunk of a Honda Civic. That's how he bookended their relationship. Ladies and gentlemen, these words are a window into the heart and mind of America's favorite pirate. This is the real Johnny Depp. This is the real Johnny Depp after Miss Heard decided that she couldn't take it anymore, decided that she needed to leave him. And I'm not going to reread this whole text to you. But this is where she's, he says she's begging for global humiliation. And she's going to get it. Okay, so Karen, other than the fact that these messages, the ones that are not directed to Amber Heard, basically show that he could be an angry, violent guy who, if he's writing these things, who knows what he's like behind the scenes. But the messages that were directed to Amber Heard, where he's calling her pretty insulting names, is that verbal abuse? Is that emotional abuse? Is that psychological abuse? Is that emotional, you know, you know in the sense, mental abuse? Is that the sense that, because that's what J. Benjamin Rottenborn has said, that outside of the physical, this, the text messages themselves could be a form of abuse. Do you see it like that? Well, if they were directed at Amber, if he was sending those, and there are some text messages, I believe, that were 
between Amber and Johnny, but the focus of the ones that we just saw in the clip are to his friends. And not that that excuses at all uh, the, the content of those uh, text messages. As he indicated, these were things that you said in private, right? But I think that he and his team had to weigh in, in, in moving forward with this case. They knew that these text messages would come out and, and the information that's contained in the audio. So I think that those things have to be separated. When uh, Mr. Rottenborn says these are examples of verbal abuse, they have to be directed at Amber. And, and these meaning he, Johnny Depp, sent those specific messages or, or threats or whatever to Amber. And that's not what we saw in this most recent clip. So I would make that distinction. But Matt, you know, we talk about how he's fighting two battles here, the court of law and the court of public opinion. Those texts, those audio tapes, the video of him smashing the cabinet. If you're an executive at a major company, are you going to put Johnny Depp in your next franchise film after everything that came out during the course of this trial? Well, that's a good question. And it's something that, that uh, we talked about very early in this trial. You know, what's the end game here? Um, you know, he, he's trying to uh, rehabilitate his reputation, I guess, by all this. You know, he, he's his lawyers have argued that his his reputation is tarnished. I don't know that this trial did much to rehabilitate that. Uh, in fact, it may have made things worse. Uh, you know, we've we've seen intimate details of his of his um, lifestyle. You know, he's in a drunken stupor. He's uh, you know abusing drugs. Uh, he's uh, very violent in the home, at least we've seen on video, you know, with regard to, you know, inanimate objects. Uh, you know, so where, where do we draw the line? We hear about this very uh, outrageous, uh, you know, texting and the, and the terms that he uses. Um, I'm not sure what you think about a guy after this, whether he wins or loses this trial. Um, you know, is, is he the kind of guy that you want to employ uh, as an actor in a major picture in which you're spending millions and millions of dollars? That, that's the fundamental question. That's a good point. It's something we're all thinking about. And look, if you look at just the, the supporters outside the courthouse, you'd say absolutely. But there is a larger world outside of that courthouse uh, and outside of the people following. But anyway, we're going to continue to uh, break down this trial. A lot more to talk about. Stay with us here on Long Crime. We'll be right back right after this. Welcome back, everybody. We're breaking down the Johnny Depp Amber Heard defamation trial as we eagerly anticipate a verdict out of Fairfax County, Virginia. We're keeping a very careful eye on what is happening there. Stacey Delacat and Jeanette Levy are on the ground on Fairfax, updating us on the very latest. As we close out uh, the show, as we close out the hour right now, uh, I wanted to play some really important audio. Uh, audio tapes in this case played a crucial role, kind of give us a behind the scenes glimpse of what was happening with the couple behind closed doors. But this audio in particular, you have to ask, whose case did this hurt more? And you're also going to hear Amber Heard's response to it. Take a look. It would be released through documented people coming on the record and having the protection to do so that haven't had yet. It would be eyewitness statements. It would be evidence, tons of it. And it would be through years. And it would be unbelievable 
unbelievable um, to imagine that either I'm in a secret fake club, or B I've had um, a secret what? I've had a secret fight club, or that I have been plotting to do this for the you know for three years and while well, taking pictures of it and documenting it, just saving it up for the right time when I'm not asking for any money and have nothing financial to gain from it. But no one is going to believe that. No one is going to believe that one of the two alternatives, either I'm in a fight club, or I've been getting going through hair and makeup or going through makeup through all these years where I have cooperating text messages between people that match those dates of those timestamps validated photos of of I would either cooperation between people hearing us or cooperation of next day, you know, um, Whitney sending text message to Kevin, him responding, or, you know, the kind of stuff like between uh, uh, me and people in your life. Uh, it is insanely cross-cooperated, uh, cross then. It, it is a plan. I'm going to put makeup on myself and take pictures throughout the years and just sit on it for years. That, that, Explain what the context of this was. I was begging Johnny to not make me prove what I've had to sit on the stand in front of all of you and prove and talk about. I was begging not to do this and have to sit where I'm sitting today. I didn't want this. I don't want to be here. I didn't want to be there then. And I was trying to point out something to somebody who I thought did not have a firm grasp on reality. Objection calls for speculation. It's Overruled. Good. Thank you. I was trying to point out 
how absurd, how absurd it would be for him to keep making me prove this by calling me a liar. I was trying to get him to not call me a liar because everything that I had said to date and everything I've said to date now is the truth. And I was begging him not to make me prove it, that there were photos, that there were witnesses, that there was my testimony. There were years of me with injuries on the dates where we were fighting and they were documented. I mean, pictures from 2012. So I was trying to say to him either, you'd suppose that people would rather believe this is a hoax, elaborate, well-orchestrated, year-long campaign for what? Or that, what? It just seemed crazy. And I thought no one was advising him in his best interest. I thought no one was telling him the truth. I know he's surrounded by yes men and I thought nobody was saying to Johnny, this is crazy, don't do this. And I didn't want to hurt him. I didn't want to hurt him. I loved him. I loved him so much. I, that's why I'm explaining to him why I didn't file criminal charges. I didn't file a police report even though it was being used against me. I didn't want this to go to a prosecutor. I didn't want this to hurt Johnny. I don't want this to hurt Johnny. So Matthew, you know, in that audio, you know, you can question what, when, when did she know this was going to be for the world or not, but assuming it wasn't, she's telling Johnny Depp, you know, why would she make all this up, basically? And she's saying that on the stand. Why would I make all this up? What do I have to gain? Why would I put myself through this? Don't make me go forward and, dis and try to prove what happened. That's an important piece uh, and maybe a compelling piece. What do you make of it? Well, it's complicated, Jesse. Um, you know, we're, we're, uh, the jurors have to wrap their head around why you know, someone who is, is making this pitch to their uh, estranged partner uh, would want to tape that. And, and, and why would you go into such detail uh, in a conversation uh, about this unless you were doing it because you were recording it? Um, you know, th those are important questions that, that the uh, jury has to answer. You know, is this information that they've had so much access to. Uh, is, is that normal? Uh, is that the way that a relationship would, would uh, unfold, uh, that you document all these, you know, bad things that have happened uh, during your relationship? I mean, you know, we all have family albums and we all share those great moments together and we look at them. But I don't know of, of, of many people that keep an album of all the bad things that happened in their relationships and document it audibly and, and visually. Um, you know, so, so I think, you know, that dynamic in this case, this agreement that we're going to tape each other's conversations is really something that the jury is going to have to wrap their head around because I don't think it's normal. I don't well, think that's what most people experience in their lives. And, and that's going to have some impact on this. There, her reasoning would be that Johnny wouldn't remember anything that he did. And I, and I get that. And this is a case, you know, and a relationship unlike anything that we have really seen. Matthew Mangino.
Karen, Felicia Nance, thank you both so much for coming on. Really great insight into this case, as always. I am signing off. Linda Kenny Bodden is jumping in. But right now, it is our live Q&A show with Stacey Delicat and the rest of our crew. We'll be back. Good afternoon and welcome to For the Record. I'm Stacey Delicat and you are watching Law and Crime. I'm coming to you live outside of the Fairfax County Courthouse in Virginia. We are in day three of Verdict Watch in the Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard trial. For the next two hours, we are going to be taking all of your questions, anything you want to know about the trial, anything you want to know about the jury deliberations, anything you have on your mind. Send us a tweet, go on our Facebook page, go on Twitch, go on our YouTube, leave your question there. We will try to get to it. We have an all-star panel of guests that are going to be joining me today to talk through it. But first, for those of you who are maybe just tuning in, and I bet that's pretty few of you, most of you I know have been following this trial every step of the way, we're just going to give you a quick refresher. Johnny Depp, of course, suing his former spouse, Amber Heard, for $50 million over her, $50 million over her 2018 op-ed in the Washington Post in which she declared she was the victim of sexual and domestic abuse. Depp claims he was the real victim of abuse and that her op-ed cost him his career and millions of dollars and acting roles. He's counter, uh, Heard is countersuing Depp for $100 million, though, claiming that one of Depp's attorneys acting as his agent initiated a smear campaign against her, calling her allegations a hoax. It has all been playing out here for the last six weeks with high-profile celebrities and Hollywood executives testifying, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard themselves taking the stands multiple times. And now, of course, we are in verdict watch. We are about halfway through the 12th hour of jury deliberations. And here outside the courthouse, of course, I'm joined by Anjanette Levy, who's been here for all of it, the whole yes. ride. Um, Anjanette, so it's 12.01 on the dot. Right. Uh, we're expecting the jurors are going to go to lunch pretty soon today. That's right. Uh, just about noon each day, or at least yesterday and today, and I was told this would happen today. The, the um bailiff, the master deputy, will see whether or not they want to go to lunch at noon. That's a knock on the door. You know, you can't disturb the deliberations. Uh, they are responsible for bringing their own lunch. They're responsible for their own lunch. The, the court, the county is not paying to bring lunch into them. Uh, so they either bring their own or go to the cafeteria to eat. They have a really great cafeteria here. Also, we know that lunch was delivered for Johnny Depp's lawyers. Uh, so uh, they will be eating lunch as well as uh, all of us humans do. And maybe mm -hmm. Maybe Stacy and I will get to eat lunch later, too. Not quite yet. After yeah, the lunch show. We're going to have a late, late lunch. So, I mean, how would you compare today to even yesterday? I mean, obviously, we've been saying it's super hot down here in yeah. Fairfax, super humid, ton of media outside. I saw, you know, one Johnny Depp fan outside front earlier today with a big sign, but otherwise it's been pretty quiet out here. Yeah, it's been really quiet. And you know, all the media, all of us media types, we, we have tents, a lot of us do, a lot of us don't, but there's a, a you know, big crowd of media set up uh, for press conferences, post-verdict, should those happen, um, and everybody's all set up and it's just a waiting game. This is what we do. It's like the army, you know, hurry up and wait. Right. And so everyone has been asking, certainly a lot of the fans in the area want to know, 
Are Johnny Depp and Amber Heard going to be here when the verdict is read? And we have been telling you guys, we even have some video to show you. Johnny Depp was on stage yet again last night, the third night in a, in a row, performing in the UK at the Royal Albert Hall last night for the second night in a row with Jeff Beck. Uh, the first performance was a surprise, I think, on Sunday night when he popped up there. And then he performed with Beck again on Monday night. And we weren't sure, is he going to come back? And lo and behold, he was on stage again for a third night last night. A bunch of people in the audience took videos. Um, mm -hmm. Certainly um, a well-reviewed show from those who were there. We also uh, found out that Kate Moss showed up at the concert. She did as a special invited guest uh, of Johnny Depp. Of course, they dated in the 90s from about 94 to 97, uh, remained friendly. She had told, uh, I believe it was Vanity Fair back in 2012, that after they broke up, like it was years of tears, I think is something she said to that effect, that um, she had just cried and cried and that he took care of her. And uh, so she was a prominent figure. She ended up being a prominent figure in this trial because of course Amber Heard on the stand, you'll remember that moment, she said at the March 23rd, 2015 incident in the penthouse at the top of the stairs, she said all she could think, she clocked Johnny Depp, she punched him because all she could think about was Kate Moss in the stairs. That opened the door for us to hear from Kate Moss about this alleged rumor that Johnny Depp threw her down some stairs. Well, guess what? Uh, Kate Moss got on the stand and said that was not true. Uh, she slipped and fell, and Johnny Depp took care of her. And uh, she was at the concert last night as his invited guest. They remained friends. Yeah, I mean, the Daily Mail reporting she was backstage, smoozing, schmoozing it up with him. They got some good photos of her leaving the theater last night. Um, let's talk about Amber, because you're mm -hmm. hearing she is in the area, and she will be here when the verdict yeah, is read. I mean, where in the area, I don't know. But uh, I've heard at least three times today, this morning, that yes, indeed, she will be here. We were getting kind of that word. Nobody would say it officially over the weekend, at least not to me. Um, but we were seeing one of her friends who's played prominently in this trial, kind of in the background though, um, was tweeting that she's here waiting for a verdict and he's off touring in the UK. So she was been sending out quite a few tweets about that. Um, but we did confirm from a number of people that yes, indeed, Amber Heard will be here for the verdict. Johnny Depp, it sounds like that's up in the air. I mean, I, is he going to jet back here? Who knows? But there's only an hour's notice, and that's at least, if you fly a private jet, I think at least a six, if not a seven-hour flight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's possible he could be back by now, but Jeff Beck does have several more concerts scheduled right. in the U.K. this week, um, and so... Johnny Depp might be sticking around for that. We just we just don't know. Um, his attorneys haven't commented one way or another. Um, so now I want to bring in our other guests who are with us this hour. Of course, we have our very own Linda Kenny Bodden sitting sitting in in the studio in New York inside where it's cool in an air conditioned. Hey, Linda, <laughs> and I have Janina. Uh, Atamian, a trial attorney, also with us right now. And so we're going to go to some of your questions because there are a lot of good questions out there today. One that I think is kind of um, relevant as we get further and further into these deliberations and we wonder, are they not agreeing, the jurors? Is that why this is taking so long? Um, there's a question from the UK. Dick Dastardly66 wrote me on Twitter, what happens if the jury is hung? Will there be a retrial or does the judge take a majority decision? Linda, why don't you take that one? Okay, so in Virginia, you have to have, let's start off with the seven people who vote unanimously for a verdict. For instance, if we the can vote take it is out here, if seven, not, six, um, Janine, can you hear me? Seven, five, obviously, you do not have a verdict. Usually in a civil case, unless Virginia is different, if they can't agree at all, that's it. No one carries the burden of proof. 
But we'll have to find out from Gene Rossi when he comes on whether Virginia in civil situations is different. But every case I've been in in a civil case, you don't carry your burden of proof. A hung jury means no redo. It's not like a criminal matter. Hmm. Okay, uh, good answer, Linda. So next question, I guess. Yeah, let's go to the next question. I have um, Randy Hargs on Facebook says, why didn't Elon Musk, James Franco, and Jason Momoa take the stand on the case? We um, know that others who had relationships with Depp in the past, including... Um, Ellen Barkin, right? And uh, of course, Kate Moss testified. We know Kate Moss testified because of the abuse allegations, you know, that Amber had made uh, regarding her and Johnny. But how come none of Amber's exes took the stand? Janine, do you want to take that one? Sure. So, really, it's really kind of a jurisdictional issue. They could have voluntarily taken the stand if they wanted to. And I will say this Elon Musk tweeted a couple days ago um, regarding this, and he said it's a shame because the two of them. Um, at their best are unbelievable. So he kind of had support for both Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. He wasn't at uh, the trial, and that may have been a choice on her attorneys, or it may have been, like I said, a jurisdictional issue, um, because, again, the trial's being held in Virginia, and so they would have to be able to, you know, uh, subpoena him and have him actually appear, and that's a situation actually happen. Okay, Janine, thank you. We have so many more good questions coming in, uh, but we want to take a break to recap some other pivotal moments in this trial. And of course, some of the um, most compelling testimony, certainly the testimony that's gotten some of the most attention, has been the testimony from Johnny Depp himself. Let's listen to some of his testimony on the stand. Did you experience any consequences after the release of the op-ed? Absolutely. And what yes. were those? Oh, I will. I believe it was. Uh, I don't think it took Disney very long, maybe a couple of days, to uh, announce that uh, that uh, that I had been uh, um, removed from the Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, films franchise, um, which I learned about reading in a, in reading one of these type of well, some magazine or the article where Sean Bailey was quoted, which was very odd to me as. I have had many creative conversations with the Disney people, um, even to the point of where they were asking me to come uh, back and write pirates. No. Sorry. What, to your understanding, is the status of Pirates Six at, at this point? Yes. Um, I believe it's in dangle mode. Mr. Depp, have you ever physically assaulted Miss Heard? Never. Have you ever sexually assaulted Miss Heard? Never. Certainly not. What have you lost as a result of Miss Heard making these allegations against you?
nothing less than everything. Nothing less than everything. And jumping on our all-star panel right now is Neil Rockin, a criminal defense attorney. So, Neil, let me bring you in um, and ask your thoughts on, on how much, uh, you know, sway do you think Johnny Depp had there talking about how the op-ed impacted him? What impact do you think that had on jurors? So the, the section that we just talked about and we were just shown was a section from, um, uh, I believe, from his um, last bit of testimony. In the beginning of the trial, I thought Johnny Depp was very compelling. And um, I, I really thought he was a compelling witness in the very beginning. And I think by the time we watched those clips in the end, that one piece where he just talked about at the very end how this impacted him, consumed him, and I think he has a way of speaking that is compelling to a lot of people. Um, he is halting, he talks at times slowly, uh, and I think most importantly, he seems to admit some faults. He doesn't come across like a strong man on the stand. And I think that's very compelling to people. I think that's one of the challenges that Amber Heard faced, which is that she never came across like someone that admitted or conceded to any faults, any negativity, um, or didn't take any blame for anything. And that's difficult for a lot of people to, 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 to watch in a trial. Janine, do you agree? I mean, there's been so much said that, um, you know, Amber Heard has not been likable on the stand. We're going to listen to some key points from her testimony coming up in a bit. But do you agree with um, what Neil said? I absolutely agree with what Neil said. And normally, I think when you know, you're questioned on the witness stand and you actually, you know, it's a hostile attorney and you turn and you speak to the jury, it can be really helpful. But she did it every single question. It was robotic. It's there. And then going back to Johnny Depp's testimony just now, you know, when he says, I I've lost nothing short of everything, I just think it's such a, a poignant moment when he testifies and he says that, that I do think it kind of tears, uh, uh, tugs on the heartstrings of the jurors. It tugs on the heartstrings of everybody watching. You know, this is a grown man and he's up there and he's testifying to that he suffered. And he's saying he lost basically everything, his career, everything. Well, so much more to break down from this trial. We are going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we are going to have many more of your questions. Great questions coming in right now. So thank you and keep them coming. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Stacey Delicat here with Anjanette Levy. We are live outside the Fairfax County Courthouse in Virginia where we are on day three of verdict watch. Deliberations have been going since about nine this morning. We expect jurors to be taking their lunch break uh, right about now. Anjanette, we've been talking about Johnny Depp, his performances in the UK um, the last three nights. Mm -hmm. There's some reporting out there that he is going to stay on for the remainder of the show dates with Jeff Beck. Yeah, uh, and it says uh, some people keep sending this, well, one person on Twitter keeps sending this to me. It's from Glasgow Live, I believe is what it is. And it says a PR rep of Depp's has confirmed he will stay. However, I we're not getting that. So right. it may be a Jeff Beck yeah. person. Uh, we're going to look into that a little more. But I, there are shows scheduled through the 7th. I think there's no show tonight. 
there is a show tomorrow night and then shows through Tuesday the 7th. So the reason I brought that up again was that one of the questions that we have gotten from viewers, and again, thank you for all of these questions that have been coming in, is does it look bad for Johnny that he's not in the country for the verdict, but Amber is? And there's been a lot of chatter about this on Twitter. I know I've gotten a lot of people tweeting me um, when I retweeted articles about him on stage last night. So, um, Linda, what, what do you think? Does it look bad that... Johnny Depp may not be here when the verdict's read because he may be performing overseas. He is not supposed to be paying attention to the news media, us, uh, so therefore they may not know that he is not in the country and they may not know any of that. So I don't right. think to the jury it matters and quite frankly that's the only people we care about right now. Right. And once they were to find out, they would have their verdict anyway, right? right? So, I mean, I guess it's all in the court of public opinion, as they say, and what onlookers uh, think about whether he's here or not. I mean, Anjanette, any feelings on that? The, ju the judge said they didn't have to be present, right? The judge said that, and it's my understanding that these were previously scheduled uh, engagements, these concerts, even though his name is not on there on the website with Jeff right. Beck, it's this is what I'm told that they, these have been scheduled for some time. It's a work obligation, um, but you know, <laughs> this is his case. He brought it, so uh, you know, I, I don't know. I I I would think if you know it was my case, I'd want to be here, right? Uh, but. You know, I, I also have never brought a lawsuit. I've never been in that position. I don't have two big right. careers in Hollywood and music, so I, I just don't know. You know, on the other hand, you know, he, he was here for the testimony. He was here for sure. the rebuttal. He was here, you know, for, for sort of the most important parts. And obviously, there news travels in an instant now, right. so he'll be notified whenever something happens. And that that goes to another question we got from then. Ariel said, "Does the jury know that Johnny Depp went to the UK?" Um, no, to Linda's point. I mean, they're not supposed to be monitoring any of the news coverage. We we don't know for sure if they are or not, but they're certainly not supposed to be keeping tabs on him, so they shouldn't know. Um, here's another question, and this one comes from Michelle Helton from Facebook, and she says, in the state of Virginia, does the jury have a time limit in making a decision, or can deliberations linger on for countless days? Neil Rockheim, you want to take that one? Sure. So there's no time limit on deliberations. There are judges who at times want juries to move quickly, they want people to go fast, but there are no time limits on deliberations whatsoever. It can go as fast or as slow or as long as they want. The jury could come back immediately, they could take weeks, entirely up to them. Uh, I mean, I'm just wondering, quick quick poll of every uh, of everyone on here, because this is the question everyone wants to know. I should have even asked this for the beginning. Uh, now that we're, you know, 12 and a half hours or more into this on day three, uh, I want to say quickly, everyone just give a one-word answer. When, when, when do you think at this point we might hear something? Linda? Today. Later on today. Today? Okay. Janine? Same. Later on today. And Neil? Today. I, I don't I don't know because I, I was influenced by this uh, gentleman who was stopped by our tent earlier, Alan Silman. He's an attorney here in Virginia. I met him last night. He he had this he said to me Thursday eleven AM. That's what he said to me at dinner last night and he said it on our air just a little while ago. So part of me feels like 
I mean, maybe Adam's right. I don't know. I, I mean, I we've know. got three against one there. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I mean, I may go with, with, with our team that thinks three. But, but hey, the, the point is, right, we've said it a million times, no one has a crystal ball. Let's go back to some more uh, key testimony from this case. Obviously, uh, a, a big moment in the timeline of the Johnny Depp Amber Heard story was their divorce and the divorce filing. Let's listen to some testimony from Ed White, one of the attorneys uh, in the divorce case. So the next demand was that all of the community liabilities that were unresolved, approximately $13.5 million, that Mr. Depp had to pay those liabilities in its entirety. So at that point, she was demanding $14,250,000 of consideration, and then it got worse. The next demand was that all of this consideration be paid to her free of taxation. And counselor, for him to pay $14,250,000 million, $14 million to Miss Heard, that would require him to earn approximately $30 million. So far beyond the scope, so far beyond his foundation of what was discussed. All right, I'll sustain that last, last answer. All right. Oh, I misspoke. That's Ed White, uh, Depp's business manager, who you heard testifying there about the divorce and about the money that uh, was at stake in this divorce. And so does this refute claims from Amber Heard and her team that um, this wasn't about the money? Uh, what do you think, Linda? Oh, I think that this jury knows that this is all about the money. As a matter of fact, I was surprised, quite frankly, that one of the themes the Depp team didn't exploit in, in its closings was that after uh, he had the business meeting and she learned that perhaps that he was running out of money, that that's when this whole thing escalated. Uh, this would be the Depp team arguing. And therefore, uh, she then had a motive uh, to divorce him and make up these claims. Remember, there was that letter that was sent by her attorneys seeking all sorts of support for her and her friends and when they denied that uh, that's when she sought the restraining order let's go to another clip now of um, Ed White on the stand talking about the money at stake any role the increased use of alcohol or drugs have on your ability to be able to arrange and engage in, in meetings with Mr. Depp there were stretches of time when it, it, it appeared clear to me that the use of alcohol and drugs was a daily uh, event. And, and so there were obviously various times when I needed to communicate directly with Mr. Bat. Um, and so some of my conversations with the people I've described involved finding good days and good parts of days when he and I could engage in conversations that he and I needed to engage in, where I knew he would be clear-minded and, and so forth. Did you observe any increase in Mr. Depp's expressions of anger and upset uh, associated with any increase in financial difficulties or having to discuss financial difficulties? Um, yes. Um, His financial circumstances in 2015 had reached um, a, 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 a point where I was extremely concerned and had and was was uh, on a very very regular basis expressing that concern. And it seemed as um, uh, I increased increased my level of of, of 
expressing that concern, there was anger directed in, 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 uh, you know, in my direction. Um, and so my warnings in 2015 that we were in very dire financial circumstances were not met very favorably. Okay, so again, I'm sorry, a few technical difficulties out here. I know I said that was going to be Ed White. It was Joel Mandel, Depp's former business manager. So, um, you know, we're talking about Johnny Depp and his financial situation in all of this. How important is it for the jury to understand his financial situation in this trial? Janine, what do you think? Well, I think it goes back to what I think because, you know, we find out that, you know, possibly this business manager that we just uh, saw testify, you know, had maybe embezzled from him. They ended up settling their lawsuit. But again, the money seems to be running out. She wants, um, she wants support for her and her friends. And then all of a sudden she has this um, TRO and she has these allegations. And was that actual or was it leverage? And, you know, she said repeatedly on the stand, I was financially independent. It was a source of strife in our relationship. But she didn't seem financially independent when, you know, her friends and family were living in, you know, penthouse one or penthouse five or whatever. And so it kind of goes to that initial allegation, which is not, you know, the subject of this, but it adds to it. So I think it's important to know that, you know, he was running out of money and she had, you know, a prenup agreement and, you know, this was maybe a way to get more money. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, well, I want to step away from the clips and go to one more question, um, which is um, really more of a, a procedural question about the jury, because a lot of questions are still coming in even as we go through this clip. So everyone wants to know what's going on now. And Jacqueline Edwards asks on Facebook, I have a question. My, uh, seven jurors for this kind of trial seems very small. Is this normal? And do you think a bigger jury would potentially harm the outcome in this case? Of course, remember, this is a civil case versus a criminal trial. This is very different from so many of the trials, murder cases, and so forth that we cover um, on law and crime. Uh, Linda, how do you answer that question about the seven jurors? It is a a small jury pool, right? Well, yes, but but civil cases, we're all used to criminal cases, right? Civil cases, the the amount of jurors in a civil case are set by the state and the court rules of that state. For instance, in New Jersey, where I practice a lot, you have six jurors on a civil case, and to get a verdict in your favor, only five of the six have to agree on the verdict. You get one that you, you, you can lose. Uh, Virginia has it that there are seven jurors on a civil case and all have to agree. So in fact, it makes it more difficult to get a verdict in a civil case, even with the seven jurors. So each state is different. You never have 12 in a, a civil case from what I've seen, except in federal court, which is an exception. And obviously, the more jurors you have, I would think the harder it is to get any kind of consensus, right? The more yes. the more cooks in the kitchen, so to speak. So, um, all right, great answer on that one, Linda. Thank you. Uh, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to have much more live here from Fairfax, Virginia. This is Long Crime. Welcome back to For the Record, live from 
Fairfax, Virginia. I'm Stacey Delicat here with Anjanette Levy. We are taking your most pressing questions about the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial and the verdict watch, which we are continuing here into day three. Uh, one thing I want to quickly mention is there were a few little developments yesterday. One was a question from the jury uh, regarding whether they were to consider the headline of her op-ed, Amber's op-ed, or the entirety of the op-ed. We're going to talk about that a little later. But late in the day, we found out more about a motion filed by Depp's defense team. They had filed a motion asking the court to strike what they said was an inappropriate argument by Heard's team during the closings, an argument made by Heard's attorney that the jury's decision in this case would send a message to every victim of domestic abuse everywhere. Depp's team had said it improperly invites the jury to focus on a larger social issue, but the judge said, uh, look, the jury already has the case, so there's not much I can do. So she denied the motion. But this leads into our next viewer question, which I want to bring up, um, which one of our viewers wrote to us and said, um, Jordan Morris, by the way, from YouTube, thank you. Do you think this case will be used as a case study on domestic violence? Obviously, there's so much we could say about this. There have been so many people opining about this. I know um, there are a lot of high-profile people penning their own op-eds about this. So um, let's go to, to our guest. Uh, Janine, what do you think? Are people going to talk about this case in the greater context of domestic violence cases? I think that they're going to talk about this with regard to domestic violence, and we've seen a ton of different articles. And you know, why is the internet turning on Amber Heard? We've seen a lot of things like that. But the other thing, and this is what I think is important, is it also kind of shines a light on the fact that men can also be victims of domestic violence. You know, we heard the tapes of Amber, you know, saying, "I didn't punch you, I hit you," and go tell a jury, go tell a judge that you're a domestic violence. Uh, victim and you're a man and see if they believe you. So I think that that's also going to be a new conversation because ordinarily, you know, you, you've got this preconceived notion that it's always the female that is the victim. And here we're seeing a lot of evidence that that may not have been the case in this particular situation. Both sides with a lot of people saying, hey, you know, all of this backlash that Amber's facing, um, certainly all of the, the, the threats and negative messages from fans of Depp's could have a chilling effect on other domestic violence survivors from coming forward. But do you agree with that, Neil? I, I, I actually don't. I, I think that this case is going to be, this is one of those standalone cases. Um, I, and I think that there's a lot of talk about domestic violence and uh, sexual violence, but really this case is, is, it's unique. It stands alone because we're watching two celebrities, what is in essence a trial. It's like People Magazine or Entertainment Weekly, and we're just watching it all play out. I think this trial is really more about whether or not people who are celebrities, how they live their life, whether they're capable of lying, whether they're capable of telling the truth, and to what degree people are going to, and, and how they, they convey themselves. Um, so yes, it's about domestic violence. To me, the, the worst allegation in this whole case, the very worst thing that I heard was this allegation about a sexual assault with a bottle. It was the worst thing. So one can make the argument is about sexual violence or sexual assault. And I think part of this case, ultimately, that, that jury instruction that the judge, the, excuse me, the jury question that the judge answered, where she said that headline is the statement, um, I think that is a very, very favorable ruling for the, for the Depp team. Because that headline, it, it, it conveys 
rather directly that Johnny Depp sexually assaulted Amber Heard. And that's what this case is about. Did she lie about these things? Yeah, interesting. And I do agree with you that I think this is sort of a one-off case because these are celebrities and there is so much in this story. There are so many details that, I mean, are just so out of the realm of reality for normal people that are not in Hollywood and not not celebrities. Uh, this actually leads into a clip that we want to replay now because a big part of the testimony obviously is this question of whether or not Amber Heard sustained real and physical injuries uh, as she said she did. During one of the domestic dispute calls that police received back in 2016, two police officers actually showed up at the couple's apartment, their penthouse, and they said that they didn't observe any physical injuries. Let's listen to Officer Tyler Haddon, who was one of the officers, along with Officer Melissa Sand both of them responded to the penthouse that 2016 night. During your investigation, you had other reasons to believe what was true? That it was a verbal dispute. And what did you have during your investigation that created in your mind evidence that it was only a verbal dispute? After discussing the investigation with my partner at the scene, the uh, Ms. Heard uh, refused any medical treatment and had no visible injuries. There was no sign of struggle. And the victim, or sorry, correction, the witness that was there that I spoke with was uncooperative as well. Anything else? At this time, that's all. Question, Dur during the entire time you were at the penthouses during the incident, did you witness any bruises on Ms. Heard? And there was not a response. I did not observe any injuries on this herd. Did you observe any swelling on this herd's face? I did not. Did you observe anything that led you to believe that she was a victim of domestic violence. I did not. So the officers who responded that night said they didn't see any injuries on Amber Heard. Um, clearly, this is testimony that helps Johnny Depp's side, right, Linda? It's, it's kind of important, Stacey, to understand that if the jury is looking for independent cooperation, right, who better to go to than two sets of police officers who came to that apartment? And also you have the SeaTac incident uh, on that the deaf people presented on rebuttal, uh, the airport security or police officer, former police officer who saw Amber Heard being aggressive. So that I think that those independent witnesses may be very important when the jury says, okay, who here is telling the truth? And what don't we have? We don't have independent witnesses about the alleged terrible assaults that Neil mentioned, the uh, assault with the bottle, supposedly she was bleeding and never sought medical attention. So I think when the jury deliberates, those things will become more important. Right. I mean, absolutely. It, it's her word there. Here we have the officer showing up. But there is a friend of Amber's, you know, who did say that he noticed injuries. Let's listen to the testimony from Joshua Drew. These are photos taken of her uh, the night of the incident. Some were taken by me, some were taken by Raquel. And when you say the night of the incident, May 21. Uh, and are you sitting here today, can you distinguish 
which were taken by you, which were taken by no. Um, were you present when they were all taken? I can't say that definitively. Okay. Um, were you present when photos were taken of of Ms. Hurd's face, like you see on the first page of this? Yes. Um, and is this image of Ms. Hurd's face on May 21 consistent with your recollection of what her face looked like? Yes. And am I correct that unlike, it's a little hard to see because there's shadow on the right, but unlike the prior incident that we looked at where there were photos, here the injury looks like it's mostly on one side. Correct. So uh, Amber's friend Joshua Drew testimony, testifying rather that he does remember seeing some bruises. You know, this after the officer said they didn't notice any injuries. How do these um, two testimonies play against one another, Janine? So again, we need to see some corroborating evidence from Amber about her injuries because there's a lot of controversy as to whether the, her pictures are doctored or, or what's exactly going on, whether she's telling the truth, whether she's lying. But going back to the officer's um, statements, you know, it would be great for Amber Heard if they testified that they had seen something, she was an uncooperative witness, something along those lines. But remember, every juror brings to that jury box their own personal experiences. And we all just got off um, the Gabby Pepito case. And, you know, the police had seen her the night before she went missing, and they didn't think anything was wrong. So it's not definitive that nothing was wrong just because they say that they didn't see anything. And, you know, she did have her sister. She had her makeup artist. She had um, this friend of hers testify. But again, there's really kind of an issue because with all the pictures, the tons of pictures that she has taken and videos that she's taken of Johnny Depp, the pictures of the mirrors, you would think she would have more, you know, to, to show. And, and she doesn't. A good question, actually, from Twitch, from Nabia Ziz, who, uh, who said, Amber happened to mention in one of her testimonies she always wears makeup when she goes out. And she talked about, right, having like a color reel of makeup to describe bruises, to, to, to um, disguise bruises, I should say. Why did she not wear makeup when she went to get her TRO with, co coincidentally, the paparazzi appearing the same day as well? So the question is, you know, did she say in her testimony, Anjanette, why didn't she wear makeup that day to the court? I believe she said she forgot. It was like the only day she forgot, and she said the following day, and this was on the rebuttal cross-examination uh, by Camille Vasquez, uh, Camille said, well, you had the bruise on the, the TRO day, right? Yes. And then she put up a picture of she and Rocky Pennington the next day, in which they had their arms around each other, they were laughing, there was no bruise. And uh, Camille said, but you didn't have the bruise that day, and she said, well, I, I was wearing makeup. So she's claimed this is part of her daytime routine, the morning routine. She always puts it on in the um, bathroom in the morning and all of this. But the one day she goes with a bruise to the courthouse to request a TRO, she says she forgot to put on the makeup. And, and, and I mean, look, it makes sense that uh, it, it almost makes sense why she wouldn't. She's going to court for a restraining right. order. If Look what like, happened to me, my, you know. Yeah. Here's the bruise. So, um, you know, whether or not she, in fact, tipped off TMZ, as Depp's team alleges she did, and as others have insinuated, you know, it is regardless. But, you know, she's a celebrity, and L.A., the paparazzi are, are everywhere. It, you know, it's she, she's going to, sh to ask for a restraining order, and she's going to show off the I, bruise. I do think it's important to point out, though, that I think that... What if you want to avoid paparazzi, you can. Uh, but a lot of times I think that when we see stuff on TMZ, I think sometimes publicists and stuff like that do tip people yeah, off. So, for sure. so their client will be photographed and will get some publicity. So I think these things do, uh, you know, it's kind of like a, a love-hate relationship with the paparazzi.
Yeah, for sure. I agree with you. Listen, we have to take another quick break, but when we come back, many more good questions from our viewers coming up. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to For the Record. We are live here in Fairfax, Virginia. Day three of Verdict Watch. It is our lunch show and it is lunchtime for the jurors. They're taking their 30-minute lunch break just about the same time they did yesterday. And we are taking all of your questions. And so I think, Anjanette, uh, here's a good question about the jurors because okay. I know you were here for um, jury selection at, uh, you know, and you know about the composition of the jury. Yeah. Mike Lane on Facebook says, jury selection, what did each side look for in a juror? Do you think they tried to find people that didn't know Depp? Is that even possible? Because uh, okay. Depp is just like, right, a figure in um, pop culture, at least for anyone born, you know, yeah. um, before 1995. I don't know, you know? I don't know. I mean, I'll just tell you, um, I don't want to date myself here. <laughs> <laughs> but when I was a kid, okay, uh, my mom loved 21 Jump Street and would say, uh, yeah, I grew up in Cincinnati, so mom would always say, well, you know, this Johnny Depp, and she would make a remark about Johnny Depp and say, uh, he's from Kentucky. Uh, so, okay, fine. So, uh, that tells you, you know, how long, I was a kid and I knew who Johnny Depp was, uh, but I can tell you, I've not ever seen uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, and I know that all these fans are, I'm going to probably get haters now, don't hate on me, I'm a busy lady, I, I work in news. That's I, the thing, I, I also know Johnny yeah, Depp's, like so, Edward Scissorhands, you know, I'm like, I, 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 that I, like I know like the 90s movies, yes. not like yeah. the newer stuff. So my grandma took me to see Edward Scissorhands in the theater, we saw that, and I saw Donnie Brasco in the theater, but anyway, I haven't seen the Pirates, the Caribbean movies. I'm going to put that out there. Uh, that said, the I wasn't in the courtroom. It was very crazy for jury selection, so getting in was not easy, and you couldn't get into the overflow, and it was not fun. I think we were only allowed in the overflow that day, and I couldn't get in. I do know for a fact they asked, uh, I was told they asked, do you know who Johnny Depp is? And Johnny Depp um, put his, or all the, all the jurors said yes, or whatever. They all said, yeah, we know who he is. Uh, they said, do you know who Amber Heard is? And I think like a couple, I was told, raised their hands. Yeah. So obviously he's far well, more well known than she is because he's been around a lot longer and he's had these very successful uh, film roles. So he's known uh, around the world. So I, I do know that the jury um, was made up of, um, and you have to keep in mind too, this is not top of mind. This They might know who Johnny Depp is, but this whole case was not top of mind, I don't think, for these jurors in Fairfax County, okay? Uh, you know, they're probably not following this. Right, I mean, the this Hollywood drama all of a sudden is plopped yeah. down here. Right. Um, so they're probably not doing that, but um, I do know that there was one gentleman, he appears to be in his late 50s or 60s, he's one of the jurors, and there's another guy, it looks like he's in his 30s, a, a woman, African-American woman who appears to be 40s or 50s, Asian woman that appears to be 20s or 30s and then I think three younger age Asian men like in their 20s so obviously both sides they did whatever they did and they struck some jurors and this is what they ended up with so they thought I'm assuming both sides thought th that this panel could be fair yeah I mean 
that, that that's who they decided on. So so that's some good background there and explanation. Um, here here's a, an interesting question um, that comes from YouTube. The makeup Muva asks, does anyone think the time limits the judge set hurt either side? Seems like both sides left out great points in their closing arguments, right? The the, the judge clearly said both sides have two hours for closing arguments, and in fact, when it came to the rebuttals, Amber's side only had like six minutes or something, right? Whereas Johnny's team had longer. Uh, Linda, did this time limit, you think, uh, hurt either side? Well, there were, we're used as, as lawyers to have time limits in closings. That's not unheard of. So, no, I don't think the closings. I don't know about the presentation of the case. It was the first time I've experienced seeing time limits in a state civil case. Quite frankly, I grew to like it uh, as the time went on because, you know, people couldn't grandstand and, and play. You know, they had to get their points in. But in terms of a closing, the closings, as if you looked at them, they were all pretty much pre-written. Uh, uh, and usually when you start a case, you start with your closing and then you figure out how you're going to try your case. So I do not think that the time limits on closing hurt either side. Perhaps perhaps the Amber Heard team didn't use their there's, uh, rebuttal time wisely, but I thought that was probably one of the best uh, moments in the trial for Rottenborn was his close, uh, his, his seven-minute rebuttal time. He was succinct, he was short, and he made points. Yeah, I mean, and also to your point about the judge keeping time limits for the rest, it's always good for the media and the viewers. We know what's coming up. We knew that closings were going to be on Friday. But to your point about Rottenborn, Rottenborn Marita Hoy Grindenhau from Norway asked, Rottenborn came across as a really rude man and Bredehoff just attacked witnesses. Is that normal for attorneys or is there a kind of polite way to be in court in the U.S.? Uh, what did you think of the demeanor of the attorneys, Neil? Interesting question. Um, I thought that at times some of the lawyers interrupted some of the witnesses. I think it was a very different case than we've seen where lawyers have to co constantly sort of tiptoe around or be very careful how they approach witnesses. I have yet to see in a case that I have, have watched um, or tried where lawyers cut off the witness in the middle of an answer and actually didn't have the judge say something like, let the witness finish. Um, that's very unusual to me. I haven't seen that. So um, I think it, it, the, the way a lawyer treats a witness, I think at some point, quite candidly, you have to feel like you have permission to do it. Um, and I think at some point in this case, the, the lawyers that were cutting off witnesses, like I thought Camille, must have felt like she had permission to do it. Na, 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 wait, wait, Neil, now I have to cut you off Rockwell. like the attorneys were cutting off the witnesses because we're at our break. Neil Rockheim, <laughs> thank you so much for being with us. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with much more here on the Lunch Hour, live from Fairfax, Virginia, in the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. Stay with us. Be a better way. Welcome back to For the Record on Law and Crime. I'm Stacey.
Stacey Delacad coming at you live from Fairfax, Virginia, outside the county courthouse, where we are now in day three of verdict watch. I'm hearing the jury is just getting back to deliberations after a brief lunch break. They're basically an hour 13 now of deliberations after deliberating for about two hours Friday, then about seven and a half yesterday, and three and change this morning. These are my rough calculations here. Um, still, anyone's guess when we are going to hear something, of course, for those who may just be tuning in, this is in the Johnny Depp Amber Heard defamation case in which Johnny Depp sued Amber Heard for $50 million <coughs> claiming an op-ed she wrote in the Washington Post back in 2018 declaring herself the victim of domestic violence, of sexual violence, and the headline ruined his career. Depp says he is the victim. This cost him everything. Heard countersuing for $100 million claiming that Depp and his attorney Adam Waldman acting on Depp's behalf initiated a smear campaign against her calling her allegations a hoax. It is all played out here. We have been here for every step in the way, for uh, for every witness, high profile and otherwise, who has taken the stand in this case. Today we are recapping more of the pivotal testimony, but we're also taking your questions live from Twitch, from Twitter, from Facebook, from YouTube, so keep sending those great questions. With me here live outside the courthouse this hour is none other than law and crime legal analyst Gene Rossi in the yeah. flesh. Gene, thanks for coming back. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. So Gene, you, you've been here with Jesse yeah. and Anjanette periodically. Yes. Um, did things look a little different to you outside the courthouse today? Um, Oh, when they're deliberating uh, and there's no questions to the judge or anything like that, it always looks a little different. It's always the calm before the storm. It's always the, that. It's like waiting for a hurricane, and the hurricane's probably going to be the verdict, which I think is going to shock a lot of people. But it is a little different. It's quiet. There are no uh, legions of Johnny Depp fans or not so many Amber Heard fans. So it's a little different here today. Yeah, I mean, we know for the many, many weeks of this trial, Jesse and Jeanette I mean, they were getting in line while it was still dark out to get wristbands to get in the court. Right. Today, you know, yep. I, I showed up 8.30. They still had plenty of wristbands because we're not right. seeing the same kind of um, crowd of spectators. Right. Well, the enthusiasm sort of died down a little bit. Um, you know, when you're waiting for a verdict, like watching paint dry, and that's being very kind. Uh, but this deliberation period may last, I think, another two days, three days. I was just looking at the jury instructions. There are a lot lot of things the jury has to ponder. There are three statements on each side and there are elements they have to go through. It could take till Thursday or Friday for a verdict or even a question. That's interesting, Gene, because I was that was gonna be my next question right. to you. I've been polling everyone today. <laughs> Linda uh, Linda Kenny Bod News in our studio is going to be joining us yeah. second. Thanks Thursday. Two of our other guests uh, Thursday. I'm sorry. Today. Two of our other guests think today. Today's Wednesday. So we had yeah. three people saying today. And Jeanette is seeming to think tomorrow morning. And you're thinking eh, it could be a while. I think it could be Friday. And here's why. We're not done with questions. I can't imagine you go through a six-week trial and you only have one or two questions. I think we're going to get a couple, two or three more questions. That causes a little more time for them to deliver. I'm sorry. It's not only hot. Yeah. We're getting a little anxious yeah. here. But, um, <laughs> the anticipation. Uh, I, I, I think Friday's doable. But you know what? Tassiography is reading tea leaves, okay, and trying to predict how long a jury will deliberate. I mean, it's like putting money on horses at the Kentucky Derby. You know, 80 to 1. Somebody won, 80 to 1 odds. You don't know how long or short a jury will deliberate. My longest uh, was after a five-week trial. It almost killed me. The jury deliberated seven full 
business days. I can still feel the pain. Wow. Okay. So here's a question that comes uh, from a Twitch user, Sean Stoll. He says, does the jury have any limitations on what they can do once the trial is over? Can they sell their notes? Can they write books and reveal details about deliberations? Okay. Who, who asked that, Twitch? This is Sean on Twitch. Yeah, Sean, that's a fantastic question. At the state level in Virginia, once the jury is done, they can run their mouths, they can be called by the attorneys for each side, they can do whatever they want. They can't keep their notes. My understanding is they, they have a spiral notebook, that notebook is taken by the bailiff, and then those notes are destroyed, unless the court orders otherwise. But at the state level in Virginia, they can do whatever they want, they can write a book, they can go on Law and Crime Network, they can be called by any of the attorneys. At the federal level, it's a little different it depends on the jurisdiction right okay so once the case is over if you're watching and your friend or family members are on the jury have them call us once it's all over <laughs> we'd love to speak with them live on law and crime uh, all right let's go back to some more pivotal testimony from the case and of course we know that the testimony from Depp and Heard themselves has been some of the most compelling certainly of this trial uh, let's now go to a clip from when Johnny Depp was under direct examination here is what he said um, he lost as a result of the allegations against him I lost because that is not a thing that anyone is going to just put on your back for a short period of time. I will live with that for the rest of my life because of the allegations and because it was such a high profile case. So I lost then, no matter the outcome of this trial. I'll carry that for the rest of my days. And uh, it never had to be that way. It never had to happen. And I don't quite understand why it did in the way that it did. So let me bring in the rest of our panel that we have with us this hour. In addition to Jean, who's with me out here in Fairfax, we have Linda Kenny Bodden, our Law and Crime Network host with us in studio, and Janine Atamian, trial attorney, is still with us as well. Janine, um, this testimony about what Johnny Depp has lost, we've talked about this a little bit, but um, you know, how compelling did you find it to be? I think it was absolutely compelling. Again, like he has that one phrase that he used where he said, I've lost nothing short uh, uh, than everything. And I really kind of was moved by that. I think if I were on the jury, I would be moved by that. Again, the way he actually testifies with this low voice, it's low voice, he comes across as sincere, he comes across as endearing, and, you know, he, he comes across as broken. Yeah, uh, Linda, do you agree? I actually do agree. I thought he was a much better witness than I thought he was going to be initially. I think the phrasing in terms of also when he started out, the jury has to be thinking that he said he was doing this for his children so that they could know the truth. So I do think that he come, came across, uh, in my opinion, if I were his attorney, I would be very happy with his testimony. So let's butt this up against some testimony from Amber when she was on the stand and she talked about all of the threats she's re received during this trial. What do you hope to reclaim after this is over? Protecting the secret that I did for as long as I did has taken enough of my voice. 
Johnny, Johnny has taken enough of my voice. I have the right to tell my story. I have the right to say what happened to me. I have the right to my voice and my name. He took it long enough. I have a right as an American to talk about what happened to me, to own my story and my truth. I have that right. I hope to get my voice back. It's all I want. And I've said that from day one. So look, Amber Depp, clearly emotional in that clip. If you heard this out of context, you would really feel for this woman, right, Gene? I mean, she, yes. she, she, it, this has not been easy on her. She's had threats. She's been living with this for years. I mean, yes. how do you think the jury will find that sympathetic? Well, here's here's my comment about uh, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. I agree with Janine and, and Linda Ketty Bodden, who are in air conditioning, by the way. Yeah. We're in 98 <laughs> degree heat. Okay, so More forget you, okay? <laughs> but but the, the thing about Amber Heard, it's, it's something that I remember Spencer Tracy he's saying about acting the key to acting is don't let them know you're acting and when Amber Heard was on the stand there were moments when I, I felt that it was genuine the tears were, were genuine but there were moments during her testimony where I think she kind of left her body and became an actress and looking at the jury too much that it, it kind of unsettled me a little bit at times and I can tell you this my in my own family my two sons are big Johnny Depp fans and they thought Johnny Depp hit a home run with the bases loaded and Amber Heard Eh, uh, maybe a Texas single. I like that analogy. Uh, let's go now to another viewer question. This one comes from Robarth Melted Cheese Home Studio, quite a username on YouTube. Um, um, we sort of chatted about this, but I think it's a question a lot of people continue to have. If the jury cannot make a decision or choice on who is right, will there be another question? What happens then? He's writing in from the Netherlands. Linda, what happens if the jury can't make a decision? Yes, and I'm so glad Jean's here because that's usually determined by state law. And in the states that I practice, in a civil case, unlike a criminal case, if the jury cannot make a decision because they have votes, and let's say they're 4-3, whichever way they're going to be, then no one has carried the burden of proof, and that's it. There's no redos, no do-overs except for appeals. But Gene can tell me if the Virginia rules, civil rules, allow a redo. Yeah. What's going to happen here if they can't make a decision? Well, if you have a hung jury, I think you can retry the case. It's just like a criminal. Uh, I had a couple of civil cases. We had hung juries. Uh, first off, hung juries are miserable. Re re <laughs> gonna I know. I'm going to put this down. You know, re it's like retrying a case is like putting on a wet bathing suit. It's awful. <laughs> and I've done several, unfortunately. But I think in Virginia you could do a re. But folks, we are not going to have a hung jury. I mean, we are going to have a verdict. Okay. Well, you. And also, can you just imagine, you know, first of all, six weeks to do this trial over the expense on both sides. I mean, what do you think their legal fees must be? I mean, these are, you know, high-profile Hollywood attorneys, big teams of attorneys. I, I, I'm, I'm speculating. I think Johnny Depp's team, I'm speculating, uh, maybe 25 to 30 million. Wow. I'm guessing on that. I'm wow. guessing. It's good to be one of his attorneys. Yeah. Um, uh, someone asks, are the jury allowed to see a playback of the witnesses giving testimony, or do they have to rely solely on the transcript? That's George Marshall from Facebook. Uh, do you know the answer to that, Gene? Um, I don't. I okay. Don't, I don't. Any, anyone want to chime in? 
Um, uh, you know, is, is it typical? Uh, obviously, we have video. We're replaying the video all day long. You know, I this video, in, yeah. though, is is a pool video that that belongs to the media. Uh, Linda, can the video? The judge wouldn't even allow the video to be shown in closing arguments. Many judges, even though, because why? We, Law and Crime Network, although we should be, are not the formal record. And some judges are purists, right. as Judge Ascarati is. You can see that from her evidence ruling. They don't want, do not allow videos to be shown. Other judges I've been in cases will allow the video of the TV to be shown in closings. They can ask for a readback, but I think she said she wasn't inclined to give a readback and she certainly didn't tell them about it. So that's where we are right now. Okay, good answer. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, much more live out here from hot and humid Fairfax, Virginia. We'll be right back. <laughs> For the record here on Law and Crime, I'm Stacey Delacat, joined by our very own Gene Rossi, live outside the Fairfax, Virginia courthouse, where jury deliberations have once again resumed in the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. This after jurors took a brief lunch break. Uh, I want to get back to some of the great questions that have been coming in, and one question comes in from Miss Marissa Ia on YouTube. Um, I don't know if this has been asked before, it has been, but why is the trial set in Fairfax, Virginia and not in California where these stars live, where some of the drama happened? We know this was sort of a, a, an international story right. with them, right. uh, but, but why are we here near your hometown of Fairfax, Virginia, Gene? Remind everyone. Uh, because there's a server that's owned by the Washington Post and there were online distributions of this article and it's in uh, Fairfax County, Virginia. Also, there's a printing operation for the Washington Post in Fairfax County, Virginia. But most important, Virginia has a very favorable, very favorable um, uh, defamation statute uh, that Johnny Depp is trying to take advantage of. And it's not the greatest for the plaintiff, but it's a little better. Plus, the uh, cases move a little faster in Fairfax County than in other jurisdictions, believe it or not. Wow. Well, as we talked about before, we know the judge in this case had set some firm time deadlines. Yes. This is when the openings, this is when the closings, this is how long you will have. Um, although that may just be her style, right? Uh, yeah. Here's another question, and Anjanette Levy is with us, too. She's restationed a little closer to the front of the courthouse now. Hey, Anjanette. Um, we have a question from Winnie on YouTube Hi. who says, have there been any questions from the jury today or anyone? Has that, you know, have we heard anything? We have heard no questions today. Uh, we would have heard about that had there been a question. Uh, Judge Ascarati, when there was the question yesterday, she brought uh, the parties into the courtroom, put it on the record. We aired it here, right here live on Law and Crime. Uh, so I think this is such a high-profile case that should there be another question, sometimes they'll handle those in chambers. They'll just, you know, huddle and deal with it. But I think because of the high-profile nature of this case, and we saw it in the Kyle Rittenhouse case as well, that all questions were put on the record, a transcript was taken, and then it was broadcast, obviously, to the public. Okay, yes, I, I agree with you. I expect we will get some kind of word. We'll hear something. Uh, again, when the question was, was brought up yesterday, 
At that time, the judge also addressed a motion that Johnny Depp's team had filed asking for some testimony basically to be dismissed. The judge said, you know what, case is already with the jury. So I think, you know, any developments we will find out about. And right now it has just been uh, quiet as they deliberate behind the closed right. doors. Um, let's talk about some other crucial testimony in the case. Johnny Depp's team called the, an expert psychologist, Dr. Curry, to testify in regards to Amber Heard's mental health. Here is what the doctor found. Work that you performed, did you form any opinions? With respect to Ms. Heard? I did. What were those opinions? I, uh, the results of Ms. Heard's evaluation supported two diagnoses, borderline personality disorder and histrionic personality disorder. What is a diagnosis? A diagnosis is a way that we essentially, that psychologists, psychiatrists, anybody in the mental health field thinks about a disorder. It helps us to communicate a set of symptoms that a person is experiencing. And along with that set of symptoms, it, it tells other professionals a lot about how those symptoms might have developed, how that person might behave, perceive the world. Um, it also drives treatment. The real purpose is to determine what sort of in interventions will be most effective for the person. So there's been a lot of criticism about this diagnosis. Um, Linda, what was your take on Dr. Curry's testimony? Well, initially I was not happy with uh, the DEP team not calling somebody who is not a board certified psychologist, although I've been advised by a number of people that in psychology it's not considered as important as it is in medical doctors where they're MDs treating diagnosis. But I think the jury is going to look at Amber Heard and see for themselves, do they agree with Dr. Curry or disagree with Dr. Curry? Do they agree with Dawn Hughes, Dr. Dawn Hughes, or disagree with him? So they're going to take whatever the psychologist just has to offer to them and they're going to observe Amber Heard or have observed Amber Heard and they're going to make their own conclusion based on their observations of her whether Dr. Curry is credible. Well, you mentioned Dr. Dawn Hughes and she's the forensic psychologist that was called by Amber Heard's team who presented a different view. Let's listen to that. At the end of that process, considering all the data, uh, did you arrive at any expert opinions? Yes, I did. All right, I'm going, I'd like to start with your main expert opinions uh, and then go through those. Can you please tell the jury what your main opinions were? Um, so like I said, there are opinions embedded within them, but the main opinion is that um, Ms. Hurd's report of intimate partner violence um, and the records that I reviewed is consistent with what we know in the field about intimate partner violence, characterized by physical violence, psychological aggression, sexual violence, coercive control, and surveillance behaviors. And what was the other uh, main opinion that you had? Um, the second main opinion was that um, that Ms. Heard demonstrated very clear psychological and traumatic effects or the exacerbation of trauma from those statements that Mr. Depp made through his attorney. There were three statements um, that we evaluated to see how they affected her emotionally and psychologically. And it was my determination that they did. And did you arrive at any diagnostic conclusions? Yes, I did. And what were those? I diagnosed uh, Ms. Heard with post-traumatic stress disorder. So Janine uh, Tamian, how, how do jurors sort of reconcile the two different testimonies from these two different doctors? Well, 
you have to remember that these are expert uh, witnesses that are being paid to put on um, the testimony that they're putting on for their side. So always there, you know, there's a, a bias there that can be inferred. But I thought with Amber's doctor, she came across as much more disorganized than Depp's doctor. She was missing notes. And then on rebuttal, Depp's doctor, um, you know, talked about how they were clearing um, evidence of like faking the, the symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder. So I think that they did a good job at kind of knocking down her testimony. But going back to Depp's uh, doctor's testimony. One of the things that's important in this particular case, like she says that she's got borderline uh, personality disorder, she's got uh, histrionic personality disorder. She talks about how she can't help herself from lying. She's you know, desperate for um, attention and approval. And that to me goes to malice. Because one of the things is it's gotta be that you knew it was false or you, you know, uh, a substantial disregard for the truth. But then when she's testifying, Amber, she's talking about my truth. I'm allowed to tell my story. So maybe this is what she actually believes because she has these disorders. And I thought that that was kind of an interesting, you know, way to look at this. I mean, could that maybe help her that they had their expert come up and say that she suffers from these disorders and, and these qualities? So, oh, go ahead, Jean. Oh, uh, is it Janine? Yes. Uh, Janine, you hit the nail on the head. I was just reading the jury instructions, and for actual malice, it's a subjective test. And the reason you hit this on the head is, Amber Heard may have all these maladies that they talk about, PTSD, uh, histrionics, and all that, but if she subjectively, subjectively thinks that she was abused, either physically, sexually, psychologically, or by, by uh, jealousy in other ways, she wins, even if she may be exaggerating, but if she subjectively believes she was a victim, there's no actual malice. That's a very good point, and I'm glad you made that clarification. It's important to, re important to remind our viewers that the actual malice is a big part of the, what the jury has to decide upon, not just were these statements defamatory, but were they made with actual malice. Uh, you know, following up about the psychologist, a user, uh, a YouTube user rather, asks, the, the Stephen Lynn 85 asks, why didn't the court use a neutral psychologist for the case? Well, is there such thing, first of all, uh, you know, as, as a neutral witness, but I mean, is this because, you know, both sides have to present their own experts? Like, could there have been anyone that would have been more neutral, Gene? Uh, <laughs> please correct me, folks. There's no such thing as a neutral expert when it's called by one side or the other. The only neutral expert is if a judge appoints somebody for an incompetence hearing or some other purpose. But whenever any side calls an expert, they obviously will pay them. They obviously will vet them. And... And you're not going to ask, you're not going to call an expert that's going to rule against you. So you're never going to get an independent, unbiased, uh, non-sympathetic expert, period. I, and I mean, the, these experts are usually paid. So that, that you know, it's not supposed to, but it, it you know, you're paid by one side. Right, right. Uh, so, so, you know, now it's it's 1.30 here in Virginia, almost 1.30. You know, we're almost halfway through the day of deliberations. And Getmo Gaming, uh, Jen Lowe asks, do you think a longer deliberation is worse for Johnny's side? Um, Linda, what's your feeling on that? I mean, as this goes on longer, is it better for one side, worse for another? No, I, I don't think we're at that point yet with 12 hours of deliberations, maybe by Friday, uh, possibly. But, we're, we, you know, the first day they were just picking a four-person, maybe getting organized. Yesterday they came back. They were 
trying to figure out what they had to what they had to do. You know, what where were the issues? How do they understand it? Today they're deliberating, uh, really, and they may be voting. We haven't heard from them. They may be taking strong votes and seeing uh, where there's some confusion. So I don't think it it hurts or helps right now at this point. And and Gene, I would say it just really quickly with regard to that issue that you brought up. Remember here though, the actual malice is not like having to do with a a newspaper. It's her, and she has to know what the truth is. She has to know whether she's assaulted with the bottle. She has to know these things. So if it's false, uh, Johnny Depp wins. I don't think we have that. You know, she's so damaged that she can't know what the truth is. I respectfully disagree. That's why we have lawyers. <laughs> All right, and with that, we're going to take another quick break. We'll be back with much more live here from the courthouse in Fairfax, Virginia. You're watching Long Crime. here in Fairfax, Virginia, the jury has reached a verdict in the Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard defamation case. We will hear that verdict at three o'clock. The judge has announced, of course, we are going to bring it to you live here on Long Crime. A viewer just wrote us a few minutes ago saying, when the verdict is reached, will it be streamed from the courtroom? Of course it will be, so keep it locked in here. You will not want to miss a second. Uh, this comes about 13 hours or so into deliberations, just after the jury took a little lunch break. Let's go over to Ann Jeanette, who's right outside the courthouse now. Jeanette, what are you hearing? You know, Stacey, just in the last few minutes during that commercial break, I got word from a reliable source that the verdict had been reached. We had been telling you uh, since last Friday that um, Judge Ascarati said there would be an hour's notice for that verdict, okay? So it is right now, um, let's look, 1.32 on my Apple Watch, 1.32, and she said it would be an hour from the top of the hour. So it's 1.32, so we go to 2 o'clock, we go up to that hour at 3 o'clock, and that is when the verdict will be read in this case. It's just about uh, 13 and a half hours, 13 hours of deliberation or so. Uh, so the jury has reached a verdict. We do not have a hung jury. Gene Rossi was saying we would get a verdict. I think some people thought there was a possibility of a hung jury, but there were a lot of legal experts I spoke with, and even an attorney earlier today uh, who stopped by the tent who I met at dinner last night, and he's been practicing here in Virginia for decades. Decades, and he told me there will be a verdict in this case. He did not believe that there would be a hung jury. Yeah, I mean, Gene thought it might yeah. take longer. Sorry, Gene, but Linda and Janine, they hit it. They said today, uh, <laughs> you know, Dan Abrams, who runs this network, he said he thought there would be a verdict today. And so here we are with a verdict halfway through the day, um, which, again, will be read live at 3 o'clock. You know, I just turned around. There's been media camped out all day. Everyone's been sort of hanging out in the shade. It's hot and yeah. humid, as we've been saying. But look, in the last few minutes since we found out there was a verdict, I have seen a lot of scrambling. Everyone's getting in position. Everyone's getting to their cameras. Uh, look, nothing's going to happen outside in the next few minutes in terms of anyone speaking, but we're going to start to see more people showing up. We know the Depp team is inside. We know some members of the herd team are inside. Um, as we've been reporting, we have heard from sources Amber Heard is going to be here for the verdict, so perhaps she is on his way. Now, Gene, how do you think things are going to change out here in the next hour and a half as we get ready for the verdict? <laughs> well, you're going to see more cars and cameras, I'll tell you that right now. Before, it was the opposite. Um, i, I got to say, it's going to be total chaos. 
chaos. I, I, I'm just thinking, what was the jury going through? And actually, 13 hours is, is, a, is a decent amount of time. I did think it would be Friday, but I'm wrong. But I was right about the verdict coming in no hung jury. I, I, I really, if I had to bet money, this is good for Johnny Depp. But we'll see. We'll Linda, see. your hot yes. take on that? Is this good for Johnny Depp 13 hours into the game here? Uh, I think so. I think it's either it's good for it's one of two things. Either good for Johnny Depp or they just said we're throwing our hands up in the air. Neither of you win. But I think it's good for Johnny Depp with that question we had yesterday about the headline. Yeah, uh, and and um, let, let's talk about Johnny Depp for a second because we've also been opining, is he going to stay in the UK and perform? Is he going to be back? I'm going to take a guess and say he's probably not going to be here, and that's okay. The judge said the defendants didn't have to be present for this, you know, but my, my guess is he was on stage last night once again with Jeff Beck at the Royal Al, uh, Royal Albert right. Hall. Uh, we know Jeff Beck has more shows coming up. Uh, I saw a bunch of stuff on Twitter, some paparazzi photos of him leaving a hotel today, you know, with the time difference with the time travel, even with the private jet. I'm going to guess he's not going to be here, but we just don't know for <laughs> yeah. sure. And Jeanette, yeah. do you want to weigh in? You know, um, in my heart of hearts, uh, here's the deal. So I think it's not a great look if he's not here. He did the show last night at Royal Albert Hall. Johnny Depp, I would assume, flies privately. I think we heard testimony to that effect, um, that he flies on private jets. And I did some kind of, like, internet sleuthing about private jets and the flights from London to D.C. the other night. So, in theory, he could have taken a private jet last night after the show and remember there's a five hour time difference between Virginia and London and he could take that jet and then be back and go back uh, obviously he wouldn't know when the verdict was going to happen but he could theoretically take a jet here get here in between six and seven hours be here for a verdict and then uh, get back on it and get back to the UK for the um, Thursday night show with Jeff Beck which is scheduled so uh, yeah. To our knowledge, I mean, we have no clue if Johnny Depp is coming, so... Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the verdict could have come yesterday, and he's like, I'm staying for the show. So, I mean, yeah, we, you know, we don't know for sure. Exactly. I'm sure there are going to be some fans starting to congregate, people hoping maybe he's back to catch a glimpse. Um, but, you know, we talked about this earlier, and, and let me bring it back, Linda and Janine. I mean, at this point, it doesn't matter if he's here, because who is it going to look bad for? The jury's already made their decision, and it is what it is at this point. Right. Uh, yeah, the jury the jury's made a decision. They don't know he's not going to be there. Uh, in many civil cases, the, the client is not there. And let me tell you, if he wins, you know what's going to happen. He is going to have a private party for the jurors that no one will know about uh, except for the jurors. <laughs> That's what will happen uh, if he wins. Even if, he, even if no one wins, he may do that. Um, <laughs> that's interesting. You know, if there's a private party for the jurors, I hope someone tips us <laughs> off. We at least get some photos from inside or something. I'd like to know, you know, what they're serving. Is it going to be a Pirates of the Caribbean theme or is it going to be an alpaca theme, right? I mean, who knows at this point? Scissor hands. Are the alpacas going to be back outside <laughs> oh here today? Uh, so many questions. Um, Janine, uh, you too had predicted today would be a verdict. Do you agree this is good for Depp's team? I think it's going to be good for Johnny Depp's team, but I just wanted to go back and say, even though the jury has made their decision and they didn't know that Depp wasn't actually here to hear the verdict, and even though the judge said that neither party had to be here for the verdict, this was also tried, you know, 
in the court of public opinion. He stands every day. And I kind of feel like it's, I'm, I'm with Angelette. Angelette, it's, it's a bad look not to show up for the verdict. You, you told us that this was so important to you that your life was destroyed. I feel like he should have been here for the verdict. Yeah. Um, well, you know, court of public opinion, as we said, certainly a lot of his fans online supporting him, saying, look, he's off doing his passion, playing music. He has every right to play uh, these concerts in the UK, whether they were planned or not. They were reported uh, as a surprise appearance. Uh, let, let's take some other some other questions from our viewers right now. Uh, this question almost isn't relevant anymore uh, because we have a verdict. But for those who don't know, who are not legal experts like all of our experts are, Amy Roche asks, what's a hung jury, Gene? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> a hung jury usually applies to criminal cases. And um, in a criminal case, there are 12 jurors. You need unanimous for guilty or not guilty. Hung is when you have 11 to 1, uh, 10 to 2. I've had 6 to 6. Uh, I've had several hung juries. It means they can't decide even after a long period of deliberation. And you have to declare a mistrial and try it again in a criminal context. Okay, and obviously that didn't happen here. And if they had been hung, right. the judge could have said to them, yep. go back and keep talking it over. But, um, you know, I think it's interesting because really from watching various media outlets, from talking to various, uh, to, 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 to many of our guests, a lot of people sort of thought it would be today, halfway through the week after the holiday weekend, although no one has any crystal ball and it's reading tea leaves. You know, we keep using these, these same phrases. Uh, but but for anyone who may be tuning in right now, I just want to restate again that just about uh, a little more than 10 minutes ago, we did hear that the jury has reached a verdict. The judge says it will be read at the top of the hour at 3 o'clock. All along, she has said that would be the plan. If the jury reached a verdict, she would then have it read at the top of the following hour, and that's to give all of the key players time to get here, and that potentially includes Amber Heard. Do you expect Amber Heard will be here? I think she may be here, and here's why. Um, right now, regardless of the verdict, Johnny Depp has won. If he gets a verdict, great. If he doesn't, he's won. When he got that crowd yelling and screaming for him in London on the two nights, that said it all. But if Amber Heard comes here, and if she wins, great. But if she loses, she will show something that he didn't show. And I agree with everybody else. It's a bad look for Johnny Depp to be in London, but it's an insult. It's an insult to the taxpayers of Fairfax County and the jurors and the court staff who put up with this for six weeks. It really is bad. Um, you know, that, that's a good point. And here, here's another question. We, we've talked about this over the last few days. What are the possible iterations of a verdict? Because there were uh, multiple questions that need to be answered, multiple statements from each side. Um, is there any chance that the jury finds neither side defamed the other? Uh, yes, because it's clear and convincing, and they could conclude that Depp did not meet his burden, clear and convincing, on the three false statements alleged, and she didn't either. Also, they could find that one of the three for each side was defamatory, and then you get the damages. You could see uh, de minimis damages awarded to one or both sides just as a statement that, you know what? You came here, you took up our time for five weeks, you both have bad reputations, I'm going to give you a diminutive amount. That's possible. Janine, yeah, yeah, do you I'm see like, any scenario in which, like you know, jurors found that basically found against both sides, neither one defamed the other? 
I don't think that that's going to be the case here. I really do think it's going to go for Johnny Depp. I think uh, that's what we're going to end up seeing. I mean, it's possible, but I just don't think it's likely. Yeah. Uh, you know, another question has to do with the judgment, right? The, the, the juror has, jury, jur, jurors, jury has to consider, had to consider how much money to award either side. Yeah. And these are huge numbers, 50 million, 100 million. We know in Amber Heard's attorney's closing arguments, yes. uh, Elaine Bredhoff said, look, we put $100 million because that's two times what Deb is asking for. We don't expect that, you know, but do you think that whoever the jury has found in favor, there'll be a real significant number here. I mean, these are celebrities, as we've talked about, they've certainly run up real uh, huge legal bills, and certainly uh, most would argue Johnny Depp, you know, has a, a much greater net worth probably, you know, than, yeah. than Amber Heard, who's, who's a newer celebrity. Uh, but you think we're going to see any real significant monetary judgments, Gene? Um, I... <laughs> I think it's a 50-50 chance. I think one comment in closing, and I hate to be a Monday morning quarterback, when, when uh, the, the attorney for Heard said, we put in $100 million, but we really don't want that amount. Okay, you put up an expert to try and prove your damages, and now you're telling me that you asked for $100 million, but you really didn't want that. That wasn't a good look. Um, but for, for Johnny Depp, I think uh, his expert and the data he presented to the jury, if they find that the defamation, the defamatory statement caused that amount, I think he could get that. It's possible. And when I say possible, it doesn't mean it's highly likely or likely. It's, it's possible. Uh, anything is possible, you know, right? It would, and it's interesting because Jesse agreed with you on that point that Bretta Hofstra said, we don't really want $100 million. No. But on the other hand, you know, people are accusing Amber of being money hungry and just out for money and all of this. Uh, Janine, what do you think? What, what kind of money could we see awarded here, if any? Well, I think that you could also see a really significant amount above and beyond because remember, in this case, the jury can award punitive damages. And I go back to if, if Depp is the prevailer here, um, I go back to that tape of Amber laughing at him and taunting him and the tape of her saying, you know, go to a court, go to a jury, see if they believe you. And, you know, this jury may decide that they want to give punitive damages. Um, again, just uh, what we will find out when the, the, the verdict is read is the judge will ask the foreperson how they decided on each count and then I, I you know, and what, what damages should be awarded. So that will all come out in due time, just about three o'clock. I want to go back to Anjanette for a minute. She's standing a little closer to the courthouse than we are right now. What are you seeing in terms of activity? As I mentioned, I know the media has certainly stood up to attention. Everyone's getting ready. What's going on at the front of the courthouse now, Anjanette? <laughs> Well, Stacey, um, I'm, I'm kind of over here closer to the, the media action, as you would. You know, we call this Studio B over here, Tent B. Um, I, when I kind of started saying to you guys, verdict at 3 p.m., verdict at 3 p.m., everybody started looking at me like I was um, had lost my mind. Um, but uh, they, I think, kind of realized I might know what I'm talking about. But anyway, I, and I say that very politely. They just were like, what, what? Uh, but everybody's gathering over there now. Um, we had, I, I forgot to tweet this video earlier today, but the, you know, we've got the setup. We, this is what we do, right? When big cases happen, we get a podium set up. We wait for everybody to come out to do the post-verdict press conferences. This is what we do. So uh, we hurry up and we wait, and that's what we've been doing. So everybody who was hurrying up and waiting hurried up and, and sprang into their positions. <laughs> So everybody's ready to go. They're going to wait. 
Um, and I just want to let you know, Stacey, Jean, uh, all our viewers out there, uh, I just got word from a source close to Johnny Depp due to previously scheduled work commitments made before the trial. Mr. Depp will not physically be present for today's 3 p.m. verdict and will be watching from the United Kingdom. So, of course, uh, he has a lot to gain here. Uh, he has, I think, just a little bit to lose. Uh, because Gene has uh, said, and I think we've been saying for a couple of weeks now, he's won in the court of public opinion. So he will be watching live from the uh, United Kingdom. All right, Anjanette, that's a big development. So thank you for confirming that because obviously we've been opining uh, and speculating yeah. back on, and forth on this. Is it possible he hopped a jet? But as you just heard, Anjanette Levy report from a source close to the Depp team due to a previous commitment he has over there, presumably to play in these shows with Jeff Beck. He will not be here when the verdict is read. He is going to be watching it from the UK. Um, we'll see if we get any kind of reaction from him. I, I don't know. Anything is possible in this kind of crazy trial we have yeah. seen on unfold in the last six weeks. I want to go down to another viewer question. We were just talking about the monetary damages and what's potentially at stake here. And Cameron Rogers on YouTube, this is a question from the UK, what happens if the person who loses the case doesn't have the money they're being sued for? So <laughs> let's say the jury finds in favor of Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, they say you owe him $50 million. She doesn't have $50 million. What, what happens then, Gene? Uh, I worked for the Department of Justice doing civil tax cases and here's what happens. You get a money judgment, and that money judgment haunts you for the rest of your life. Whatever property she gets in the future, they can file liens, they can get garnishments. It's going to follow either Mr. Depp or Ms. Heard for the rest of their life, that money judgment, until it's satisfied. Um, it doesn't seem like that would be, no, you know, a good no, thing. No. And, 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 you know, there's been so much speculation. Will either of the careers rebound? Whoever loses, is their career over? I mean, really, it's more of a question for, right. like, a, uh, a a PR person or an image consultant. I mean, we, we, we don't, you know, we can't really say for sure. But I think, you know, to your point, many people have said that Johnny Depp has, has won in the court of public opinion, yeah. that this is going to probably be um, pretty good for his, his career, whether he lost the last Pirates of the Caribbean uh, movie or not. Uh, let's go to another question. And, and by the way, you know, um, I just want to remind our viewers, because this question was from the UK, so many of our questions are coming from Norway, from all over, so many international viewers watching this coverage live, so much international interest that, remember, all of this media behind us, yeah, long crimes here, of course, all of the American networks are here, the local news is here, but a lot of these cameras that are lined up outside and have been here the whole trial are from all over the world. There are multiple crews from the UK, there are crews from Germany, I mean, there has been so much interest. Everyone has descended because, of course, the verdict is, is arguably, you know, the biggest part of the trial. Um, so that's part of the reason it's so crowded is that there are so many people from all over the world that have gathered here to watch this all unfold and see how it all ends. Um, I'm going to take another question now. Um, stand by. Um, Okay, again, we did answer this one. Several people watch. Will we watch the verdict reading live from inside the courtroom? And yes, we will at 3 o'clock. As soon as everyone is back in that courtroom, the judge will be back inside. The lawyers will be back inside. She will call the jury inside. She will call on the jury foreperson. Um, and then she will say, how did you find on, on this count, on this count, on this count? And what are the damages? Uh, Linda, are you back with us now in the studio? 
Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought, you know what? I got so many texts and tweets coming in here. <laughs> I was just going to see what Linda thought about, you know, the monetary uh, rewards here at this point. Um, so here we are, 150. We got about an hour and 10 minutes. Um, and Jeanette, if you're still with us over there, having been here, you know, for the yes. duration of the trial, seeing all of the fans, all of the onlookers who came on already, I can see a few people coming up just taking pictures of us here. Are you expecting that we're going to see a lot of spectators right. start packing the outside of the courthouse? You know, it's quite possible, but you have to keep in mind, Stacy. and I'm sorry, I'm trying to uh, answer people's tweets uh, as I'm talking to you about where they can watch the verdict. Of course, you can watch it, uh, and if you're watching right now, on our YouTube channel live, uh, just go to YouTube and look for the Law and Crime Network. Uh, millions of people have been watching from around the world uh, throughout the trial. Um, but I think that you will see some local Johnny Depp fans appearing here. Uh, many of them left. Uh, many of them left last Friday. I spoke with several of them. Um, I've met a woman who came here for the entire six weeks from Portugal. Uh, imagine that. I, not, I met another woman who um, named Sharon from the UK. Very lovely. Uh, we had the uh, we had just the best conversation, and she had told me she was I think in California on holiday, as she said, and she extended it so she could come to the trial here in Virginia. And so I think she did so for two weeks, and she was going to go back to the UK. Uh, so I think a lot of these people have already left. Uh, they're gone, and so they'll just have to watch online. Um, because there were so many people who traveled here, not only from other countries, but from other states. And there were people, actually, that we met who really made almost day trips out of this. Um, they, I met a woman who flew in from Chicago for the day just because she wanted to go around the back of the courthouse and, and yell at Johnny Depp, to, you know, to show support. When I say yell, you know, cheer, hoot and holler or whatever. Um, so that... That, we had a lot of that. We had people coming up from Florida, North Carolina, West Virginia. I think I met somebody also from California at one point. So there were people who flocked to this area. There was actually this one woman and her daughter. They came from Georgia. I interviewed them one morning. I was standing back there with them. And when Johnny Depp's vehicle came in, it was uh, interesting to me. She had brought something, I think a doll of sorts, that she had made for him. And she came from Dalton, Georgia. Uh, and she ran up to the vehicle and she handed, I believe, the doll to him. And then she came back and she literally was in tears, um, in tears. And I interviewed her and she said she just felt a bond with him and a closeness. And she said they shared um, some things or she felt they shared some shared experiences. And I think I know what she meant. She didn't go into a lot of detail, but I can uh, only imagine just based on her reaction. So it meant a lot to her to be able to give him that, that doll. Yeah, well, <laughs> listen, you, you see amazing things, and I'm not going to say that this is the same at all as the Michael Jackson molestation trial, but I remember being a lot younger and watching on TV, all the fans out there showing up with all kinds of stuff from every day. This has not been on the same scale as that nearly, but you have seen a lot of fans showing up with gifts, with cards, with all kinds of things. Um, Anjanette, thank you for your reporting. We know you need to get resituated. You're going to be heading inside the courtroom. You're going to be there to get all the reaction as soon as the verdict is read. Um, so we're going to let you go and get ready for that. Um, someone did ask um, if TMZ is here. Uh, my guess is yes. TMZ is everywhere. They've got photographers any, everywhere. But you know what? Watch us. Here's another good um, question. Um, 
And this comes from a user on Twitch, okay? They said, since the jury wasn't sequestered, was there any effort to shield them from all the fans and signs outside the courthouse to prevent that swaying their deliberations? Um, Gene? You know, I'm, I'm troubled that when some of the jurors or all the jurors left each day, they would see the legions of Johnny Depp fans and conclude that there weren't a lot of Amber Heard fans. I hope that didn't affect their deliberations. I hope it did not. But they did probably see that because they, they're human beings. They had to drive through or walk through it all. And um, if they walked through it, they probably heard and saw the signs. I, I really hope it didn't affect their verdict and deliberations. I mean, Janine, do you have a feeling on that, knowing sort of how large the crowd swelled to on some days out here, the jurors, you know, hard, hard, hard to miss the fans a lot of the days. Do you think um, that that could have played any part in swaying anyone? Well, I'm with Jean, and I certainly hope not. It's hard when you're seeing all these signs and, you know, all these fans for Johnny Depp. You have a lot of, you know, really terrible signs towards Amber Heard, some really vicious things on them. Um, I'm hoping, you know, that this jury, like, you know, what we hope for every jury, took their job very seriously and was not swayed by any of that. Just listen to what the evidence was, the testimony was, and made their decisions based on that and not the circus that was outside. Yeah, well, let's certainly hope so. Yeah. Um, so, again, you know, reminding all of our viewers here, we've got about an hour and five minutes now until the um, jury is read. We're certainly seeing more cars kind of pull into the parking lot. A few more people show up. Oh, yeah. Media remains ready to go outside for anything that's going to happen. Here's a question from YouTube. Uh, can the jury award more than the $50 million <laughs> asked by Johnny? Oh, I mean... <laughs> absolutely. That's just the floor. It's not the ceiling. They could go crazy. Absolutely. It's a, as I say, I'm not joking. It's a possibility that Amber could get more than 100 million. I doubt it. Uh, or Johnny could get more than 50 million. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be either amount for either side. That's just a guess. Uh, Linda Kenny Bodden's back with us in the studio. Linda, here's another question for you from Cora's at her corner on YouTube. If Amber loses the case, can she face charges of perjury? There's been a lot of talk on the internet about this. Is that a possibility? You know, I've answered that, Stacey, a number of times. In civil cases, it's really hard. Prosecutors really do not like to charge people for perjury. I would say to you, the only exception would be this. If there's direct evidence that she intentionally falsified evidence that could go into court, then they may take a look if, like, for instance, the judge referred her or something like that. But, but generally, in civil cases, they tend to look away. And that, quite frankly, is why you heard the question from Mr. Rottenborn to the expert for Johnny Depp. Do you have any information, any evidence that Amber Heard intentionally doctored any photographs? And he said no. Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting. You know, I, I, I highly doubt we're going to see anything, you know, after this against Amber either. Um, you know, there, there's, you know, this is a case that has sort of taken the Internet by storm and not just the platforms we're used to, you know, dealing with on trials like Twitter, but this has been huge on TikTok all over. I mean, people chiming in, giving their takes on this trial. Um, we've been talking about what potential award money is at stake or isn't at stake here. Uh, one question from Play Live Repeat on YouTube. What if Johnny doesn't want the money from Amber? Can he deny the awarded amount? I feel like Johnny just wants to clear his name and expose the true Amber Heard. Uh, Janine, let me give you that question. Could Johnny Depp say, I don't want the money? Well, I, I don't think that that's 
what's going to happen. Johnny Depp's not going to say that he doesn't want the money. But again, Amber Heard doesn't have the ability to pay it. So yes, he went for this large judgment. And really what his deep down concern was, was to get his story out. You know, he made uh, a comment, you know, something that I've been holding on my back for all these years. I finally get to tell my story. So ultimately, if he is vindicated here, that's a reward enough for him. Um, and again, I don't think she's going to be able to pay it. So then he's going to have to get a money judgment. He's going to have to perfect it. He'd have to lean different properties. I don't think he gets paid, but I do think that he will be awarded a very large judgment. All right, Janina Tavian, trial attorney, thanks so much for your input on this. Jean, thanks for bearing the, the, the heat and humidity out here with me. Before we go, I want to answer, you know, I, I want to give the viewers a recap of everything uh, that's going on out here. In just about an hour, at 3 o'clock, the verdict in the Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard defamation case will be read live. Of course, as soon as we have a picture from the courtroom, we are going to be bringing that to you. And Jeanette is on her way inside to get set up. In addition, uh, sources have told us Amber Heard will be here when the verdict is read. However, Anne Jeanette has confirmed Johnny Depp is not going to be there. According to sources, uh, according to members of his publicity team, he had prior commitments in the UK. He will be watching the verdict come in from the UK. We know he has been performing for the last three nights alongside Jeff Beck. There are more concerts coming up. He will not be back here to hear the verdict read. He will be watching from the UK. Again, 3 o'clock Eastern Time, the verdict to be read live here in Fairfax, Virginia. You won't want to miss a second of it. We have camera crews spread out here. We are on top of everything. We will be bringing you interviews live as they happen after the verdict is read. So stick with us. You won't want to miss a thing. I'm going to throw it back inside to the air-conditioned studio where Linda <laughs> Kenny Bodden is going to steer you for the next few minutes while we get set up on the ground here to bring you everything you need to know as soon as that verdict is read. Linda. Uh, thank you, Stacy, and for uh, taking uh, one for the team, so to speak, uh, sitting out there in front of that courthouse with Jean in the last two days in that uh, heat and humidity. Uh, you're just fabulous and bringing to our viewers all of what is happening behind you. Thank you so very much. All right, as you know, we have a verdict in the case of Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard. And Amber Heard versus Johnny Depp, recall that he is suing her for $50 million and she is suing him for $100 million. He said that he was called a person who was uh, a sexual abuser, sexually violent to her. A number of statements made in an op-ed from the Washington Post op-ed that she had printed in December 2018. And it finally came to trial. And you, our viewers, have been watching our trial for the last as many weeks, both in testimony. So let me just tell you that we do have uh, some clips we want to play to you. And then we'll come back to answer more of your questions and have our expert commentators discuss what's happening on the ground as uh, Stacy and Anjanette actually set up for that verdict. So let me tell you, you know, the ACLU was the one who helped Amber Heard. As a matter of fact, the testimony was they essentially wrote that op-ed piece and she may have changed some things. She put her imprimatur on it. Uh, she actually retweeted the headline that she said she didn't write uh, on her uh, account, her social media accounts with some more commentary. And they are now seeking, they are now seeking over $80,000 from Johnny Depp because they say they had to do redactions on the documents he needed for his trial. So at trial, we heard a deposition testimony. It was Terrence Doherty. He was the general counsel of the ACLU. Let's listen to what he told the jury, and then we'll chat. And isn't it true that Ms. Heard's advisors initially revised the draft to remove 
any reference to Ms. Hurd's marriage or divorce? I recall a number of email communications back and forth among um, ACLU personnel and Ms. Hurd's attorneys where they were um, suggesting edits to the op-ed relating to um, matters covered in the MDA. And then is it also true that there were some at the ACLU who expressed their belief that excising those references to her marriage and divorce from Johnny Depp made the op-ed less impactful, correct? Um, it is correct, that is correct. But ultimately, based on those voices, Ms. Hurd pushed to get that excised material backed into the op-ed so it could be more impactful, true? That's not my understanding. My understanding is that the language that wound up in the final op-ed piece was very different from the original language that Robin included in the op-ed after um, having uh, spoken with Amber about her personal experiences. And how was it different? Um, it was, it, it did not refer directly to um, Ms. Hurd's relationship with, um, with Johnny Depp. And Amber's referencing her own direct personal experience and her marriage to Johnny Depp makes it a stronger product, correct? I think that um, the Amber's um, contributions to the, you know, the, the portion of the op-ed that talks about personal experiences is part of what um, uh, informed the view that this was a strong op-ed and the importance of the women's rights issues referred to in the op-ed in that some of them were very timely women's rights issues um, before Congress. Well, so Janina Tainim, let's talk to you about some of the questions from our viewers, and they're always great. So Liana Dace from YouTube, okay, she said, do you think Johnny Depp will go live from his location so that we would be able to see him during the reading of the verdict? As we know, uh, we had a statement from his team that he will be watching the verdict from over where he is across the pond. So what do you think about him going live? Well, I hope he's not going to go live. I think that that would make it kind of a circus. He's going to be viewing it from the UK. We know that. But again, he's not in the courtroom and there's no reason for him to be, I don't know if she means like a Facebook live or Instagram live or one of those things. But to me, that would be, you know, not in good taste. And Janine, you are my expert, and you and I know that uh, we have agreed a lot on this case. So let me have you answer the next question. That's Beth Ann Allen from YouTube. She said, "What would happen if either side wanted to wanted to appeal the verdict? Does it happen straight away? Is there a different jury if it gets reversed? Does it go to a different state? Basically, what happens? Can you explain the process?" Well, first of all, you're going to have to have grounds to appeal. And so assuming one side or the other has, you know, whoever decides to do this, that they've got grounds to appeal, they'll have a period of time in which they've got to file the appeal. And then really, it's going to go to another judge to see if there is an issue with how this judge ruled in certain things. You know what I mean? And I don't really, off the top of my head, unless you can think of, Linda, I really can't think of much that was appealable. I mean, I think this judge was a really 
um, good judge. She was really on point. Um, I think the sidebars were distracting to us, you know, but other than that, I think, you know, she did a really good job with her rulings. And then we have another question from Mariana on YouTube. Uh, what time is the verdict? And I will answer that for you, Mariana. The verdict will be announced at 3 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Stay right here on this network, on this channel, and we will bring it to you live. Okay. So why don't we watch a little bit of uh, Amber Heard under cross-examination. And let me tell you, uh, it actually, it's, it's Terrence Doherty, a little more of Terrence Doherty under cross-examination. We just saw him testify on his direct. But on cross, he was questioned about the payments and the pledges that Amber Heard made to the ACLU, which is the American Civil Liberties uh, Union. Let me play that for you now. This includes an email from Mr. Romero to Jonathan Moresco, uh, and then Mr. Moresco to Mr. Romero with a copy to Mike Weir. Um, and it says here, hi, Anthony, if you get a chance on Sunday, can you please check in with Amber on her next pledge payment? She has a balance of $2.55 on her 350000 10-year pledge. Below is a summary of her other payments. Do you see that? I do. Okay. And so this has the 500,000 and the 350,000 and the 100,000 on it, correct? Correct. Okay. And that was September 28, 2018. I'm going to show you what has been marked as defendant's exhibit number 15. It's page stamp 2595, and I'm going to make it larger. And if I can show you, we have an email from Mr. Romero saying, is there anything I can do to help facilitate the pledge payment of 350000 um, And it's dated November 27, 2018. Do you see that? I do. All right. And then Amber comes back on 1129 and says, hang on, I'll be right with you. You see that? Correct. Yeah, I see it. Okay, and then the $350,000 payment came in on December 11, 2018, correct? Correct. All right, and that made it a total of, what, $1.3 million, we've decided, right? What was the total amount of the donations after the 12-11-2018 that were made towards Ms. Hurd's $3.5 million pledge to ACMU? 1.3 million. All right. Now, if Ms. Herb had just given 350,000 each year, what would the amount have been as of December 2018? 1,550,000. It would be 350,000, 350,000, 350,000. So that's nine, uh, 1,050,000. Okay. And so she was effectively 250000 ahead of that as of December 2018, correct? Objection. And as you know, that was Terrence Doherty uh, talking about the pledges made by Amber Heard to uh, his organization, their organization, the ACLU, which does terrific work. Uh, but most of that was not received, most of the money. But let me bring Janina Tamian back in to answer your questions because you, as you know, uh, are staying with us because we have a verdict at 3 p.m. today in the case of Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard and Amber Heard versus Johnny Depp. Who will win? 
Well, I'm not going to ask Janine that question, but I will ask her a question from Everly Worth on YouTube. She asked, or he asked, does the fact that Depp and Heard are actors drastically affect the this case? Janine. Well, I, I definitely think it did because, again, you know, you don't know what to believe. Are they acting up there? I mean, he's an Oscar-nominated actor. And then also because of the circus that's outside that the jurors had to walk through with their different fan bases. And then additionally, because it became a trial that took place in two places. So it's, it's the trial in the courtroom and then the trial of public opinion that's been, like, all over every type of social media. Um, it's been on national news. We're covering it. So it really kind of got... Uh, really, really big because of the players that were involved and because of their celebrity status. And let me follow up uh, this with you, Janine, to a fabulous question, another fabulous, they're all fabulous questions as we wait <laughs> for the verdict that will occur at 3 p.m. right here. Don't change us. Don't go off uh, any station you're watching that has a long crime network. <laughs> it's from Sherry Brayton from Facebook. Can Johnny Depp, if he wins, request Amber Heard pay off the rest of the money to the charities she pledged to? I mean, I don't think that he can really be getting into that. That was her pledge that she made. He's got the, you know, he's already paid her off, from my understanding. So I don't think that he can do anything with regard to that. Um, I also think going back to that, though, that was a really bad part for Amber Heard because her trying to use the words pledge and donate interchangeably and the way, the way that she was um, examined by Camille, I thought really, really was detrimental to her. It seems like, you know, she's hiding something. You know, there was the clip of her on some uh, UK television show where she's like, I donated all of it. It really came across as a bad look. And I'll tell you what, the ACLU to me came across as a bad look with, with all the dealings and the, the writing of the op-ed and the emails that were sent. So I kind of think that you know, this particular testimony regarding those donations was really, really damning. Yeah, especially since they're important donations. But Janine, we have more questions for you. We're putting you to work this afternoon as we mm -hmm. wait for the verdict in the case of Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard and Amber Heard versus Johnny Depp. Who will win if either of them? Only here at the Long Crime Network will you find out if you keep following us. Okay, let me go to the next question. And this is from Imperial Crowns. Question on the appeals process. Whoever wins or not, if appealed, when does the appeal process start? If money is awarded in the verdict, when does that begin, especially if appealed? In other words, when can you collect that if there is an appeal? So it's going to begin, it's going to depend on Virginia statute, and I'm not exactly sure what the court rules are there. Um, I'm not sure if you know, Linda, but I was not uh, sure on that. Okay, and I have one more question for you, Janine. Okay, how long can the losing party appeal? It's from Courtney Wasworth, by the way, on YouTube. How long can the losing party appeal after the verdict? And if they appeal, it's kind of similar to the other question, Janine. If they appeal, how long until it goes back to court? Great so question. again, I mean, I mean, again, you sometimes will have attorneys that kind of are. Um, assuming that they're going to lose and they may have an appeal readily readily drafted you know i think you saw that with like harvey weinstein you saw different cases where the attorneys are prepared so they can file an appeal right away but again they need to have grounds to appeal and then the other thing that's interesting about this case is that you know who wants to deal with this all over again these six weeks i mean amber heard has said that you know she just wants her life back johnny depp has said that he just wanted to get his story out and get everything off his back you know, as much as we've all been entertained by this, these are two people that were once in love and had, you know, a relationship. And I don't think that they want to relive this anymore. I don't think I personally don't want to relive it. But I mean, it was 
a lot of people being entertained by it, but it's a serious matter. And it's a very serious matter, matter, and families are affected, and a lot of people have been affected. We even saw that emotion uh, when we watched people testify in that courtroom in Virginia. Now, let me just tell you again, we do have a verdict here at the Long Crime Network in the matter of Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard. And Amber Heard versus Johnny Depp, it will be announced, the court said, Judge Penny Escarate, at 3 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Stay right here, and you won't miss it, because we will make sure you, the viewer who's been watching us for many, many weeks, uh, have it first. Okay, uh, we're going to look at another clip from the trial to bring you back. It, it may seem like this happened a long time ago, but Amber Heard actually called an entertainment consultant on her side, another expert, more expert testimony, to testify about her career and how it would have taken off, the trajectory of it, right? And where it could have gone if it were not for Johnny Depp and Amber Heard says his attorney, Adam Waldman, who they said had statements, uh, that Adam Waldman had statements on social media that torpedoed her career and sought out to set her in a track where she could not recover both economically or in the movie industry. So why don't we listen to Katherine Arnold. Did Amber have a contract for Aquaman 1? Yes. How much was she paid for Aquaman 1? Aquaman 1, she was paid $2 million. Okay. And if and did that same contract uh, provide for if she was in Aquaman 2? I'm sorry, I apologize. Aquaman 1, I believe she got $1 million. Aquaman 2, she was supposed to get $2 million. I apologize, the numbers, there were a lot of numbers in that one contract. So Aquaman 1, it was $1 million. Aquaman 2, it was going to be $2 million. All right. Now, based on your experience uh, and knowledge in the industry, how much would Amber Heard have been able to negotiate uh, her contract but for the Depp Waldman statements? For Aquaman 2, I'm asking. Right. Well, as you can see from Mr. Momo's contract that went up exponentially, up to $15 million. Uh, Ms. Heard, I don't know if she would have gotten $15 million for the movie, but she certainly could have increased it by $1 or $2 million or even doubled it. So if it was two, it could have been four or even five or six, depending on the enthusiasm if it had just rolled from Aquaman 1 to Aquaman 2 without any of this negativity that was created by the, Walman, the Depp Wallman statements. What if anything happened to Amber's role in Aquaman 2 after the Depp Waldman statements? It was diminished. Where there is an expert for one side, you could guarantee that there would be an expert for another side. So why don't we listen to Johnny Depp's expert, Richard Marks, who testified in response to Ms. Arnold's testimony. Are you aware that Ms. Arnold's opined that but for the alleged defamatory statements by Mr. Waldman, Ms. Heard would have earned $45 million in the last 18 months and then the next three to five years? Yes, I am. Um, I'd like to address some of the components of that um, one by one with you, Mr. Marks. Are you familiar with her testimony that Ms. Heard would continue to make films um, for approximately $4 million each following Aquaman 2? Yes. Do you agree with that testimony? No. Why not? Well, again, in Aquaman 2, uh, Amber Heard has already had this huge increase. She worked on Aquaman 2 for $2 million. What uh, Ms. Arnold is saying is, oh, she should have worked on it for four million, uh, which I disagree with, and I, I don't. I think there's there is reasons to negotiate. They weren't here in this case, so the four million I have a disagreement with. But even if it was at four million, or if it was at two million, the the four or five movies that. 
Miss Heard might get might be independent movies. They may, might be standalone studio movies. They might be passion projects. Every actor has a, has you know, a, a quiver full of quotes, and their highest quote is for the superhero um, fantasy uh, a journey. Uh, their lowest quote might be for the independent passion project, where they'll they'll defer their salary and almost take nothing to work just sag minimum uh, and uh, to assume that she'd get four or five more movies at this her last fantasy quote would be to assume that those are also those type of movies playing another character and uh, Miss Arnold says that, that uh, Miss Hurd's breakout moment her, her star is born moment is Christmas 2018. If that's true, and I don't think it's true, those moments no, don't normally happen to supporting cast, but if it's true, as a deal maker, you would expect, if you represent a producer's production companies, to flock in to take advantage of this hot star and to sign them up. And we have from Christmas 2018 to spring 20, where there, there is none of this activity. The, the stars born phenomena didn't happen. Uh, Miss Heard starred in one series of eight episodes, and she earned a healthy fee, $200,000 an episode. But that's five times less than the million uh, Miss Arnold is tossing out supposedly based on Jason Momoa's quote, she doesn't prove it or, or give us facts, and Jason Momoa is not a comparable actor. Let me tell you, we have a verdict in the Johnny Depp Amber Heard case, and the question from Kaylee B, I'm going to answer that to you, she's from YouTube, he's from YouTube, will you take us live to the courtroom while the verdict is read? You can count on it, Kaylee B. We will absolutely hear the Long Crime Network be live in that courtroom. Our own Stacey Delacott and Anjanette Levy will be there. Uh, they will be monitoring what's happening, and we will bring it to you live streaming. So don't change us. Don't turn away from us. We're the Long Crime Network, and we will be there for you. Okay, so let me introduce one of my new guests uh, who will join uh, Janina Tamia here today. This is Nima Haddadi. He's a criminal defense attorney and former cross prosecutor. So Nima, I'm going to put you on the hot seat. Okay, these are from our viewers, and they're great questions. Teresita Ong from Facebook asks, "Does the court charge docket fees? If so, how much is the percentage for the claim? If they charge a percentage, or do they charge a set fee for everyone, so everyone has access to the court?" I think it's a set fee. Um, more than that, I don't know, but I, I'm pretty confident they charge set fee. A set fee, and that's hopefully so that everyone could have access to the court. However, if there's a collection charge, then there would be a fee on a percentage basis if the money had to be collected and not paid willingly. Okay, so another question for you, Nima. This is from uh, Brittany Berardi from YouTube. Can they challenge, meaning the parties, can they challenge the juror's decision based on bias? Now, from either side, is that a possibility? No. Um, I think at the end of the day, everyone wants, after this verdict, once it comes out, everyone wants to be done with this. I think Johnny Depp got what he wanted. Uh, he got a trial set out in public. He redeemed his career, it seems like. Uh, 
Amber Heard, I think she wants this to be done as well. I think this will be the last we ever hear of this. Okay, so let me go to Moira Hewitt from YouTube. Uh, Janine, let me go to you on this because I know you know the answer to this because you've been with me while we were discussing it. Uh, Johnny's here in the UK. Miss Hewitt's obviously in the UK. Uh, is Amber in court? So rumor has it that Amber is going to be in court today. And I think that's also why the judge um, gave us the notice of how she was going to do the actual verdict. So what she had said was, once we know that there's a verdict, it'll go to the next top of the hour and one hour from there, which allows Amber Heard to get back to the courthouse. So we know Johnny's going to watch live from the UK, but I have a feeling that Amber Heard will be in the courthouse. And let's go back to you, Nima Haddadi. Okay, you can see these are fabulous questions from our viewers. Keep them coming because we're here to answer your questions until the verdict is read in the Johnny Depp Amber Heard case, Amber Heard versus Johnny Depp case at 3 p.m. The question is from Carson Doxey from YouTube. What happens if the judge doesn't agree with the decision of the jury? And this is really a terrific question because most people don't understand the process or know the process. Yeah. Um I think at the end of the day, this is the jury's decision. Other than um, if there's any issues with uh, the decision not coming out properly, if there's any uh, misconduct, I think this is the jury's decision to make, which is great for both parties. Nima, let me just follow up on that. What would be the standard for the judge to overturn a jury verdict? And usually we see it in criminal, we can see it in criminal cases. Uh, you know, it, sel it, it seldom happens, but we can see it. So what would be the standard here in a civil case if they had to, if the judge decided she wanted to overturn this jury verdict? I think it needs to be something that's really, really bad. I don't think uh, there needs to be some type of proof that there was some type of misconduct. Uh, which we haven't heard anything about, especially in the short time that the jury has been deliberating. I'm confident that we're not going to have any of that. All right. And then we have a great question uh, from India. As you know, uh, our viewers on the Long Crime Network uh, are everywhere. They're around the world. They're in the United States. But more importantly, they're focused here at the Long Crime Network watching and waiting for the verdict that's going to be at 3 p.m. today on this channel. So let me ask you, Janine. She's our viewers. It's is Amir Adil uh, from India um, says it's midnight here. Can both parties lose the case? If such happens, can there be a penalty on both? Who should benefit? So both parties can lose this case. We talked about it a little bit earlier. I mean, I don't think it's likely, but remember, there's Johnny Depp's claim where he's saying that he was defamed and there's three counts on that. And they could come back and say he wasn't defamed. And then there's her rebuttal regarding the Waldman comments. And, you know, they can come back and say that that wasn't, you know, defamation. So both of them could lose. I think it's highly, highly unlikely that that's going to happen in this case. And uh, after the, they've tried this case for a number, a period of time. But we'll see. Okay, we, we're reading the tea leaves. Uh, Nima Haddadi, again, you're the former prosecutor, criminal defense attorney. This is a question from Vince Clortho from YouTube. Do you think either party will say anything to a jury via, a, to the jury, not a jury, our jury, via a video put out by their lawyers? And this is a great question because we know that the public relations machines are working overtime here. What say you? Yeah. Yes, definitely. I think that uh, both parties are going to thank the jury for their time, court staff. Um, we've heard rumors about a Johnny Depp party if he wins. Uh, Everything's on the table, but 100%, I think uh, both parties will be thanking the jurors for their service and time. 
And uh, Janine, let me come back to you now on these just most fabulous questions from our viewers as we wait for that verdict to be read in court at 3 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time here in the East Coast in Virginia. Uh, this is from uh, Maria Reyes of YouTube. Could the judge reject an appeal if they found that the person appealing lied at the first trial? Well, again, the, the, there's got to be grounds for an appeal. So a judge can reject an appeal by finding that there's no grounds for it. And again, so I think a lot of people are thinking that Amber lied on the stand and there's a lot of this talk on social media, but that's not necessarily going to come into play here. If it was found that this was improper evidence that was put forward and they lied that way, um, I think that you would have the grounds. But again, I, I don't think it's as clear cut as everybody on social media thinks. And I think that Amber Heard believes what she says. All right. And Nima, uh, I have two great questions. I'm going to pose actually both to you in order. But let me just remind our viewers that uh, Johnny Depp had sued the son in Britain uh, because they called him a wife beater. And he lost that case. But the, the process in Britain is, is very different than it is here, especially when you're suing a publication, a news publication for actual malice, because they're relying on information they get. And also, uh, hearsay is allowed. Uh, Anjanette Levy has gone through this with our viewers. Not only is hearsay allowed, but the son actually does the questioning. It begins like with cross-examination. So it's a much different process. And the case here in the United States was a much different case. Having said that uh, one of our viewers asks Ilya Crane on YouTube if Johnny wins will the Sun have to print a retraction no I don't think so I think it's different countries different laws I don't think the two uh, have anything to do with each other all right let me follow that up then uh, with a question and, and it's, it's on the same issue from Angela Livingstone on YouTube Nima uh, can Johnny J Depp challenge the previous court case against the Sun newspaper for calling him a wife beater remember they said he couldn't appeal but can he now with this new information should he win this case challenge that previous decision in some way in the UK no, I don't think he can. I think uh, it was a final decision. I don't think he can go back. I don't think he has any other remedies uh, in terms of appeal. I think he's stuck with that decision, and I think he's okay with that. Uh, I think he'll be more than happy if he was to come out with a favorable decision here. He already won the court of public opinion. I think he, he's going to want to be done with all of this. He walked away uh, a lot better than he was before. And Jeannie, let me ask you one other question before we take a look back at the trial. This is from the United Arab Emirates. Uh, again, our viewers are everywhere waiting for that verdict here at the Law and Crime Network at 3 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time right here. Uh, we will stream it to you live when it happens. But the question is from the United Arab Emirates. It's A.A. from YouTube. Uh, we don't use the jury system here. So what are the criteria of selecting the panel of the jury? So what happens is there'll be, uh, so you get, you actually get a letter in the mail. I've never gotten one, but you get a letter in the mail telling you to appear for um, jury duty. And what happens is you'll go on to um, different selections and then the attorneys will conduct voir dire, which is where they're going to ask you questions. And sometimes you actually get questionnaires. And so what they're going to do is um, flush out anybody who may have a bias or anyone who can't, you know, who's got an opinion, who knows about the case ahead of time or who can't 
um, listen to the evidence and determine it from the evidence so that they can't have any preconceived notion. And so what happens is, depending on the jurisdiction, so here we're in Fairfax County, Virginia, it's seven people. They see seven people and two alternates just in case something happens that we're not starting over the six-week trial all over again. And that's basically how you get on jury duty. And that's a good reason not to get out of jury duty either, because you get to do your public service and see all kinds of cases. Well, while we wait for that verdict that's going to occur right here at the Long Crime Network at 3 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. All right. Let's take a little look back uh, memory lane uh, of the trial. And this is Camille Vasquez. She's become sort of a superstar after her cross-examination of uh, Amber Heard in this trial and her direct examination of Johnny Depp, uh, she in opening statements promised the jury that they would get to know Johnny Depp through this trial. Let's see what she told them way back when. Over the course of this trial, you're going to have an opportunity to get to know Johnny Depp. Not the characters he's portrayed, but the man himself. You will hear from Mr. Depp directly, but you will also hear from his friends his family, and employees. You will hear from people who have known him for decades. They have seen him at his best, and they have seen him at his worst. And they will tell you, each of them, that he is a kind soul who has never and would never raise a hand to a woman. Well, we have gotten to know Johnny Depp, and Amber Heard said the reason why we know him and what we should look for is in that famous kitchen cabinet video where he was slamming the cabinets that she took, you know, the one that was released to TMZ. So why don't we look at that? Nothing happened to you this morning. Yeah, you're right. I just woke up and you were so sweet and nice. We were not even fighting this morning. All I did was say sorry. Did something happen to you this morning? I don't think so. Um, No, that's the thing. You want to see crazy? I'll give you. Crazy. Have you drunk this whole thing this morning? Oh, you got this. You got this oh, going. I just started it. Oh, really? Yes. Really?
Okay, so uh, did we get to know Johnny Depp? Did the jury get to know Johnny Depp? Well, we'll see in the answers when they read their verdict here on the Long Crime Network at 3 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Yes, there is a verdict in the Johnny Depp Amber Heard case, and we'll be showing it to you live. We'll be in that courtroom at 3 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, uh, just uh, about 25 minutes from now. All right, but let's go to your questions because they're absolutely fabulous. Uh, this one is from Germany. Again, we have viewers everywhere across the world, across the United States. It's from Justified Me on YouTube. Uh, what happens if Johnny wins, but Amber hasn't got the money to pay him? Uh, Nima Haddadi, let me throw that to you. There's going to be a judgment. It's going to haunt her all of, uh, for all of eternity. I don't think she's going to be able to pay back a very large settlement. So if she buys any property or anything that she does, that judgment will always be hanging over her. Be bad. Well, let me follow up with that, uh, Janina Tamium. Can she discharge this in something called bankruptcy? If there were, we're getting ahead of ourselves, assuming there were a verdict and it was a monetary amount, could she discharge it in bankruptcy and get away from it? I think she could discharge this in bankruptcy. Um, again, she's not going to be able to pay this and it's going to hang over her head. But the other thing is, she's also, you know, in a situation, there's a petition to have her removed from Aquaman. Her part was cut down way back. Um, I think she shelved at L'Oreal. She doesn't even have the means to, to make money, as it seems right now, to pay off a judgment. So it's a really, really dire position for her to be in. And, you know, because of that situation, she may have to claim bankruptcy for other reasons. Okay. Nima Haddadi, let me go to a question from Nancy McKinley on YouTube. And this is an interesting question. Uh, do you think Amber Heard's attorneys will face any backlash to their careers practices from this trial? Now, let me, before you answer that, let me just say, we've heard that, uh, you know, people send nasty messages, people send threats to everybody participating in this case. That is a no-no. Having been in that position where somebody posted on Twitter once, my, one of my clients with a, a bullet hole through her head and fake blood, really, you don't need that. Well, the reason why we have trials is so that truth that people can get to the truth and justice can be served we don't need that kind of nonsense but let's talk about this anima because it is a question that perhaps maybe people are concerned about yeah can there be backlash yes of course but but at the end of the day this is a very unique trial uh, it's out in the public there's a lot of pressure um it's not the best case for amber heard's team uh, nonetheless they're they're doing their best um it's easy for us all to criticize when we're on the outside, not in. Um, but I think they're doing great. I think at the, uh, at the end, they're all going to walk away unscathed, and I think their careers will benefit from this for sure. And we have a lot of questions, uh, Janine, but I want to go to one that actually relates to the video we just saw, since it's fresh in everyone's mind, okay? If Amber Heard did not give TMZ the rights to the video, and this is from SLBJPB YouTube, if Amber Heard did not give TMZ the rights to the video, why is she not suing them for copyright infringement? Well, that's a very good question. She says that she hasn't tipped TMZ off, but maybe she's given this to somebody who did because they've got to verify when they get these videos, they've got their steps that they take before they publish it. Um, going back to that video, though, as much as it's bad for Johnny Depp because, you know, he's slamming around and he's you know drinking wine in the morning. It's also bad for her because she doesn't look like she's afraid. She's taping him. She seems to be goading him. So, you know, I had this conversation um, with someone the other day. You know, to me, like living with somebody like Johnny Depp, who's smashing up the kitchen in the morning and 
breaking things and kicking the counters. It's, it's an abusive environment. It's a hostile environment. But that's to me. When you look at her, she seems to almost be like laughing about it, goading him, asking him questions, taping him. It doesn't come across as good for her, especially since, you know, the argument is that she was the one who was the aggressor and she was the one who was um, the abuser. And these were his reactions to the abuse he suffered at her hands. And uh, Nima, uh, let me follow up with that. An additional question, the ones you've answered from Asif Cameron on YouTube. What will happen if Amber Heard, Johnny Depp, depending on who wins, if they win a monetary judgment, fail to pay any defamation monies and other damages awarded? It assumes, number one, that there's going to be an award and somebody will win. But let's assume that for the moment. What will happen if they fail to pay? I think there could be uh, court sanctions. It depends on what the attorneys want to do. Johnny Depp has said from day one, it's not really about the money for me. I think what he was looking for was court of public opinion, and he won that. I don't think uh, he's going to try to risk that with maybe being petty or going aggressively after her if she can't pay. Uh, but who knows? You know, with this case, who knows? Who knows? Well, we're going to know at 3 o'clock today, Eastern Daylight Time. You'll be watching us at the Law and Crime Network when the jury in the Johnny Depp Amber Heard case, Amber Heard Johnny Depp case, announces their verdict to the world that has been watching. In the meantime, again, uh, let's take a trip down memory lane. We showed you Camille Vasquez last time. Let's look at a little clip from the trial where uh, Amber Heard's attorney, Elaine Brendehoff, during the opening statements, um, promised certain things to the jury and you'll decide whether she delivered. Let's listen. Now, there were several people that were supposed to go to Johnny's Island, Bahamas Island, on, in December for Christmas. He was going to bring his two kids. He'd invited Amber's parents, um, who loved Johnny, and unfortunately her father used to drink and do drugs with Johnny a lot. Uh, and he was also going to take Rocky, her friend who lived next door in a penthouse, and her fiancé, and Rocky's parents. Imagine being able to go to a Bahamas Island for Christmas. What a cool thing to do. But they all were so upset what he did to Amber on December 15. They said, no, we're not going. We're not going to condone this. We're not going. But he talked Amber into going. He guilted her into going, I'm going to be with my kids. Please come. I'll be better. I'm going to get better. Amber went. And then he ends up assaulting her even there and sexually assaults her even there. Now, you'll see a video from them of the Bahamas, uh, uh, the Bahamas, the, the place that they stayed in, in on his island. And the video just conveniently leaves out the wardrobe in the bathroom where he committed the assault. It just goes around and makes it look like it's a one room and his kids were there and there's no way they could have done that. But, but you'll hear the testimony and you'll see the pictures. Okay, I tripped down memory lane, but let me tell you what's not down memory lane. That is the activity outside the courthouse. You see it happening right there. Our own reporters, Anjanette Levy and uh, Stacey Delacat, who were, were here this morning, uh, been at the courthouse all day. Uh, they will be in the courtroom when that verdict is read. We will be streaming it to you live. And if anything happens outside that courthouse or inside that courthouse, we will tell you about it because you'll be here watching the Long Crime Network. 3 p.m., the verdict will be read, but you have to stay with us now because in trials, you never know who you'll see pulling up to that courthouse uh, getting ready for that verdict. But in the meantime, 
Let's go to some of your questions as we're looking at the courthouse there. And this was uh, one that I'll answer. It's from Sierra Cook. Can you please answer this because a lot of people are curious. Can Amber Heard be charged with perjury for lying under oath, changing her story a number of times? Well, generally in civil cases, prosecutors don't charge people in perjury. There's an exception, for instance, maybe in the federal government when it involves a governmental employee because they have a lot of things to do with their time, such as shootings and murders and all. If the judge were to make a referral and say uh, there's direct evidence that somebody, for instance, changed evidence or intentionally uh, falsified evidence, that could be a different story. But uh, generally, the likelihood of her being charged with perjury is not very great. Number one, you first have to find out that she lied, and we don't even know she may win this case. We're going to see at 3 o'clock today. But let me bring my guests back into this, Nima Haddadi, criminal defense attorney, and Janina Tamian, also a trial attorney. Uh, again, we have uh, viewers from around the United States and around the world. This is from Sammy Flynn on YouTube uh, from Ireland. Uh, Janine, let me go, go to you on this. Will Amber Heard be able to sue if she she loses, and I guess that means uh, sue um, Johnny Depp for additional damages, sue or sue who? What do you think? So I'm not really sure what the question is. I mean, is are they wondering if she could then bring a different claim against Johnny Depp? Um, I think that, again, that the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard are going to want to put this behind them. I don't think Amber Heard's going to sue with regard to this particular matter ever again. I think that, you know, she's been on um, the stand. She's had to deal with a lot of really humiliation on the stand. She's had to deal with being trolled on social media, terrible things being said about her child. I don't think that she's going to do that at all if she is not successful. And Nima, let me go to you with our next question. Uh, this is from Johnny Solar, Solar in, on YouTube. And he says, if Johnny Depp hadn't lost the libel case in the UK against the Sun, do you think he still have filed this defamation case against Amber? And when you answer that, uh, Nima, remember that he filed this case somewhere in early 2019 after the article was published in 2018. But can you it basically would he have continued on with this suit if he hadn't lost his case in the Sun? Yeah, I think uh, Johnny Depp wanted to get a story out. He wanted to. His career had just taken a, a nosedive. You know, uh, he wanted to prove his innocence in the court of public uh, uh, opinion and that's what he did through this trial he got to show the real amber heard he got to show the real johnny depp he got to take responsibility for a lot of the mistakes and and i think this is why the trial is turning out the way that it did i think uh people uh like and, and they admire uh what he's doing and uh, I'll answer the next one. Valerie Torres of YouTube, can we watch the verdict from here? Absolutely. What you're seeing right now is right outside the courthouse in Fairfax, Virginia, live, where Stacey Delacat from the Long Crime Network and Angela Levy are there. Uh, we will bring you anything we see, and you have to watch that. You will be playing this in the background. If anything happened, if the lawyers drive up, you'll be able to see it here first on the Long Crime Network while we wait for that verdict to be announced at 3 p.m., inside the courtroom. So, uh, Janina Tanium, uh, Tanian, uh Lindsay Lauter, Facebook. Does it look bad that Depp will not be in court for the reading of the verdict? 
Now, let me just tell you, uh, Janine and our viewers, that should there be press conferences, whether they be from here or England or anywhere by the Johnny Depp or Amber Heard teams, we will bring them to you live here at the Long Crime Network. So the reading of the verdict is not the end of this. We will stay with it and we'll see what happens because we know you want to see what happens. But Janine, uh, let me go to you to answer that specific question from Lindsay Lauter. So I've discussed this before, and I think that it's a really bad look for Johnny Depp not to be at the courthouse for the verdict. But Gene Rossi said something in an earlier segment that, you know, stuck out even more with me. He said, by him not being here for the verdict, um, it's an insult to the taxpayers of Fairfax. And he was specifically wanting to file his suit here um, for specific uh, more favorable defamation rules. And it's also an insult to the jurors who, you know, came and listened, took you know, six weeks out of their lives, deliberated, and came back with a verdict. So I think it's a bad look. They're saying that he had uh, previous engagements um, doing this music tour. However, he's not listed on there, so I don't know if I believe that. And again, I think that he should have, out of respect for the judicial system, out of respect for the judge, the jury, and you know, Fairfax County, he should have been in court today to hear the, the verdict. Well, uh, even though the jury is not supposed to be watching, but we all know that, yeah, you know, but we all think that maybe juries, not this one, because this one is very ethical, but some juries may watch. Uh, Nima Haddadi, let me just go back to you. This is a first-time chat. Thank you from Twitch, first-time chatter. Andrew Boddy, thank you for watching the Law and Crime Network, and I know you're going to stay with us as we telecast that verdict live from inside that courtroom at 3 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. But the question is this. If this is ruled, in other words, that the jury comes back with a verdict in favor of Depp, what implications are there for future defamation and freedom of speech cases? I don't think there's much. I don't think that this is a precedent-setting trial. I think what's happening here is uh, the press and everything that it's getting. You have two of the, uh, one of the most famous people on the planet uh, and his wife. We're getting intimate details of the inner workings and, and you get to see that even actors and actresses have have real life problems, you know, uh, that's the biggest thing about this case. I don't think uh, there's going to be any type of precedent or anything of that nature being set. Well, I want to bring you back as we still show you on screen for the moment until we get there. The audio of Depp versus Heard arguing that Bahamas trip, that's the one that Elaine Brenderhoff mentioned in her opening statement where she says there was a sexual assault. Amber Heard says it was a sexual assault by Johnny Depp. Why don't we listen to the audio of them? That was played in the courtroom. What things have you been doing? Working on this thing, not doing this thing. Trying to change something. Mm -hmm. That's less several times. Hence, screaming when I spilled wine accidentally on you for falling asleep and screaming in front of my kids and freaking Jack out. And that's trying. Up, you know. I'm sorry. No, it's it weirded him out. He'd never. I'm so sorry. I fucked kids up. You didn't my kids up, but I'm it so was pretty. Sorry. It was pretty weird for him, you know. Because I jumped up and screamed at one. Oh, that's that's amazing. Yeah. You're right. I'm not surprised he's. So he's going for the counts now. I'm sure that's terrifying. 
I don't need your uh, your clever uh, comebacks. No, you think you're controlling yourself. You think you're controlling yourself. Your characters become so clear, especially when you use them. It's embarrassing for you. I'm gonna walk away now because you're actually making it, making me seem even worse. And believe me, I'm not gonna be calling you at three o'clock in the morning after I'm an ambient and think I'm gonna just forgive and move on. Trust me, it is gross how you're using your kids. I've done nothing but be there for them and and let me just ask you right now let me just tell you right now we do have a verdict in that johnny depp amber heard trial amber heard versus johnny depp trial it will be read at 3 p.m eastern daylight time our own reporters are on the scene as a matter of fact i'm going to actually toss to one of them right now and that's not just one of them that's one of the best the stacy delicat uh, she is on the scene she's actually going to take over anchoring as that verdict is read and i will be here to continue to answer your questions uh, through the afternoon. But here, don't move away from the Long Crime Network. Stacy. Linda, thank you for that kind introduction. Couldn't do it without you back there helping us out with all of your great insight. Uh, time is 2.49 Eastern Time. We're about 11 minutes away from when the judge said the verdict would be read. We know this is a judge who keeps things on time. She sticks to schedule, so you can expect very likely sometime in the next 10 minutes that live picture is going to go up in the courtroom. The judge is going to call the jury in. She is going to ask the foreperson how did they find on the various counts here um, and then we will find out whether there will be any judgment so on and so forth but let me set the scene for you outside the courthouse here um, if we can put up our, our shot from outside the front of the court uh, obviously a huge amount of media everyone is set up and ready to go we've got the podium outside the courthouse as soon as the verdict comes in and everyone starts to stream out we'll be getting interviews live on the air but we've also seen a lot of the fans a lot of the spectators who are here for the duration of the trial. Well, they've all been watching our coverage. They've all been watching all of the online commentary. They knew uh, in the one o'clock hour when we said we'd reached a verdict, they heard, they got in their cars, and they headed over here. And so what we're seeing outside the courthouse is more fans showing up, um, Johnny Depp fans with signs, perhaps some Amber Heard signs as well. There are people who brought lawn chairs that are set up outside waiting to watch the action. And you can see, uh, as I said now, that crowd growing outside. Uh, and Jeanette has gone inside the court to get inside the courtroom to be in position for when the verdict's read. Of course, she's going to have all of the reaction uh, from inside. And what I can also tell you, I snuck up there just a few minutes ago before coming back out here, and it was starting to get pretty crowded up there. Um, <coughs> This was not the scene today that we had seen the last six weeks when people were getting here in the middle of the night to line up for bracelets. No, there were bracelets, these blue bracelets, which you need to get to the courtroom. Uh, they were available as late as 8.30, 9 o'clock. So you can imagine some people um, were able to come later in the day, snag these wristbands, which gets them access to the courtroom or the overflow room inside. I can tell you a lot of the people that I saw 
were not members of the media. They were just fans, spectators, interested people. Uh, there was like a mother up there with a young child going in to get a seat in the courtroom. So it's going to be a packed courtroom for sure when the verdict comes in um, in just a few minutes. What else can I tell you out here? Well, again, um, Amber Heard is expected to be here. In fact, one of our um, producers is, is standing by to give us an update as to when her car arrives. It should be very soon if it hasn't already arrived because we are getting close to three o'clock. Uh, the big question is Johnny Depp going to be here? No. And Jeanette Levy confirmed um, earlier this afternoon with Johnny Depp's team that he will not be returning from the UK. Uh, as you know, as we've been telling you, he flew out there over the weekend after closings wrapped up on Friday. He surprised fans at the Jeff Beck concert um, in England on Sunday night and then did another show on Monday night and last night in London at the Royal Albert Hall, much to fans' delights. Uh, Kate Moss was even in the audience last night. According to the British tabloids, he invited her to come to the show, and they were even seen spending some time together backstage before she was photographed leaving the theater. Kate Moss, of course, one of the high-profile witnesses to testify in this trial in its last week. Uh, you can even, perhaps here in the background, helicopters right now. There are helicopters up above local news helicopters helicopters getting the pictures of the crowds gathering outside of uh, the courthouse right now. Again, uh, we were told Johnny Depp is not going to be back from the UK. He will be watching the verdict over there, perhaps performing the next few nights because we know Jeff Beck has several other concerts scheduled through the weekend in the UK. Uh, earlier, we saw both legal teams inside. Um, just about 10 minutes ago, I saw uh, part of Depp's security team go inside. These are people who have been in the courtroom every day. Um, uh, as this trial has gone on, they are all uh, taking their places inside right now, um, waiting for this to get underway. I mean, Linda, you've watched this closely the whole time, just as close as anyone. And am, am I right that, you know, right around 3 o'clock sharp, we're going to see something happen because this judge likes to stick to schedule? She is absolutely a purist. She wants to schedule. She has probably told the jurors that they're coming right out of three to get their belongings ready. And uh, yes, she, we will have that verdict right here at the Long Time Network, Stacey. Absolutely. So here's a good question that came in from someone's goat, love that name, on YouTube. She said, are we ever going to see the jury or are they never going to be shown for their protection? Um, Linda, we wouldn't see the jury. Tell, tell our viewers. Yes, we, we don't get to see juries in the United States of America. We kind of protect their identity in the courtroom. And I'm looking at the courtroom right now, Stacey. I'm looking at the picture of the attorneys all seated. I think, that, I think that's Amber Heard in the courtroom. I really can't tell. But yes, the judges also entered an order uh, and said that that the jurors' names will not be released publicly, at least by the state of Virginia, for one year. That does not mean the jurors can't identify themselves. They could actually have their own press conference. They can talk to the media. They can self-identify. It's just that the state of Virginia will not release their names unless uh, there's some reason to do so earlier, before one year. Um, I, I, we have two other guests with us, of course, still with us. Uh, hey, Mike Corbanix, law and crime analyst, uh, joining us as well as Nima Romani. Um, okay, I take it back. It's a little chaotic with the helicopters going above. Okay, Nima Romani is still with us. We had an interesting question earlier, uh, which I think it's good to remind viewers of because we have so many more people tuning in now, which is, are there any restrictions on the jurors after this case is done, after they deliver their verdict and the judgment? Uh, can they write a book? Can they sell their notes, someone said? Are there any restrictions on the jury? 
Uh, Linda, Stacy, uh, no, there are no restrictions on that. The only thing they can't do is with the notes. They will not get their note backs, okay? They will not get their notes back. Those get stayed by the court and they get destroyed. Now, they can redo their notes so they went home every night and write what they remembered and therefore sell maybe those the recollections. But with regard to anything else, they can talk freely. They have a First Amendment right to talk freely. All that can happen is you can't harass them as a lawyer. Uh, you know, you know, you can't go and, and, and harass them. No one should be harassing a, a jury anyhow. But they're free to talk and they're free to publish. Okay, so, you know, and some very well might. This is a very high-profile prof high case where there has been a lot of interest. I mean, right now, uh, we've got about 1.5 million of you tuning into our YouTube channel. So thank you for sticking with law and crime for this and for these key moments. Again, you're looking at a live picture inside the courtroom right now uh, where everyone is assembled. Uh, just about four minutes to go until 3 o'clock when we expect to see the judge come in and call the jury in for uh, the reading of this verdict. Um, um, Linda, we know there are a bunch of questions. There were a bunch of points on the special verdict form. How long do you think this will take? Well, you're going to get a feel right away because I have this special verdict form from Johnny Depp right in front of us because our producers are just so great in getting it. I also have the one for Amber Heard. They're, the jury form is about four uh, pages long. It will go pretty fast. Uh, it won't be longer than 10 minutes right here and maybe less. If they find no calls of action, for instance, on 1A, if, if they answer to do you find that Mr. Depp has proven all the elements of defamation on that first uh, quotation regarding sexual violence, then they don't answer the other questions. They go right to number two. And if they don't find that, the likelihood is they won't find for him on any of them. And the same with Amber Heard. So it's going to be under 10 minutes, Stacey. Okay, that's good to know. And just to remind your viewers what we expect to happen here, if this just takes 10 to 15 minutes, the jurors, once they're led back in the jury room, they'll later be dismissed. But we expect the legal teams for both sides will come out and give some remarks. Other players in this as well. Unclear whether uh, anyone will hear anything from Amber Heard immediately after this. And by the way, if you look on the screen, she is seated there in the courtroom awaiting the verdict uh, with the rest of us. Um, an, an interesting question um, that we got from Haley Howell on Facebook. Has the judge already heard the verdict or will she be hearing it for the first time when we do as well? Janine, do you want to take that one? Okay. Janine has left us. We thank her for her time. Linda, the judge is going to hear the verdict just when we do, right? Now, Stacey, I'm sorry. Uh, I thought Nima was going to feel that one, but I'll feel it. Yes, oh, the judge Nima, will, please take it, you know Nima. What? Guys, I'm out here okay. in our studio A. It's hot. It's humid. I can't see all of you in the monitor. So, Nima, please, uh, will the jury hear? Uh, will the judge rather be hearing the verdict for the first time when we do? Uh, the judge is going to get to see it, I guess, uh, maybe 30, 45 seconds before, and then at that point, yeah. Um, so the judge will know right before we vote. Okay, so this is all kind of happening in real time, off the cuff here, um, and and the judge will be finding out, you know, barely any time before the rest of us. Sarah Wilson on YouTube asked, are they going to show the courtroom when it's being read? Yes, Sarah, that's what you're seeing now on your screen is a live picture of the courtroom. Um, you see the attorneys there, you see Johnny Depp's attorneys there, you see Amber's attorneys, and you see Amber herself. Again, for, for those of you who are just tuning in, because we have new people logging on every minute as we get closer and closer, literally 
literally one minute away from three o'clock. Johnny Depp, we have been told um, by sources close to him, obviously is not going to be here. He's not there now. He is still in the UK after doing a series of surprise uh, performances with Jeff Beck. Uh, he is expected to stay there. His team said that the, he had prior commitments in the UK and he will be watching the verdict from there. We'll see whether he issues any kind of comment, video statement. Uh, we just don't know what we'll hear from him, but we do expect we will hear from his legal team um, as soon as this is over. And again, our cameras outside of the courtroom on standby where we have seen crowds growing, supporters, um, and so forth as we get ready for this verdict to be read. It is about three o'clock. All right, are we ready for the jury? Yes, Your Honor. Yes, Your Honor. All right. Just to, for everybody in the gallery, reminder this, that this is a court of law. Uh, and uh, regardless of the verdict, I will not tolerate any outbursts whatsoever. Okay? Thank you. I can have the attorneys approach for a moment. All right, again, you're looking live in. Okay. All right, ladies, All right, and, ladies gentlemen, and gentlemen of the jury, jury, what I need, what you, I to need do, you to do, I need to give forms, forms back to you. Um, when you when find, you find a defamatory, defamatory statement, statement um, one, one or more, you need to fill out the compensatory damages. It has to be at least a dollar for compensatory damages and up to whatever you feel the damages should be. Back to the operation room and do that for me, okay? All right, so we'll be in recess till we hear back from them. Don't go too far, okay? Thank you. Well, just as we were telling you, this could wrap up in just about 10 minutes by 310, 3.15. Uh, not so fast. There was a little sidebar going on with the attorneys in the front. Apparently, the jurors didn't fill out the damages section. The judge now sending them back to complete uh, this special verdict form, literally like a, a worksheet that they need to fill out. They didn't put in the damages. Linda, what do you make of that? Well, Stacey, I mean, somebody won this case, that somebody won yeah, their defamation claims, right? Now, uh, the fact that they didn't fill out the compensatory damages award, I think may bode well for Johnny Depp. The judge said it has to be at least a dollar. Usually you see if, if somebody wins, you have to fill out an award. 
either that or somehow they both won, which I don't think is likely. But he was the oh, one that you know, didn't ask for damages, if you recall. He said, I'm not seeking damages. She asked for, I think right. it was 350,000 damages. So it sounds like someone won. It could be Johnny Depp because the jury may have telegraphed it by not filling out an award for damages. But uh, under the law, right. at least has to be a dollar. Right. So maybe they missed that instruction and just figured, oh, we're not awarding damages, so we're going to leave it blank. That's that's right. That's what now, it could. That's what now, it could sound like. Now, in the very unlikely event that they just forgot to do that section and they actually did intend for some kind of damages, we had a question from viewers earlier, which is, what happens if there's a verdict, say, against against Amber Heard and there's a judgment awarded for Johnny Depp and Amber Heard doesn't have that money, whether it's $50 million, whether it's $20 million, whether it's $10 million, what happens if she doesn't have that money, Linda? Well, you know, we have that in many civil cases where the person that gets the verdict, they don't have, uh, the defendant doesn't have the mon money right uh, you can pursue her it goes it could be a claim that follows her around for the rest of her life uh, with it it gets docketed it gets logged uh, she could discharge it in bankruptcy assuming it's against her we're making a lot of assumptions maybe it's against him and it's a dollar who knows uh, so uh, but the likelihood is is that uh, with a dollar verdict uh, the jury may just want to be sending a message uh, who, for whoever wins and again we're assuming it's it's uh, Johnny Depp but it also could be Amber Heard because she she was seeking damages. Maybe they found for her, but not giving her damages. We just don't know. Yeah, we just don't know. I mean, this should be relatively quick, I would think, right? Um, for them, if, if they've already decided on this and it was just an oversight that they didn't put anything in or didn't know that they had to write something. Um, so, you know, they hopefully will be back in a few minutes. Um, as we've been telling our viewers and more and more are, are turning in, the verdict has not been read yet. Just to bring everyone up to speed, here's what happened. Right at 3 o'clock on the dot, uh, the judge, she is very punctual. She came into the courtroom. Everyone stood up. She brought in the jury. There was a little sidebar between the attorneys up in front. Uh, they were looking and they said, oh, guys, jurors, you didn't fill out the compensatory damages. You didn't, you didn't fill that part out. There's nothing here. You have to go back to the jury room and fill this out. And so the jury was sent back out to take care of that, and that's what we're waiting for at this point. Again, um, Amber Heard, as you can see, is there in the courtroom with her attorneys. Johnny Depp is not here. His team having told us that because of prior commitments in the UK, which we know to be um, shows, he's playing music with Jeff Beck, he will be watching the verdict uh, from the UK. So who knows? Maybe he's watching our coverage. If so, Johnny, call us. We want to do an interview with you as soon as this is all, is all over. Um, Linda, any final predictions here as we wait for, for word? Well, it's very interesting with this possible dollar worth of damages. Now, the, the, well, I have a question here, Stacey. I wonder if the teams know uh, who the verdict was for, because remember, the judge brought them to the bench. They were looking through the verdict form. She obviously had to tell them that there was a verdict in favor of someone, but it has to send them back for damages. We can't see the courtroom, so we can't see the body language or the what's interesting. happening. That's uh, a good point. So, that is uh, a good point. Uh, I wonder whether they know who's won and who is lost, Stacey. And if they did perhaps see that, I mean, would that be an issue? Would there be any sort of violation of rules or any ethics issues if they saw it before it was read out publicly in court? A absolutely. Quite frankly, they have a, a right to see it and to tell their clients. Um, you know, so no, there's no violation. Uh, they have to know when the uh, jury has filled out the forms.
and they have to know is there a problem because the judge has to tell them what she is going to do so they can either lodge an objection or not lodge an objection. And again, uh, could they have just forgotten to fill it out? Uh, they may not have known that you just give a dollar compensatory damages. Maybe it wasn't in the instructions. Quite frankly, I don't remember seeing it, but we should have one of our, our legal, beagle, eagle, fabulous people here that go through everything with a fine-tooth code again to see whether there was an instruction about whether or not you had to award a compensatory damage of $1 if somebody wins. Um, let me set the scene for those who are just tuning in. You're looking at a picture live outside the Fairfax County Courthouse here where you see the crowds are growing. If you can hear in the audio behind me, there are helicopters circling up and above local news, uh, helicopters taking pictures of the crowds. Um, it was just, uh, I think, gosh, I'm losing track already, but around 1.30 when we got word that a verdict was going to be read at 3 o'clock at that point, uh, it was basically just media hanging out outside trying to keep cool. As soon as we found out the verdict was coming, well, quickly, all the media assembled in their spots and we started to see more and more cars pull up, more and more cars pull up into the parking lot, more fans come outside, obviously more people go inside the courtroom. You have to have one of these special wristbands in order to be in the courtroom or the overflow room. And now we see a much bigger crowd, which is probably going to continue to grow over the next few minutes. It's possible, since we now know that Johnny Depp is uh, not coming, that some of the fans who were hoping to catch a glimpse after the verdict was read, they decided to sit it out because they know he's not here. Again, Amber Heard is there inside of the courtroom with her legal team. Um, unclear whether she'll make any kind of statement afterwards. As you can see in that picture, outside the courtroom, there is a live picture. Uh, there is a podium, rather, set up with all the microphones. So as soon as the verdict's read and the legal teams come out and the other key players come out, we are going to be um, getting that reaction to you, those responses to you live. Um, a, a little bit of behind-the-scenes info here. Our own Ann Jeanette has just stepped outside, so she's going to join me in just a second to give me the lowdown on what's going on inside, what the timeline is here when we could see the jury back in the courtroom. But again, if you're just joining us, we were supposed to have the verdict read right at 3 o'clock. The judge did call the jury into the room right at 3 o'clock. Uh, Johnny Depp's legal team was there. Amber Heard and her legal, legal team were sitting in there. Um, but they looked at the paperwork. They looked at this special jury form, and someone said, oh, the judge said, oh, you guys forgot to fill out something pretty crucial here because the damages page was left blank. And the attorneys had a little sidebar, and then the judge sent the jury back to fill in the damages. Um, and Jeanette just sat down next to me. And Jeanette, tell me what's going on in there. What was what was the vibe? What's going on? Well, I think the vibe was, you know, everybody. We're told that we're not allowed to talk to anybody in there, which, you know, we're news people, so and we're just human beings, right. so that's really how difficult. So we got kind of shushed. Um, but it was interesting because uh, it was kind of heavy, like. Amber Heard walked in, she kind of greeted her attorneys, um, wearing a black dress, uh, her hair kind of pulled back loosely. This is different from a lot of the times we've seen her come in with the, the braids. Um, I, I couldn't see whether she smiled or anything like that, but she came in. Obviously, we know Johnny Depp had previously scheduled uh, concerts with Jeff Beck in London, so he's not here. Right. He's watching, we're told, from the UK. So uh, they came in, the jury walked in, uh, they took their seats, they kind of just looked around at slightly not a lot. And then they just kind of focused on the judge. Judge Ascarati calls the lawyers up. She says, you have to assign damages. I think I can safely say if they didn't assign damages, 
uh, and they were supposed to, they found defamatory statements, right? Right. That That's what we have been saying, you know, and, and Linda agrees with you too. Tell me, first of all, who's in the courtroom in the audience? Is it a mix of media and regular people, onlookers? Is it completely packed? You know, <clears throat> it's not as packed as it could be or, or as it has been. Like, there have been a lot of days where it's just totally packed. Um, I was sitting next to a reporter from the UK, another reporter from Courthouse News. We were just, you know, we've talked a lot during this case. Um, we saw some of the local, I would call like more local depth fans here. I didn't see any Amber Heard supporters up there. That doesn't mean there might not have been one or two there, but I did not see them. And, you know, it's just kind of like, I, I felt like everybody's just kind of sitting there. They're waiting for the big news. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's and a, so it's like almost like a oh, false alarm. And you came yeah. back out here. Does that mean you don't think they're going to be back for a bit? Well, what's I, going, what's I just going felt, on I felt I should come out here. And uh, sorry, I'm a little bit out of breath. Yeah, and Antoinette <laughs> has her tennis shoes on, I did, by the I way. Put, so she is out here running yes. for you guys to get you. <laughs> everything you need to know and don't forget it's close to 100 degrees out yeah here. it's so close thank to 100 you, degrees and i yes i i swapped the um excuse me the sandals for the brooks uh you know sneakers so um but i ran out of there as everybody else did got on the elevator came out um they obviously have set things up much differently now uh, at the press conference area and they've put up the um i forget what you call them not barricades but you know yeah the little they set it up so that the attorneys can walk out yeah. in a civilized manner and not be swarmed right. by people. Right. Because there's barricades because they don't yeah. want people rushing them, and they and those barricades have been set up since yesterday yeah. in anticipation. But this more looks like this almost more this looks like a almost like a red carpet or something. This is different than the barricades. This is like in front of the courthouse doors, and it's those things where you can kind of unhook the thing, the, the little ribbon thing, and you can unhook it. Um, and they have those, and there are fans on both sides. So there are depth supporters that appears on mm -hmm. both sides Right, and that. we're showing our viewers that picture outside yeah. the courthouse right now. So, um, And by the way, I just want to say to everyone who's tuned in right now, we've got uh, 2.7 million people watching us on YouTube. Thank oh you. Oh, my goodness. Feel free to send in your questions, because while we wait, we want to answer more of your viewer questions. We've got, once again, our all-star panel, Linda Kenny Bodden's with us in the studio. We've got other guests joining us. Obviously, Aunt Jeanette is here, so keep sending us your questions, um, and uh, <laughs> we are here to answer them. Now, right. it's funny, you know, you it's almost like a red carpet. These yeah. lawyers have really attained celebrity status mm. over the last six plus going on seven weeks of this trial. I mean, Camille yeah. Vasquez now has fans from all over. That, that's Talk true. a little bit about that, about sort of like the status that these lawyers have earned during this trial. Yeah, and Ben Chu especially and Camille Vasquez have become uh, celebrities. You know, TikTok started making videos about both of them. Uh, there have been plenty of moments in this trial that were comical, just despite the very serious subject matter being discussed um, but there have been some amusing moments um, and they have become stars in their own right uh, they've become almost legal superstars so they've become celebrities there have been times out here uh, when they've left court where I actually felt a little bit concerned um, because I felt like even all right
right, Mr. Foreperson, is this the verdict of the jury? Yes. All right, is it unanimous? Yes. Thank you, sir. Jamie? In civil case number CL 2019-2911, Mr. Depp's claim against Ms. Hurd. One, as to the statement appearing in the online op-ed entitled, Amber Heard, I spoke up against sexual violence and faced our culture's wrath. That has to change. In the Washington Post online edition, quote, I spoke up against sexual violence and faced our culture's wrath. That has to change, end quote. Do you find that Mr. Depp has proven all the elements of defamation? Answer, yes. Has Mr. Depp proven by a greater weight of the evidence that question, the statement was made or published by Ms. Hurd? Answer, yes. The sta question, the statement was about Mr. Depp? Answer, yes. Question, the statement was false? Answer, yes. Question, the statement has a defamatory implication about Mr. Depp? Answer, yes. Question, the, de the defamatory implication was designed and intended by Ms. Hurd? Answer, yes. Question, due to circumstances surrounding the publication of the statement, it conveyed a defamatory impl implication to someone who saw it other than Mr. Depp? Answer, yes. Do you find that Mr. Depp has proven by clear and convincing evidence that Ms. Hurd acted with actual malice? Answer, yes. Two, as to the statement appearing in the op-ed entitled, A Transformative Moment for Women in the Washington Post print edition and the online op-ed Amber Heard, I spoke up against sexual violence and faced our culture's wrath. That has to change. In the Washington Post online edition. Quote, then two years ago, I became a public figure representing domestic abuse, and I felt the full force of our culture's wrath for women who speak out. End quote. Do you find that Mr. Depp has proven all the elements of defamation? Answer, yes. Has Mr. Depp proven by a greater weight of the evidence that question, the statement was made or published by Ms. Hurd? Answer, yes. Question, the statement was about Mr. Depp? Answer, yes. Question, the statement was false? Answer, yes. Question, the statement has a defamatory implication about Mr. Depp? Answer, yes. Question, the defamatory implication was designed and intended by Ms. Hurd? Answer, yes. Question, due to circumstances surrounding the publication of the statement, it conveyed a defamatory implication to someone who saw it other than Mr. Depp? Answer, yes. Do you find that Mr. Depp has proven by clear and convincing evidence that Ms. Hurd acted with actual malice? Answer, yes. Three, as to the statement appearing in the op-ed entitled, A Transformative Moment for Women in the Washington Post print edition and the online op-ed, Amber Heard, 
I spoke up against sexual violence and faced our culture's wrath. That has to change. In the Washington Post online edition, quote, I had the rare vantage point of seeing in real time how institutions protect men accused of abuse, end quote. Do you find that Mr. Depp has proven all the elements of defamation? Answer, yes. Has Mr. Depp proven by a greater weight of the evidence that question, the statement was made or published by Ms. Hurd? Answer, yes. Question, the statement was about Mr. Depp? Answer, yes. Question, the statement was false? Answer, yes. Question, the statement has a defamatory implication about Mr. Depp? Answer, yes. Question, the defamatory implication was designed and intended by Ms. Hurd? Answer, yes. Question, due to circumstances surrounding the publication of this statement, it conveyed a defamatory implication to someone who saw it other than Mr. Depp? Answer, yes. Do you find that Mr. Depp has proven by clear and convincing evidence that Ms. Hurd acted with actual malice? Answer, yes. As against Amber Heard, we the jury award compensatory damages in the amount of $10 million. As against Amber Heard, we the jury award punitive damages in the amount of $5 million. In civil case number CL 2019-2911, Ms. Heard's claim against Mr. Depp. One, as to this statement, appearing in the April 8, 2020, online edition of the Daily Mail, quote, Amber Heard and her friends in the media use fake sexual violence allegations as both a sword and shield, depending on their needs. They have selected some of her sexual violence hoax facts as the sword, inflict inflicting them on the public and Mr. Depp. Do you find that Ms. Heard has proven all the elements of defamation? Answer, no. Two, as to this statement appearing in the April 27, 2020 online edition of the Daily Mail, quote, quite simply, this was an ambush. A hoax. They set Mr. Depp up by calling the cops, but the first attempt did not do the trick. The officers came to the penthouses, thoroughly searched and interviewed, and left after seeing no damage to face or property. So Amber and her friends spilled a little wine and roughed the place up, got their story straight under the direction of a lawyer and publicist, and then placed a second call to 911." End quote. Do you find that Ms. Hurd has proven all the elements of defamation? Answer, yes. Has Ms. Hurd proven by a greater weight of the evidence that question, Mr. Waldman, while acting as an agent for Mr. Depp, made or published the statement? Answer, yes. Question, the statement was about Ms. Hurd. Answer, yes. Question, the statement was seen by someone other than Ms. Hurd. Answer, yes. Question, the statement was false. Answer, yes. Do you find that Ms. Hurd has proven by clear and convincing evidence that the statement by Mr. Waldman was made with actual malice? 
Answer, yes. Three, as to this statement, appearing in the April 27, 2020, online edition of the Daily Mail, quote, we've reached the beginning of the end of Miss Heard's abuse hoax against Johnny Depp, end quote. Do you find that Ms. Hurd has proven all the elements of defamation? Answer, no. As against John C. Depp II, we, the jury, award compensatory damages in the amount of $2 million. As against John C. Depp II, we, the jury, award punitive damages in the amount of $0. All right. Does either side wish to have the jury polled? Yes, Your Honor. All right. Jamie? Members of the jury, if this is your verdict, please answer yes. If this is not your verdict, please answer no. Juror number six. Yes. Juror number 10. Yes. Juror number 15. Yes. Juror number 16. Yes. Juror, juror number 22. Yes. Juror number 27. Yes. Juror number 29. Yes. I do find that the jury's verdict is unanimous. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes your service in this case. I want to thank you again for your dedication and your hard work during this trial. And I know I speak for everybody here uh, when I appreciate, tell you that we appreciate your sacrifices and your time and your public service in this matter. Okay? So I'm going to have you go back to the jury deliberation room for one more uh, time, and then we'll release you from there. Okay? All right. Thank you. Okay. In accordance with law, I will amend the punitive damages um, award to the statutory cap of $350,000 on Mr. Depp's award. Okay. Um, I will set this down for entry of an order. And can we do it on June 24th at 10 a.m. if that's available? All right. Yes, Mr. Chu, if you could prepare that order and then circulate it to Ms. Bretterhoff and we can have all the objections noted on it. All right. All right, and if I get it before that date, I'll take it off the docket, okay? All right, again, thank you to all the attorneys uh, for your professionalism, and uh, you're welcome to come to my courtroom anytime. Well, give me a few weeks, but then you can come to me anytime, okay? All right, court is adjourned. Thank, thank you. you, All right. outside the courtroom where you can see these fans. As I said, every time a judgment was read in favor of Johnny Depp, a huge crowd, cheers, went up here. The crowd cheering, Johnny, Johnny. Um, clearly, heavily uh, tilted in favor of Johnny Depp outside the courtroom right now. Um, and so they're still standing outside. I imagine they are going to be here waiting for Johnny Depp's legal team to come out. As I was talking about just a few minutes ago with Anjanette, the lawyers themselves have basically earned celebrity status during the course of this trial. Uh, the judge sending the jurors back into the jury room one more time before they are dismissed. Um, Linda, do you think we're going to hear anything from Amber Heard? 
Well, she came to the courthouse, so I assume that she will give a press conference. So they'll say they're going to appeal the verdict. They'll say that she was vindicated. Remember, this case has a lot of spin going on with it. But what they, but she's going to be asked the question: Is uh, how do you feel about the, the jury not believing your claims against Johnny Depp that he is a, that that um, you know he was the uh, abuser? It turns out he was the victim, and she's not going to be happy with that question. I don't think there's an answer she can give that can spin that. Yeah, I mean, look, I think there's no question we're going to hear from her legal team. Maybe they'll take some questions. My guess is if she were to come out, and that's a big if because this is a pro-Johnny Depp crowd out here. If she were to come out, maybe she would make a brief prepared statement and then be like immediately ushered into a car by security. I don't think she's going to be doing any kind of press conference answering any major questions right now. Uh, Depp's team, on the other hand, I expect they will be. Again, for those who are just tun uh, tuning in, the verdicts, I should say, not the verdict, but the verdicts are in, and Johnny Depp, the clear winner here, the jury, determining that Amber Heard did defame him on all three counts that were being considered in her 2018 Washington Post op-ed. And joining us now is the one, the only, Dan Abrams, the founder of the Law and Crime Network with us. Dan, give me your reaction. Well, first of all, we have to say, wow. I mean, I'm sitting in a car watching this live stream, just like three million plus others have been on the Law and Crime Network. And the fact that Johnny Depp won on all three of the counts is pretty amazing. Remember, this is a case where he sued a publication in London where the standard is harder to win. And a judge came back and said, no, we, he believed that, the, that Johnny Depp was a, quote, wife beater on 12 of 14 counts. Now you have a jury here of seven people, five men and two women, coming back and saying that Johnny Depp was defamed on all three of the counts. I, I mean, this, I think, is a real surprise to a lot of people. Now, I had talked about previously the possibility of both of them, quote, unquote, winning. But I think this, quote, win for Amber Heard is really a token win. Putting aside the money, right? Putting aside the fact that it's 15 million for him, 2 million for her, that's not just the issue here. You know, it sounds like the, the issue the jurors had with the statement made by the lawyer for Johnny Depp was about the fact that she got together with her friends, effectively conspiring. So maybe they didn't believe that aspect of it. But it seems to me that the takeaway from this case is these jurors believe Johnny Depp and they didn't believe Amber Heard. I don't think there is any other way to interpret all of these verdicts together. Yeah, and Dan, I think that's a really good point because the statement in which the jurors found for Amber Heard was a longer one that Adam Waldman made in which he said, you know, talking about uh, Amber and her friends setting Johnny Depp up and to your point saying, yeah, so Amber and her friends spilled a little wine, they roughed up the place, got their story straight under the direction of a lawyer and publicist, then placed a second call to 911. So perhaps the jurors didn't believe that that whole um, sort of collaboration, right, um, conspiring happened. Uh, would you say that um, then this is not a total loss for Amber Heard, though? I think it's a total loss for Amber Heard. I mean, it's better. So. <laughs> I mean, it's better that she won that one aspect of it than if she didn't win anything. She, her team can now try and spin it and suggest that it was, you know, both sides and people didn't believe either. But in the end, I mean, I, when we talk to these jurors, and I'm sure that some of them will talk, they're going to tell you. I feel confident that they're going to tell you that they simply did not believe Amber Heard. Because, because remember, it's not that she won on all three 
of the counts with regard to her countersuit either. I mean, it, basically, the jurors have come back and said, he wins on all counts and she wins on all counts. Then I'd have a different answer for you. But because they said he wins on all counts, but she just wins on this one issue, it seems to me that I don't see how those jurors believe on questions two and three with regard to Johnny Depp, not just the sexual violence claim, but the rest of it. I don't see how those jurors come back and say that he was defamed and that there was any sort of equivalency here. If he was defamed by that statement and Amber Heard did not win on those countersuits with regard to calling it a hoax, etc., these jurors clearly believed Johnny Depp and didn't believe Amber Heard. Yeah, uh, Dan, let me let me stop you here because um, our 3.5 or so million viewers, 3 million viewers on YouTube, some people have some concerns. They want to make sure that you are not driving. Like so many people, I'm sure you stopped whatever you were doing when you heard a verdict was coming at 3 o'clock. You picked up your phone and dialed into YouTube, right? I'm in the back seat of a car. I'm not actually okay. driving the car. Right. He's not at the wheel, guys. He's in the back seat of a car. He's safe. Everyone on the road is safe. Dan's a lawyer. He wouldn't endanger himself and others. Uh, let's talk about the appeal. Is Amber Heard going to appeal this, Dan? Absolutely, she's going to appeal it. And remember, people have to remember that when you're appealing, you're appealing primarily the legal rulings, right? So she will appeal some of the testimony that was allowed to come in. Um, she will appeal some of the aspects of the judge's rulings in this case, the pretrial rulings, uh, the ruling itself. She's going to she's going to uh, challenge the fact that there was a camera in the courtroom. There's going to be a whole panoply of challenges that she's going to make about how unfair the trial was. And she'll also seek to reduce damages. Right. In any appeal, the first thing you want to do, in addition to try and get a new trial, get it thrown out, is to try to reduce the damages and say that the jury made mistakes and how it assessed damages. I think that's her most likely chance of success here. But, you know, that's not going to be the win for her. I mean, this this to me is just it's an it's basically an all out win for Johnny Depp. And I do think that this gets him exactly what he wanted here, which is I don't think he cares about the money, whether he ends up getting the money. She doesn't buy doesn't have that kind of money. This is vindication. For Johnny Depp, a jury has said that he was defamed by these comments. And and that means that these jurors believe that he was not a domestic abuser. Um, and I think that allows him to, to get back his career in many ways. You could argue there were other reasons he'd lost uh, much of his career. But this is this is a massive win for Johnny Depp, and I don't think it can be underestimated um, to, to, to characterize it that way. Yeah, I mean, Dan, you, you touched on the damages, and let me remind our viewers again that the jury awarded Johnny Depp $15 million in damages, uh, and they awarded Amber Heard $2 million for finding um, that one of the statements made by Johnny Depp's lawyers was defamatory, so a little bit of imbalance in what's owed. Um, to your point, you know, Amber might not have that money. We've talked about this already, but, but what happens to her in this case? She doesn't have the $15 million for damages. Well, we'll see. You know, look, there's going to be a lot of appeals. We're a long way from the final judgment being issued in this case, and you know Johnny Depp pursuing the damages against him. Well, let let's see what happens there before we say that Amber Heard is going to have to declare bankruptcy. Uh, you know, which is 
potentially something that that could happen in the end if she owed this kind of money um, and simply can't pay it. She could also try and raise money through donations, etc., uh, from other people based on the reaction to this trial. I'm not sure that would be particularly successful. Um, but, you know, I think we're a little ways away from knowing exactly how much she's going to have to pay and how she's going to get that money. Let's talk about Johnny Depp for a second, because um, a little bit before we found out that there was a verdict, we did confirm that he was not going to be here. There had been a lot of speculation. We know he's been playing rock shows the last three nights in the U.K. We knew there was a possibility he'd stay there. In fact, his team confirmed he would be staying there and watching the verdict from there. Um, any thoughts on, on him not being present for the verdict? You know, this is not a criminal case. Um, I think that people are sort of conflating this with a criminal trial. People say, how could he not be there? You know, this is a civil case for damages. You could argue, okay, uh, does he not care enough to be there? I don't know. I mean, I don't view it as particularly significant that when it comes to a verdict that could take many days, that he decided he didn't want to wait. Um, that's that's really more, in my from my perspective, of PR issue than it is a legal question. And the dollar's okay, but that didn't happen. I, I think, I think, uh, and so, oh, oh, okay, you're back, you're back. <laughs> Dan, can you hear me still? Yeah. Okay, so you yeah, brought up you, really it's more you. of a PR Sorry, gonna, question, gonna, and so, so no, no, that's okay. Um, we get it, we get it, lots going on. Listen, so you said, yeah, that's a PR question about Depp not being here, so I have another PR question for you, because you watch so many of these high-profile trials, and yes, this is not a criminal trial, but we've seen a lot of high-profile civil trials. We know that these, these stars' reputations, you know, what was left of, of them, essentially, were at stake. Amber Heard's in the courtroom. We know both legal teams are going to come out. Do you think Amber Heard is going to address the media at all? I I don't think with all those Johnny Depp fans out there, she wants to hold a press conference where people start yelling at her and those sound bites end up showing. If I were her PR team, I would tell I would let the lawyers for Amber Heard make statements. I wouldn't have her. I'd have her sit down with someone, you know, a, a relatively favorable journalist sometime, you know, tomorrow, next day, whenever to give her statement. I don't think she wants the sound bites of her you know, talking about how upset she is, about the disappointed she is, and people yelling at her and jeering at her. But I'd expect that both sides' lawyers uh, would, would likely uh, make themselves available to the media uh, right there after the case. And of course, the most interesting part is going to be talking to the jurors, um, if and of when course, they'll talk. Yeah. And they're the ones that most to be talking to. Yeah. Absolutely. Dan, thank you so much for uh, dialing in and sharing your response with us, your reactions to this big Great pivotal cover. moment after more than six weeks of covering this trial. We thank you so much. Uh, maybe we'll check in with you later. But for now, I want to go right to Linda in the studio. She has a statement from Johnny Depp, his reaction to the verdict. Linda. Oh, my goodness. I, I'm actually trying to find it right now, Stacy. So just give me one second here. Uh, hold on one second. You know, live TV, a lot going on. Um, Okay, uh, I need the statement. I will read it to you, but I need the statement. But while I'm waiting for that, uh, if our producers can put it here, okay? All right, let me read it right now. Hold on a second. Okay, here we go, all right? Um, and by the way, uh, I love Dan uh, commenting on our favorite witness by uh, giving his report from his car, Alejandro. I'm changing my Zoom background. But here's Johnny Depp by his spokesperson. 
Six years ago, my life, the life of my children, the lives of those closest to me, and also the lives of the people who for many, many years have supported and believed in me were forever changed, all in the blink of an eye. False very, false, very serious and criminal allegations were levied at me by the media, which triggered an endless barrage of hateful content, although no charges were ever brought against me. It had already traveled around the world twice within a nanosecond, and it had a seismic impact on the life and my career. And six years later, the jury gave me back my life, or gave back my life. I am truly humbled. My decision to pursue this case, knowing very well the height of the legal hurdles that I would be facing and the inevitable worldwide spectacle into my life was only made after considerable thought. From the very beginning, the goal of bringing this case was to reveal the truth regardless of the outcome. Speaking the truth was something that I owed to my children and to those who have remained steadfast in their support of me. I feel at peace knowing that I have finally accomplished that. I am and have been overwhelmed by the outpouring of love and the colossal support and kindness from around the world. I hope that my quest to have the truth be told will have helped others, men or women, who have found themselves in my situation and that those supporting them never give up. I also hope that the position will now return to the innocent until proven guilty, both within the courts and the media. I wish to acknowledge the noble work of the judge, the jurors, the court staff, and the sheriffs who have sacrificed their own time to get to this point, and to my diligent and unwavering legal team who did an extraordinary job in helping me share the truth. The best is yet to come, and a new chapter has finally begun. Uh, Veritas numquat perit, truth never perishes. That's from Johnny Depp. That's the statement. Uh, Stacy. Um, I know that you are sitting out there with Anjanette. We have uh, uh, Nima here in the uh, studio right now. Um, what is your reaction to that? Stacy, what is uh, going back to you, to you, your reaction to all that? Johnny Depp's statement, very to long my and very reaction well to you, Yeah, my reaction to you is Amber Heard's statement, which we just have in uh, to us right now. Let me read that. The disappointment I feel today is beyond words. I'm heartbroken that the mountain of evidence still was not enough to stand up to the disproportionate power, influence, and sway of my ex-husband. I'm even more disappointed with what this verdict means for other women. It is a setback. It sets back the clock to a time when a woman who spoke up and spoke out could be publicly shamed and humiliated. It sets back the idea that violence against women is to be taken seriously. She goes on to say, I believe Johnny's attorney succeeded in getting the jury to overlook the key issue of freedom of speech and ignore evidence that was so conclusive that he won in the UK. I'm sad I lost this case, but I am sadder still that I seem to have lost a right that I thought I had as an American to speak freely and openly. Uh, again, that's a statement from Amber Heard sent to us by her publicist, uh, where she says, I'm sad I lost this case. So even though the jurors did find that Johnny Depp's attorney defamed her with one of his statements, as we've been saying, clearly this is a big loss for her. And um, Linda, when she says, you know, this is an affront to free freedom of speech, what's your take on that? 
It's not. The problem is, is that we said this is a very important case for freedom of speech when we started covering it here at the Long Crime Network. But it's also important that those don't abuse it. People do not abuse the freedom of speech. They don't defame others, especially calling someone who may have been the victim or now the jury says is the victim, the abuser and, and changing his life and the life of his family and children forever. So you have freedom of speech, yes, but you can't lie about people and you can't lie about the people in the public. And I think the jury felt that, as we talked many times on this network, that Amber Heard was manipulative and they did not want to be manipulated, manipulated by her lies to them. And therefore, they came out with this very convincing verdict. And it is a total win, as Dan Abrams said, for uh, Johnny Depp. Because on the other side of the token, what you have is a lawyer who's going to be paying a malpractice policy if it doesn't get overturned on appeal. Uh, Linda and Jeanette Levy's back outside with us now. She was inside when the verdicts were read. Uh, set, what was the mood? Did you get any reaction from Amber and her team? What was going on in there as the verdicts were read? Well, I was sitting uh, behind her uh, team, her side of the courtroom, and I was trying to see, obviously I'm seeing the back of their heads, so I didn't get much reaction. Obviously, they're disappointed. Uh, they believe... Uh, they believe they're right. They believe he's wrong. Um, but the jury saw otherwise. The jury, he ran the table. He may not have gotten the 50 million, but he won on every question. Right. They found, that jury found that they believed that she lied. That's what they're saying. They're saying she lied and that she put it out there in the public to hurt him. Uh, and it did hurt him. Um, so she will appeal, I'm sure. Um, but, you know, obviously he he lost on the second Waldman statement. Right. So, yes. So, uh, you know, we said, okay, a little bit of a win for her. Now, it, it seemed extremely quiet, like you could hear a pin yes. drop in there. Yes. I assume, was there any reaction from the crowd? Did anyone sort of gasp, sigh, anything like that, you th know? Yeah, there were smiles, obviously. There were smiles. I kept looking, trying to look around to see Ben Chu and Camille Vasquez's reactions and um, you know they were kind of I could see Ben Chu smiling a little bit but it wasn't like a huge huge smile uh, you know it's a court of law there's a certain level of decorum um, obviously they are pleased they won they may not have gotten the 50 million that they were seeking in the original claim um, but he got 10 they found that he deserved uh, compensatory damages right. of 10 million and then punitive damages right. of five but that's capped at 300 fifty thousand uh, dollars by statute so he won't get the five and uh, punitive damages uh, but you know I could see there were fans of his in there who were smiling um, I must say I think I mentioned this on the air earlier today and I wanted to grab him um, before I came out here and I, I just couldn't I hope he comes if you're watching he said he's been watching come by the tent please come by the tent <laughs> we invite you uh, but this gentleman was in line with me for a wristband this morning and he said that he's tried he used to try cases is what he said and he told me this morning he believed I'm pretty sure he said I believe the jury will be back today and they will give him 14 million dollars when they said the fit the 10 and 5 I literally looked back and he just smiled wow. at me. I was like, how did you know? So he needs to come over here and give us an exclusive um, wow. because he That's said great. that to me this morning at whenever we were here at 7 a.m. So, um, and, and Jeanette, I, I believe our camera's up now showing you guys the front of the courthouse. Um, 
you've been talking to these lawyers throughout the process. Yes. You you expect as much gonna, as we can. As much as you can. I mean, right. they, they I mean, were they not allowed. Introduced yourself. Yes. You know, you've Correct. not been getting inside yes. details or anything that you shouldn't be. Right. But you've spoken to them enough. Um, I'm a very chatty person. Right. right. So uh, and I mean, that's and that's that's why we love you. So <laughs> the we, you Stacey's expect like, that both sides will be coming out. I mean, to, to I, deliver some remarks. I don't know that. I would certainly hope so. We are all set up for a press conference. I would certainly hope that um, Depp's team would come out and make some comments. The world is watching. I don't think I'm um, exaggerating when yeah. I say the world I mean, is watching. You know, more than three million people watching on our channel. Alone. Yes, and we've got a chopper up ahead, up above, um, some type of news chopper. Uh, we've got, you know, the world media set up here. So I would assume and hope that they might come out. I, I haven't. I keep trying to check my phone, but still pay attention, obviously, the, to what we're doing here. Sure, sure. Uh, so we're not being rude here, people. This is just how we operate in 2022. Right. Uh, so we are trying to um, get that information. I would certainly hope they would come out. They they were we're allowed to do this now. This was not allowed during the trial. Not at all. Uh, the judge said nothing. Um, no interviews. No public statements. Right. Which is it, common during. Correct. It's a gag order of sorts. Yeah. yeah. So um, we want to, for, for those who may have missed part of the verdicts, it happened somewhat quickly, let's go back and listen to the part when the um, jurors delivered their monetary judgment in Johnny Depp's favor. Five million dollars. In civil case number CL 2019-2911, Ms. Hurd's claim against Mr. Depp. Okay, uh, some technical difficulties. Okay. We're having some technical difficult. We're having some technical difficulties, apparently, with that clip. Um, so, Anjanette, we were just talking about, yeah, we expect attorneys from both sides are going to come out, probably uh, make a statement, maybe yeah. Johnny Depp's team. Oh, oh here's here some activity now. So, can we go in live to that camera, guys? Um, wow, you can hear the cheers erupting. I can... I can only assume that that is the deaf legal team coming yes. outside right now, taking their real live uh, victory lap in real time. I'm going to go to the podium. they are approaching the podium, Ben Chu, Camille Vasquez, the rest of the Johnny Depp legal team. Hi everyone. Today's verdict confirms what we have said from the beginning, that the claims against Johnny Depp are defamatory and unsupported by any evidence. We are grateful, so grateful to the jury for their careful deliberation, to the judge and the court staff who have devoted an enormous amount of time and resources towards this case. Our judicial system is predicated on each person's right to have his or her case heard, and we were honored, truly honored, to assist Mr. Depp in ensuring that his case was fairly considered throughout the trial. We are also most pleased that the trial has resonated for so many people in the public who value truth and justice. Now that the jury has reached its conclusive verdict, 
it's time to turn the page and look to the future. Thank you all so much. Thank and you. Thanks to the jury. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you. Have you spoken to Donny? How is he feeling? How's Donny feeling? Will Donny and Amber ever speak to each other again? Miss Vasquez, is this the end of the matter? Miss Vasquez, will there be any more legal action? Is Miss Eternal Death going to run for office? <laughs> there you have it attorneys for Johnny Depp not taking any questions right now they made a brief statement they have gotten into their SUV I can see a lot of movement behind me as crowds sort of gather to watch um, presumably as their SUV starts to pull away cheers in their favor questions being thrown at them I heard someone say will Johnny Depp and Amber Heard ever speak to each other again to the attorneys it's a good question actually um, and and I guess that's it for now some of what they said we are so grateful to the judge and jury we were truly honored honored to assist Mr. Depp. We are most pleased that this trial has resonated for so many who value truth and justice. Rather, A quick victory statement from the legal team. Linda, did you expect they would say any more? Did you expect they would say any less? I, I love the statement. I love the fact that it was short because they know they're not they're going to say it's a victory for their client. They know that this is their client's win, that he pushed them. Uh, this is this belongs. This moment belongs to the client. So I love the fact that they were short, they were sweet, and they gave credit to their client. And you know, Stacey, when we were looking and waiting for that verdict, and remember I was talking about how everyone was stoic and stone-faced and poker-faced, you saw Camille turn around, actually, to her team with a big smile before the verdict was read, which was kind of like a clue. They know they had won that case. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so now we wait and see whether Amber's team comes out and makes a brief statement as well. Um, look, I have to imagine they are going to say something. It, it, not Amber herself, but the legal team. Obviously, they may be booed, although I'm already seeing some of the deaf supporters leave. Um, you know, there was a, a little a family. You know, we have a, a little bit of a, a, some type of logistical issue right there. We are back uh, in, and, and we're trying to reconnect Stacey's mic. But as you heard, Johnny Depp did win his case. We are going to listen to that moment in court when he won his verdict. Uh, all three counts, an enormous, gigantic win. Well, we're apparently, we, we, let's talk about it. $10 million for the three statements. And the three statements were, I spoke up against sexual violence and faced our culture's wrath that has to change. That was the headline of that article, the op-ed that she wrote, and then she re-published it from her social media account with a comment which let it go to a whole new audience. A very difficult count to win, but, she, but he did win uh, defamation against her. Uh, the second one. The second one was, um, then two years ago I became a public figure representing domestic abuse and I felt the force of our culture's wrath for women to speak out. And the third one, I had the rare vantage point of seeing in real time how institutions protect men accused of abuse. All three of those statements found by the jury to be defamatory. I think Stacey Delicott is back with us right now in terms of watching what's happening in that on that lawn. Uh, the victory celebration for Depp supporters. Is this still crazy out there, Stacey?
You know, we just heard another round of cheers of erupt, and that was the big black SUV carrying Johnny Depp's legal team pulling out of the courthouse, and off they go um, after delivering that brief victory statement again, in which they said, we're so grateful to the jury and the judge. We were truly honored to assist Mr. Depp. We are most pleased that this trial has resonated for so many who value uh, truth and justice, was among some of the comments uh, that were made there. Um, yes, do I expect that the legal team, Johnny Depp's legal team, is going to pop up probably in many other places and say a little bit more? Uh, yeah, probably, because as we've been saying, these attorneys themselves, Camille Bas Vasquez, Ben Shu, have basically uh, uh, achieved celebrity status during this trial, have built up their own following. Uh, you know, why not ride it to the end for them? Now, we're still standing by outside waiting to see whether Amber Heard's legal team is going to come out and make a statement. As you know, her uh, publicist already did release a statement to us in which she said, in part, a statement from Amber, the disappointment I feel today is beyond words. I'm heartbroken that the mountain of evidence still was not enough to stand up to the disproportionate power, influence, and sway of my ex-husband. And then she went on to say that it's even more, she's even more disappointed with what this verdict means for other women, that it is a setback. It sets back the clock to a time when a woman who spoke up and spoke out could be publicly shamed and humiliated. It sets back the idea that violence against women is to be taken seriously. And obviously there's been a lot of chatter, a lot of opining back and, back and forth in the media uh, since this trial began about whether this trial will have some kind of chilling effect on victims of domestic abuse. And there are still many people who believe indeed it will, um, who are really discouraged. I mean, I think we're all sort of discouraged by some of the threats and um, the, the really kind of nasty things that have been thrown towards Amber. I think that that's just not appropriate at all. You know, we heard during the trial her attorneys say that there have been threats on her baby. Someone said they wanted to microwave her baby. I mean, th those are truly horrific things. Um, but, you know, uh, this this blanket statement she makes about it being a, a greater statement on domestic violence. I mean, we'll we'll wait and see. I'm sure we're going to be hearing a lot of reaction on both sides. Linda, what what is your feeling when she says, you know, this is a statement uh, for domestic violence survivors everywhere? You know, Stacey, I've seen a number of op-eds uh, published in some of the uh, media outlets about this, but people who haven't watched this trial, and I, I recommend for everyone who publishes that to go back into and listen to, we have it on YouTube. This jury sat in that courtroom with many, many weeks, and they gave up their lives because you had to listen to the testimony. And many of us came to this case, Stacey, thinking that Johnny Depp didn't have a chance on winning it. But as the case started and went on, he became incredibly believable. And the jury obviously found that she was not only not believable, but that she had made up untruths about Johnny Depp for her own purposes. So it's really not a statement about domestic victims and violence uh, as regard to Amber Heard. It is a, a case about a violence on domestic uh, abusers and also victims relating to Johnny Depp. So it's maybe a one-off case, but it has brought a lot of attention to the fact that anybody can be abused. If you are a man who's abused, you can come forward without fear that you're going to be ridiculed because if Johnny Depp did it and uh, it brought out everything about him, his drug use, his drug abuse into the public, well, then anyone can do it. Uh, Linda, let's go now to Anjanette, who's outside the courthouse, where there are still fans out there, where we just saw the Depp legal team come and make a statement and go. Anjanette, what's going on out front?
Oh, okay. Hi, guys. Uh, so sorry, I didn't realize I was live. Hello? Can you guys yep. hear me? Yes, and Jeanette. Yes, okay, we can I'm hear you. Hear Tell us what's going on out front. Okay, sorry, I'm not hearing anybody in the studio. Uh, so this is live TV. This is what happens during breaking news. So joining me right now is uh, John Cox. We met in the line for wristbands this morning. John, you're uh, a former assistant U.S. attorney. You told me this morning you tried cases. Tell me what you told me this morning at 7 a.m. I said I thought the jury was going to break on the sexual violence count and I thought they would return the parties to the status quo of about a $14 million verdict. And you thought that you thought that uh, Depp would win. Did you expect he ran the table? I didn't see that. You didn't? No. He, he won every count, but he didn't get the $50 million. It just seemed like there was competing facts on both sides, but the sexual violence count didn't seem like there were competing facts. Interesting. Uh, your thoughts on the verdict for Amber Heard based on the Waldman's, the second Waldman statement. They found it was defamatory and that Adam Waldman made that statement on behalf of Depp as his agent and they awarded $2 million in compensatory damages, zero and punitive. Your thoughts on that? Well, she had her witnesses testify and it was other than her and they said it didn't happen. So there's a basis for that finding general reaction? I mean, I feel like you got the verdict pretty much right. Uh, I didn't get to see the whole trial, uh, but from what I saw, it, it sounded like if the jury had to make a decision between his, him or her, and you had to weigh the facts, it seemed like his side put out a better case than her side. Very interesting. Well, thanks so much. Thanks we so were going to let you get into the shade because <laughs> guess what? It's a steamy day here in Virginia. Yes, so uh, we are going to go. Thank, thank you so you. much, John. It was so good to meet you. Okay, so we are going to go out into the crowd. Um, I guess I could walk and talk with you guys. I'm going to try to find some of the people who've been here since day one. So let's do that and take a live look as we do this. As to what's going on, uh, Camille Vasquez and Ben Chu made a statement uh, just a short time ago. Uh, it was short and sweet, and then they took off. So here are the cameras. Uh, a lot of international media here. We're going to cross over here. Pardon us. Excuse us. Um, I, I, and just so you guys know, I'm not hearing any hosts in the studio or anything like that, just uh, for technical purposes. But we are going over here to try to find some of the uh, supporters who've been here since day one. Hi there. Hi. Oh, uh, hi there. Oh. oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. You're very sweet. Thank you. Okay, uh, so let's... Uh, sorry, so sorry. Excuse me. Uh, let's find some of the people who've been here for a while. Let's see if Becca will talk to us. Oh, Tiffany, Tiffany. Okay, so Tiffany Lunn has been here since day one, and we met on the first day of this trial. She was the first person I interviewed. Uh, Tiffany, we're live on the Law and Crime Trial Network. We're on our YouTube channel, of course. Uh, your reaction? First, I'm going to say, hi, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, I think it's good because it showed that the jury found that he did not do the things that she said. The money, he wasn't going for the money. So I'm all right with the money. It just found that she didn't have any clout in what she was trying to say. Were you surprised um, that, he, that they found for him on every question? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely okay. Not. Were you surprised that they found on the second Waldman statement? Uh, yes, because, I mean, if it was just Johnny, it would have been different, but it also was Waldman too, so. As his agent. Yes, yes. Um, so there could be speculations 
you know, um, that would be like me going around saying something about my friend over there and then, you know, falling back on her because of the things that I said. So Amber Heard um, put out a statement, her team did, basically saying this is essentially, and I'm paraphrasing here, a slap in the face for the Me Too movement that, um, you know, they had said in closing arguments this would send a message for all domestic violence victims and survivors. Um, we had some people on the air earlier saying they don't believe that. They believe that this is... Um, this case has to be taken as it is. Yeah. Your thoughts on um, those kind of claims that this somehow, um, you know, does something, does it does a disservice to victims of domestic violence, male or female? No, I think it shows that men can speak up too, because it's usually women that do. So I think it is not a setback for either side. Um, just if you do it, come with the truth. Any other thoughts, Tiffany? Um, bye, Mom. <laughs> Tiffany, thank you so much. It was so good to meet yes, you. It was a okay. pleasure meeting you. We'll stay in touch. All right. Let's, uh, we need to go find some other people. Um, let's walk through the crowd here, see who we can find. We've met a lot of people over the last several weeks. Uh, we should probably get that woman when he's done. Um, let's see. Let's see who we got, who we got. She knew him. Sorry. Do you want to talk to us? Do you want to talk to me? Yeah, come on over. <laughs> this is John Witherspoon. John Witherspoon is uh, a lawyer here in Virginia. John, you've been coming to the trial. Your thoughts on the verdict? I thought it was very fair. Um, I was glad to see Johnny Depp prevail because I thought the evidence did support uh, his side of the case. Um, I, I, I do feel bad for Amber's side. Um, I think her lawyers did a nice job, the best job that they could. And um, I feel a little bit bad for Amber. I'm sure she's bitterly disappointed and probably not able to really understand what happened because I think her mind was, her mindset was that she was in the right all along. And I think that was revealed when she was on the stand in particular. But, um, you know, I, I wish them both the best. I really do. And um, I'm sorry that the case has been a platform for a lot of venom and vitriol that's been flung at Amber. But, um, I, like I said, I, I, wish, I wish her the best, along with Johnny. Yeah, and I, you know, vitriol, you know, I, I, yes, I agree with you on the vitriol part. Um, but really, I think this case should be taken as a message about the truth, and the truth being important. And uh, people should not be able to be afraid to speak up uh, as victims of domestic violence, whether they're male or female. Uh, I, I feel like, in a way, you know, we've heard people saying that this verdict could hurt uh, domestic violence victims. In a way, I almost feel like this uh, trial, watching it unfold and watching some of the comments, may empower victims of domestic violence to come forward. I, I think that's absolutely right. And I think one of the real positive things to come out of the case is going to be a larger national conversation about some of these types of issues. Um, female on male domestic violence, male on female domestic violence. I think that the verdict is has the potential to reset some of the dialogue about the Me Too movement and the woke movement only to the extent that it will probably ask, probably encourage people to be a little bit more circumspect before they immediately hear an accusation and react to it um, in the way that 
It seems like Disney did with, um, as soon as the accusation was lobbed against Johnny, uh, it, it seemed like Disney immediately sprung into action and, and um, threw him under the proverbial bus or under the proverbial pilot, pirate ship. Or over the ship, you know. Yeah, right, right. They walked him down the plank, you know. Uh, well put, yes. So I, I think that that part of the conversation is going to be very interesting, just exactly whether we wait until the facts come out or whether we react immediately. And if anybody from Disney wants to call us and comment, feel free. We will bring you on. Jerry Bruckheimer, we will bring you on. Sean Bailey, we will bring you on. Okay, uh, as far as the second question about the Waldman statement and them finding that it was defamatory, your thoughts on that? I think that was a fair result on that question. Um, and I'm, I, I don't think that the implication of it was as profound as what Amber Heard said about Johnny Depp. And as a result, I think the monetary award was appropriate based on uh, the level of damage that was done. <laughs> okay, great. Thank you, John Witherspoon. I appreciate it. So sorry, we've got to move around the crowd, but it was so Go good right to meet ahead. you. Thanks yes, so much. We'll absolutely. be in touch, right? Okay. All right, we're going to move out over to Becca. Miss Becca has been here every day, and she said she'd finally talk to me after weeks of me trying. Becca, uh, you've been here since day one. Um, what do you think? What are you feeling? Um, I feel happy and excited, and I feel that it went in the correct direction for today. And I even thought, you know, it could go one way, the other way, both ways. I mean, this was a really tough, tough case. Yeah, it's defamation. Defamation with a public figure is, it's difficult, you know. It's got a higher standard. Um, you know, you were here supporting Johnny Depp. You would line up on the street every day and watch him leave, shoot the cell phone videos. Um, you know, he's in the U.K. I mean, you're, you're, you're just, your thoughts on this coming to this type of conclusion. I mean, he didn't get the $50 million in damages that he wanted, but he ran the table. He won, on, he won every question. Right, and I, I feel that the most important thing, aside from money, was that he got to tell his story. He got to tell the truth about what happened, and uh, I think that was what was most important. Even if he won a dollar, I mean, he, he got to finally speak up for himself. You and I were talking, uh, I think yesterday possibly, uh, the days are all running together, but you said that you were following this during the divorce case and the UK trial. Uh, given that background, um, has any have any of your feelings about the case changed at all? No. Uh, well, just with the end part, um, I suppose with Adam Waldman's statement being found as a defamatory statement and possibly untrue, um, with the details that I learned from from the divorce to the UK case to now, I just feel though that it, it is true that she did cause a hoax and said some false things. And um, but other than that, yeah, I, I think that this went in the right direction. Why, why did you start following it? I mean, were you just were you a Johnny Depp fan, or did you just see something that struck you about it and you took an interest? A little of both. Uh, I am a Johnny Depp fan and have always been since I was a child. Um, but it, it started with the, the kitchen video released to TMZ, and I almost was in disbelief because there were claims attached to the kitchen video. And it didn't show anything towards her, but you can't help but think, is it believable or, or is it true? And, you know, I am a victim of multiple things, and um, 
I tend to believe all women, but this specific case opened my eyes to not believe all women. And following the evidence and from the divorce through the UK trial, as we said already, I just was a little bit disappointed in myself for taking that stance at first because I didn't have all the facts. Uh, do you think it should be less about believe all women, but just maybe listen to the evidence, listen to the yeah. facts, take these things seriously instead of coming up with slogans that automatically convict people? Right. Yes, I do. I just kind of how I feel about yeah. it. Yeah. And, and, you know, we've been saying, you know, uh, domestic violence, there is no gender for domestic violence. It can happen to anyone. It can happen to, you know, a, a, an older male with money or fame or, you know, it could literally happen to anyone. If he was truly deeply in love with her and wanted to make it work, he was willing to put himself through hell to do it. And it, it can happen to anyone. Becca, thank you so much. Thank you so, so much, Anjanette. It's been so nice to meet you, and it's been nice to meet everybody. Everybody's been so kind. Uh, so I'm sure we'll talk another time, right. okay? Thank you. Okay, have a good night. All right, so um, let's see. We've got some more people here. My Here, let's see. Hi there. How are you? Hi, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. What's your name? I'm Sophia. Sophia, have yep. we met before, and I just forgot? Ah, uh, no. Okay, I wish. if I did, I, I, so for, I apologize. I've, no. You know, it's been a long few weeks. No, you're all good. Sophia, where are you from? Uh, I'm actually from this area. I'm from Virginia. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. So, your thoughts? What are you thinking and feeling right now? Well, I'm definitely shocked to see how the case turned out. I was a little bit more shocked to hear that Johnny Depp didn't get any punitive damages. No, he did. Did he not get compensatory damages? Because I know he got, he got $0 for one of them. No, that was Amber Heard. So he didn't get the any punitive damages? No. So here's what okay. happened. I'll, let's just clarify right because now. I think this is confusing for people who don't it's follow. Yeah, I think it's really confusing. So he, he won on every question about the defamation. They awarded him $10 million yes. in compensatory damages and $5 million in uh, punitive, but there's a, 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 a cap, a state statute, a state no, law, and the cap is 350 so mm -hmm. the judge uh, brought that up. So he was awarded, the jury did award him punitive damages. She got zero punitive damages and $2 million compensatory um, for um, the Walt, second Waldman statement. So that does that clear things up? It does, except I am still a bit confused because I understand that to have compensatory damages, you also need to have at least $1 in punitive damages. Is that all correct? Because I understand the legation for that is you no, can't. I, no, I think they have to award for the compensatory mm -hmm. at least one dollar. Yes, yes. Yeah. To have punitive, to have punitive. Yeah, but they didn't award punitive. So anyway, what uh, yeah, are your, no, like, what are your, what is your what are your thoughts about, what are your thoughts about how this unfolded, the 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 decision, the verdict? Uh, I'm pretty pleased. Yes, I think that it played out how it should have been, and I'm very happy with how it worked out. Have you been following the case the entire time? Very roughly, yes, but I have been following because it has been on pretty much every single news network there is. Okay, great. And is this your son? Or? Uh, yes, this is my son. Okay, you brought your son out. Okay. Yeah, I did. Explain the, is this, uh, I don't want to misstate the character. Is this the Mad Hatter or something? Yes, it is. Okay, Crocs. that's what I thought. Okay, what's your name? Hiroki. What is it? Hiroki. Hiroki, nice to meet you. Um, how is this, what's it like for you to be here, um, you know, hanging out with mom during this big day. How's it going to do? It's like nice. It's like good and nice. Do you yeah. want to? Do you want to say anything to Johnny Depp? I wanted to, but it's like there's so many people. Like it was hard to say. <laughs> there's definitely a lot of people. Okay. Yeah, no, the kids. Don't Thank you guys. Okay. 
Okay. All right. Okay. So um, thank you guys. Okay. So I think I'm sending it back to you guys. Uh, so, st uh, so I th Stacy, let's send it back to you. I'm going to run around and get some more interviews, but I thought we should run around and kind of get the uh, flavor of what was going on here outside the courthouse, kind of just the, the scene and all. Absolutely. Taking the pulse outside there while the fans still linger around despite this intense heat out here. You know, someone said, welcome to Virginia. So they're probably used to it. But I think the, that those were some really interesting interviews of the people who have been here since day one and some really thoughtful reactions to the verdict as well. Uh, always good to sort of have that color of the scene out here. I mean, the crowd is starting to disperse. I can tell you our cameras did catch Amber Heard leaving out the back door of the court a little while ago. We're working to turn that video around from you. Uh, we know at this point, we have statements from both of the stars. I just want to um, recap for anyone who may sort of be joining now. Um, about an hour ago now, these verdicts came in, the jury uh, handing down a huge win for Johnny Depp, finding uh, that Amber Heard did make three defamatory statements. Uh, there was actual malice behind it and awarding him $15 million in damages. Uh, as for her countersuit, they found one of the three statements made by Johnny Depp's attorney Adam Waldman was defamatory. Amber Heard being awarded $2 million in damages. But uh, most observers say, look, this is a major win for Johnny, not so much for Amber. And she herself in her statement acknowledges um, the loss and calling it a setback for all victims of domestic violence. As for Johnny Depp, he put out a statement through his spokesperson. It's also up on his Instagram page um, saying that six years ago, my life, the life of my children, the lives of those closest to me, and the lives of the many people who for many, many years have supported me and believed in me were changed forever. He goes on to talk about the charges and says, six years later, the jury gave me my life back and I am truly humbled my decision to pursue this case, knowing very well the height of the legal hurdles that I would be facing and the inevitable worldwide spectacle into my life was only made after considerable thought. Um, goes on to acknowledge the noble work of the judge, the jurors, the court staff, of course, his legal team, ending with the phrase, the best is yet to come and a new chapter has finally begun using the Latin words for the phrase, truth never perishes. Uh, Linda Kenny Bodden still with us back in the studio. Um, Linda, I want to talk a little bit about the monetary damages here because for people who may not know, this is where it gets a little technical, right? Um, the jurors awarded Johnny Depp $10 million in compensatory damages, $5 million in punitive damages, and they awarded Amber Heard $2 million in compensatory damages. So, Linda, first, tell our viewers the difference between compensatory and punitive damages. Okay. Uh, let's start with when the judge turned the jury back to the jury room and said you have to right, at least... because they hadn't written anything They hadn't in. written anything. In, they, you said, she said you have to at least find a dollar in compensatory damages. So that's when we all thought Johnny Depp had won but they hadn't awarded him damages because uh, she, the jury must have had the punitive damages there, right? So they went back in and they filled it out, uh, probably forgot, and they awarded $10 million to him in compensatory damages. Now, what is that? That could be for loss of work. That could be for his, uh, he wasn't asking for emotional distress, but he was asking for damages to his reputation. Uh, you don't have to actually prove those when you have what's called a defamation per se case, which is what this was because Amber Heard basically accused him of his crime. So that's what they gave him, uh, whether it's for one movie or whether it's to pay him back for his divorce proceedings or however they arrived at it. 
punitive damages to punish a person, exactly what it says. I'm going to punish you for doing this action, right? But in Virginia, I'm reading the statute right now. Uh, anyone can look it up. Maybe the Johnny Depp team will call us and talk to us about it. Please, Ben Chu, Camille Vasquez, uh, 801-38.1, um, that for any action, including medical malpractice, but for any civil action, uh, punitive damages are capped at 350000 per statute. But the jury should not be told of this limitation. So essentially, that's probably why Elaine Brenderhoff, when she was talking about Amber Heard, only asked for 350000 because she knew punitives are capped. So Johnny Depp's award really is for $10 million plus 350000 in the real world. It'll be interesting also to see, because he said he doesn't want any money from this, so will he sort of, you know, um, make a symbolic move and donate it to charity or something? I mean, we'll have to see what happens. Linda, um, some exciting news from the field here. We have a big interview coming up. Kathleen Zellner, who is a case consultant here, uh, who's played a big part, is going to be joining Anjanette Live in just a few minutes. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with much more live from Fairfax, Virginia, where the verdict is in, in the Johnny Depp first Amber Heard trial. Stay with us. As against Amber Heard, we the jury award compensatory damages in the amount of $10 million. As against Amber Heard, we the jury award punitive damages in the amount of $5 million. In civil case number CL 2019-2911, Ms. Heard's claim against Mr. Depp. And that was Amber Heard uh, listening as she found that the jury uh, determined she was liable. And really this verdict says that the jury determined that Amber Heard lied and that she did it to hurt Johnny Depp. Award, the jury uh, awarded Johnny Depp $10 million in compensatory damages, $5 million in punitive damages, and uh, that's capped at $350,000 by statute. Uh, joining me right now, uh, live via Zoom, uh, is somebody who was involved in Johnny Depp's uh, team. Uh, she was brought in as a, a consultant and an advisor. Uh, famed attorney Kathleen Zellner is here with us, joining us. Uh, Kathleen, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I'm so excited that you've agreed agreed to do this, uh, and we really appreciate it. Your thoughts on the jury's verdict? I think that the jury absolutely, absolutely reached the right verdict. I think it's uh, hugely vindicating and exonerating and everything for Johnny. Uh, it's something, you know, that he's really had to deal with, um, particularly since the UK verdict. And um, you know, all the way back to the TRO being entered in 2016. So I think it's a great victory. Um, it, it reassures me about um, how well juries work um, and why we can trust jurors to come to the right decision. Um, I think the case boiled down to a contest of credibility. Um, I think that Johnny had a wonderful trial team that was totally prepared for this um and you know they performed even above expectation they were just outstanding uh but it's a great day for him 
I feel like, um, you know, defamation, we've talked about this so many times on the air, especially when you're dealing with a public figure, is very difficult to prove because of the actual malice standard. Uh, but they did it. Uh, the jury uh, evaluated all of the evidence. They watched Amber Heard's testimony. So uh, your thoughts on that? Well, um, I had always thought, and I, I really approached the case more as a criminal attorney, um, and and Johnny had reached out to me just, you know, a few months ago. I told him I was getting ready for a murder case, and then the murder case got continued, so I was able to, um, you know, carry on conversations with him and and sit through some of the depositions. But I really think it came down to credibility. I just... Uh, I think her case failed, uh, and looking at it as a criminal attorney, it failed on the forensic evidence. Those um, beatings and abuse that she described did not happen. Um, I've been doing criminal cases for over 30 years, and the forensic evidence simply wasn't there. She, she just did not suffer the injuries. Forget about having witnesses. I can understand, you know, that abuse victims don't have firsthand uh, knowledge, witnesses present, but the evidence wasn't there. There just was not the forensic evidence to support what she was claiming. The second thing, because I've represented a lot of sexual abuse victims over the years, she wasn't afraid of him. And I think Camille Vasquez did a beautiful job of, of laying all that out, not only in the cross-examination, but in the closing. I mean, she wasn't afraid of him. Uh, she was, you know, taunting him. Uh, she was very aggressive, um, and so her case just collapsed, and, and you know, that falls at her feet. Um, she just was not credible. That's why she lost. I think it's really interesting that you point that out, um, and I've talked about this only briefly on the air. I, I've done stories. I, I've... I've covered cases about sexual assault over the years. I've covered trials involving sexual assault. And, uh, you know, these allegations that she made about the Australia, the, the bottle rape, uh, which to me is, is indicative of, of some type of sexual sadism that is you know, it's so it's so over the top and out there. Um, I, I, she did not seem to me to present as other sexual assault victims who I had seen uh, over the years. So uh, I would agree with you on that. Also, um, I, I've talked about this. My mom counseled sex offenders who were got out of prison over the years to try to help them get back into society. And that's the type of things people who are in prison for hardcore rapes do. So um, I think exactly. it was rather, you know what I mean? I, I, maybe I'm getting too far into the weeds here, but that is some no, hardcore. No, I agree with you. That is, I mean, that's the, si that's the kind it, of it stuff my mom, I remember advanced, her. Yeah, it would yes. be a very advanced sexual predator. It would not be someone that started out and that was their first sexual assault. And you're right. I mean, we've had cases you know, where people have been raped with objects and that is somebody that's very far advanced in that pathology and plus just she could not explain you know the fact he had his cast on the evidence wasn't there there wasn't a, a anything that indicated it happened the way she said even the location was wrong and she did not show the trauma that i seen with with sexual assault victims and you're right about the perpetrators there's no possible way 
that yeah. somebody would just wake up at age 58 and commit that kind of crime. It just, it never happened. Exactly. Um, and I know in uh, discussing, obviously, you know, I, you know, ethically speaking, counselors and therapists, things like that can't opine on these types of things. But these are things that my mom and I have discussed many times over the years. And when I told her about this, uh, we had a discussion about it. And, and those are the types of things that people do in, to torture uh, victims and to put themselves in a position of power over their victims. Uh, let's talk now. Um, I want to know how you got involved in this case. I read an article in the Daily Mail uh, saying that Johnny Depp actually saw you in making a murder or two, um, and that that's how you came to become a part of this team. Is that right? Well, I guess that's what happened. He called me. He left a voicemail at my office, and we couldn't really believe it was. Johnny Depp that called, but it sounded like him, and he left a phone number um, and just said he wanted to talk to me. So that was at the end of December, and I was supposed to start a first-degree murder case in January, which I explained to him. Um, he reached. It was interesting to me why he reached out to me, and it was indicative to, to me of the fact that he was innocent because he said, I saw him making a murder where you said, uh, that you'd be the last person someone would hire if they were guilty because you would find out about it. And that I was very struck with that, that that's what motivated him to contact me. Um, but his trial team was excellent, and they really had their entire plan in place at the point I came in. So I provided moral support for him and also just, you know, the fact that you know, her, her story was not believable, looking at it as a criminal lawyer. Um, and, you know, I was, I, I really enjoyed getting to know him and, and having conversations with him. I think we all believed in him. We all believed that um, he could prevail and that he would be able to tell the story and win the jury over. Um, so, yeah, it was an amazing experience, but I did come in right at the end. Um, you know, you're saying you were providing moral support. He contacted you, uh, so you have a relationship with him. Uh, is is the real is the Johnny Depp? Is Johnny Depp? Is what we saw on the stand Johnny Depp? Because a lot of people tried to say, well, he's an actor. He was doing this. I read something in the you know a New York Post opinion piece where they were saying, give him an Oscar already. Uh, your thoughts on comments like that, and did we see the real Johnny Depp? Yes, you did see the real Johnny Depp. Um, he's exactly the way he presented himself. Um, he, his speech pattern is exactly the way, that's the way he speaks. Um, he, he's very thoughtful. He speaks very slowly. Um, he thinks about everything that he says. None of that was acting. That is who he is. Um, and, and he never varies from that. Um, I found him to be just a very humble and sincere person um, and probably one of the most unpretentious people I've ever met in my life. Um, he's the real deal. That is the person that he is. That's not an act. Well, um, that's really interesting to me. What would, what would you like? You said he's not pretentious. Um, I, I'm wondering, and you know, I don't want to violate any confidences because you, he is technically a client, sort of, uh, since you're an advisor, a consultant. Um, he had said when he first got on the stand, he was doing this because of his children. Is there anything you can share with us about that motivation for him? 
Um, I do. I mean, I believe everything that he said on the stand was sincere. I, I do believe, you know, what he stated is exactly how he felt, that he was very concerned about his legacy and, and rectifying this horrible lie that had been told about him. Um, I think it, I think the great thing about his testimony is the trial team really brought out all of his thoughts about this. I thought they did a wonderful job of letting him, uh, and I think that was Jessica Myers that did the direct. Yes. She did a wonderful job of just letting him explain himself. That's the way, if you were sitting with him today, that's exactly what he would tell you. He never varies. He doesn't contradict himself. He doesn't tell different stories. He's just a truth teller. Um, so I'm, I'm so happy for him. He's been reborn. Uh yeah, I, I, I do. I, I agree with you on that. And I, I don't know Johnny Depp, obviously. Um, but I remember seeing him uh, the first day of the trial. There's a TikTok video that they put together at the network of me saying, hey, I'm here and I'm doing this. And they toss to it. It goes to a shot of him in the courtroom. And he looked very um, concerned. And he had come into the courtroom and kind of greeted his legal team and smiled. But this kind of a bewildered look on his face. But then we saw that lift. I don't know if you noticed that, but I saw a change throughout the course of this trial, and he seemed to really get a, kind of a spring in his step, if you would, or almost like he got his mojo back. Did you kind of notice that change? Yes, absolutely. That's very perceptive you notice that, because um, I felt that he definitely um, gained all of his energy back, and, and I think belief in the justice system, um, I think the UK trial you know, was a, really a travesty, and a lot of the evidence wasn't evaluated. So, yes, I think it just, you know, it was like he emerged um, with a huge weight lifted off of him. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I noticed that, and I think a lot, maybe some other people did, too. Uh, well, Kathleen Zellner, thank you so much for coming on on such short notice again. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed speaking with you, um, and this is really a great victory for Johnny Depp. Uh, and it, it and just so our viewers know, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, and I was going to say for this trial team, because these, this team, you know, Ben Chu and Camille Vasquez, and, and Jessica Myers and all of them, this is a great legal victory. They absolutely believed in him. They put their heart and souls into this thing. So they need to be commended for, for carrying this case through to the conclusion. So they should be applauded. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I thought they all did an amazing job. Jessica Myers, uh, I think she's kind of been in the background, but she did an amazing job uh, with his direct yes. and redirect in both uh, the case in chief. It, it was like she was almost like a therapist, just uh, not a therapist, but she had this just calming, cool, it was not cool, but yes, exactly. Yes. Um, and I yes. thought it was really good. Um, and Camille Vasquez did an amazing job, of course. I know you've tweeted about her. Uh, just an aside, yes. and we're going to have to sign you off, Kathleen, but thank you again sure. for coming on. We hope you'll come on another time. Uh, but Johnny Depp, you know, as far as the justice system goes, people might not remember this. West Memphis 3. Johnny Depp Yes. Uh, came out in support of the West Memphis Three. So uh, the justice yes. system and issues with the justice system are things that he's been concerned about for a long time. Yes, and he even uh, yeah. offered to, and I took him up on it, to write a letter to Stephen Avery, uh, 
from the you know making a murder series so yes he's um he's pretty remarkable you know and and he definitely identifies with the average person and like i said he's, he's just humble um so it's a great day for him great well again kathleen zellner thank you again so much and yeah, good luck with you. that upcoming um murder trial uh we're going to take a quick break when we come back more on this verdict and we'll be joined by mike korobonics and mitra ahorian i'm anjanette levy and you are watching the afternoon session on law and crime live from the fairfax county courthouse in virginia April 27, 2020, online edition of the Daily Mail, quote, we've reached the beginning of the end of Miss Heard's abuse hoax against Johnny Depp, end quote. Do you find that Miss Heard has proven all the elements of defamation? Answer, no. As against John C. Depp II, we, the jury, award compensatory damages in the amount of $2 million. As against John C. Depp II, we, the jury, award punitive damages in the amount of zero dollars. Okay, so uh, Stacey Gedelicat is back with me. Uh, she's been out in the crowd doing interviews, we both have, uh, from a steamy Fairfax County, Virginia. Uh, and you just listened to uh, the verdict being read for Amber Heard's uh, defamation claim in which the jury found that uh, there was one defamatory statement made by Adam Waldman as Johnny Depp's agent uh, and that she was awarded $2 million in compensatory damages, zero in punitive. You just talked with an Amber Heard supporter. Yeah, uh, it's like a needle in a haystack out here, right? right? We had mostly Depp supporters. You guys, we heard them cheering every time a part of the verdict was read in favor of Johnny. We heard them cheering when the Depp legal team came out. Um, most of them have dispersed, although a few are still mulling about, you know, uh, Taking in, in in their moment of victory, there is one woman named Sydney Porter who I spoke to. We're working to turn around that tape for you, who's holding up a big flag outside uh, that says, you know, Amber, we stand with you, and it has messages written from various women. And she said she just felt compelled to be out here because it seemed like no one else was standing up for Amber Heard, and and she believed Amber, and she thought that, um, you know, this trial was yet another form of abuse almost for for Amber. You know, to sort of prolong the abuse, everything that's come out and the um, negative backlash from so many Depp fans towards her and so forth. And so she said you know, she'd been out here since Friday when things wrapped up. She felt compelled to do so um, so that Amber could see there are some people that stand with her. And certainly on the internet, there are some that are still standing with Amber and there are a lot of people who agree with Amber that this is a setback for other domestic violence survivors. And we've been talking about that because that's a claim that Ben Rottenborn made in his closing argument, that this would send a message to... Uh, victims and survivors of um, domestic violence. Uh, I'm not sure I agree with that, but that's the way these people feel. Um, I think, in fact, this has started a conversation about domestic violence and the fact that we can discuss these things uh, and that people shouldn't be ashamed to come forward. Um, so um, I've talked with several people who feel that way, and I've heard from people on Twitter as well. You have a really good question on your Twitter, right? Yeah, I had an interesting question that came in because, again, we do have so many international viewers and things happen 
differently in other uh, countries. And I know Linda's still with us, and, and Mike Corbonics is with us, right? Hey, Mike. Um, a viewer on Twitter wrote to me, um, Fran and you, hey, out of curiosity, in Italy, in a case of a civil lawsuit, the person who loses is paying the lawyers of the winning person. Anything like that happening here? Um, Mike, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. But we're not in Italy, so I, I can't speak to the same laws <laughs> would be in Italy. But um, it, that a lot of this depends upon the statute of the defamation and actually the fee arrangement they have with Johnny Depp and his legal team, whether it's a contingency, meaning they get a piece of it, whatever the award was, or whether they agreed on an hourly basis. That, that all is a lot of questions that really is difficult to answer without knowing what the attorney-client relationship is. Yeah, I mean, but but Linda, no side is paying the other side's legal bills here, as far as we know. Yes, I don't think there's a fee switching statute in New in, in Virginia. I should say, almost in New Jersey, in Virginia for defamation. Usually, the loser bears the cost, and the winner bears uh, the fees. Also, uh, we'd have to find out from Gene Rossi if there is a fee switching statute, but I don't believe so. Yeah, and when Gene was on earlier, he said, you know, if he had to guess, he thinks. Johnny Depp's legal fees probably were something like 25 million, you wow. know, with that. I mean, th this was a guess of his. Yeah. No question, they both racked up millions and millions in legal bills given how long this has stretched and what the trial um, involved. Mm -hmm. Most definitely. Um, another interesting question, and I'm just going to pose this one to you. Mitra, I'm sorry if I catch you off uh, guard with this because I know you're an entertainment lawyer, uh, but this had kind of been on Twitter that. Um, homeowners insurance uh, uh, policies sometimes cover defamation. Uh, Mitra, is that a possibility here that uh, Amber Heard's homeowners insurance policy would cover any uh, damages that she would be ordered to pay? That does not make any sense to me from my understanding of homeowners insurance, but perhaps people are confusing with errors and omissions insurance um, and the types of insurance that uh, publishers typically have. And a lot of times in these, you know, if there was a contract between the Washington Post and Amber Heard, she may have requested that she be named on any sort of policy that they would have as long as there were efforts to legally clear um, uh, the story, which is what you know, it sounded like there were lawyers involved who did try to clear. I actually used to clear manuscripts because I was in-house at, at a book publisher. Um, and we published a lot of, uh, you know, Larry King, Bill Maher, those types of, uh, of stories. And so we would always clear the manuscript for publishing. And we had an errors and omissions policy that would cover in the event that there was something that was sort of an error. Now, in this case, whatever that policy may have been, it would not have covered a situation like this where a jury actually found that it wasn't a mistake, that it was done knowingly, that there was this actual malice where she either knew that it was uh, that it was not true or she had a reckless disregard for the fact that it was true. So errors and omissions is basically that there was an error. And that was, you know, we have a hard finding that that was not the case here. So even if there was a policy, it would not have covered Amber Heard, uh, unfortunately, for this, you know, 10.3 million that she now owes. Misha, thanks for that. I know you're sticking around, but we are about to say goodbye to Mike Corbonics. Mike, thanks so much. And Linda, you've been with us all day. Final yes, <laughs> closing arguments from you. Give us your 15-second final thoughts before we take a quick break.
total win for Johnny Depp. He ran the table. You have to watch the Long Crime Network and watch trial coverages from beginning to end. Just don't go out there and comment and say this is a loss for domestic violence victims or whatever. Watch the trial. That's why we're here. Stay tuned with you guys. I'm leaving, but you'll still be on. All right. Thanks, Linda. Thanks, Mike. Mitra sticking around. We'll be right back after this break. Much more live from Fairfax, Virginia, the aftermath of the Johnny Depp Amber Heard verdict. Stick around. This is Long Crime. Yeah, go. Okay. Sorry, guys. Live TV. Things go in and out. It's been a long, hot day here. Here outside the court trial, I was actually just looking at some of the tweets from you, so keep them coming. We're staying on the air to take some more of your questions. I'm Stacey Delicat here with Anjanette Levy, of course, outside the Fairfax County Courthouse, where um, we are basically sitting and, and observing, talking about the <laughs> aftermath of this verdict that really was a total win for Johnny Depp and a pretty big loss for Amber Heard, although the jury did find in her favor on one of the counts. Uh, after the verdicts were read, the jury was sent out, um, the lawyers came down and we heard from Johnny Depp's legal team. Let's go ahead and listen to those clips. That the claims against Johnny Depp are defamatory and unsupported by any evidence. We are grateful, so grateful to the jury for their careful deliberation, to the judge and the court staff who have devoted an enormous amount of time and resources towards this case. Our judicial system is predicated on each person's right to have his or her case heard, and we were honored, truly honored, to assist Mr. Depp in ensuring that his case was fairly considered throughout the trial. We are also most pleased that the trial has resonated for so many people in the public who value truth and justice. Now that the jury has reached its conclusive verdict, it's time to turn the page and look to the future. Thank you all so much, Thank and you. thanks to the jury. Thank you so much. Johnny Depp's legal team on their way out, taking a literal victory lap as they emerged to cheers from the crowd. Um, excited to see them. Happy for Johnny Depp. Um, no word from Amber Heard's legal team. Were you surprised that they didn't come out and make a statement? I'm not surprised that no. we didn't see Amber. Why would Amber come out here no. to the sea of Johnny Depp's hands? But I thought her attorneys might come out, make a brief prepared statement, be ushered in the SUV and leave. But no, they didn't. Um, yeah, I, I agree with oh, I I thought maybe, but at the same time, I feel like they've gotten hit pretty hard on social media and stuff like that. And maybe they were just like, you know what? Uh, we'll just let the PR team put out the statement. What, what could they say? Yeah. Uh, Mitra Ahori, an entertainment attorney, is still with us. Um, and I'm wondering because, you know, you are an entertainment lawyer. You have some high-profile clients. I mean, would you have advised Amber's legal team to make a statement? I think I understand in this scenario. Um, this case has been its own unique beast with the social media and with the fans outside. Um, with most cases that have some publicity, the lawyers may come out and make a statement. The client would be there. There would be some connection with reporters. But since this has been um, uh, covered on live TV and it's been live streamed and cameras were in there for us to see every moment what was happening, and given the fact that there are this, you know, this sea of depth fans, I think that 
any statement that they were to make would sort of fall on deaf ears and maybe elicit a reaction that would not be, uh, might not even be safe. You know, who knows? So I think it was the right call. Yeah, I mean, listen, um, it's very possible that Amber Heard is going to do some kind of sit down. I know we've actually reached out, you know, right. we have requested an interview from her. I would not be surprised, you know, and I think that Dan Abrams, when he was on, when the verdict first came out, actually, you know, this was his prediction, too, that she will pick an outlet, someone that she thinks is sort of sympathetic to right, her cause and do a very controlled interview. Um, I don't think she was going to come out here into this sea of opposition to her um, or anything like that. Um, let's go back to, you know, the courtroom when the verdict was read. Anjanette, you were inside and yes. you said that um, you didn't really witness much reaction from Amber. Well, I, I could see the back of her head, right. and you know the hairdo was different than it had been. Um, it was kind of like loose and everything. Not the she had the braids and all that, um, but she was here um, awaiting news of the verdict. And I could see, obviously, on the television, she looked disappointed. Clearly, her lawyers are disappointed. They, um, you know, Lane Bredehoff, you can tell, believed in her and believes in her, um, despite you know we were hearing some things in the background, some chatter that we didn't put on the air because we don't report things we can't verify. Um, but, you know, she's been with Amber Heard since the UK trial, so they have a relationship, you know. So she clearly um, supports her and believes in her, and um, they're disappointed. But I think when this verdict, when we got word it was going to happen today, I just got the feeling that this was good for Johnny Depp. Yeah, I think a lot of people, a lot of people had that that sense. And, and yeah. remember, we had a little bit of a false alarm. It was yeah. supposed to happen right at three. The jury had forgotten to write in, to to write in rather the damages, which ended yeah. up being fifteen million dollars for Johnny Depp, two million dollars for Amber Heard. Um, and so it took a little bit longer than we inspected. Whether that was just an oversight, which I guess it was. Um, Mitchell, let me ask you a question. Do you um, think that it is a sure thing that Amber Heard will appeal? You know, in order to appeal, there will have had to have been some sort of legal mistake or error, and I just don't see one here. I think, you know, everything was was televised. You know, if there was any um, inequity or any errors made along the way, we would have noticed it. And, uh, you know, I've been watching this and, and commenting on it from day one. The judge was very fair and very even-handed, and I don't think that there were any legal mistakes or any grounds for an appeal. She can't appeal just because she doesn't like the outcome. There has to have been a mistake. Interesting, interesting take. And I mean, you know, this has been a long and drawn out trial and it's, you know, the the public has not been easy on her. So you have to wonder whether she would want to just try to put this behind her and move on at this point. Um, Mitra, thanks so much. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll have much more here live from Fairfax, Virginia. You're watching Long Crime. Virginia. We're breaking it all down. We're letting it all soak in. The conclusion of what has been this very exciting, detailed-packed, celebrity-packed 
six-plus-week trial coming to an end with this jury's verdict today. And as we've been telling you, as you've seen yourself, outside the courtroom was certainly today mostly Depp supporters who cheered every time they heard um, the jury deliver one of their verdicts in favor of Johnny Depp. They cheered when the Depp legal team came out. There were really almost no Amber Heard supporters out here at all. But I did find one woman, uh, Sydney Porter, who's been standing outside here, who's come to the courthouse in support of Amber since last week. I just spoke with her. So we know most of the supporters out here today, really for the duration of the trial, have been Johnny Depp supporters, but there are Amber Heard uh, supporters out here as well, obviously disappointed in the verdict. One of them is Sydney Porter, who came out here tonight, and she has a big flag where people have written messages of support from Amber. We love you, Amber. Stay strong. We believe and love you always. Um, you are believed. You are within the hearts and thoughts of those who support you. Sydney, um, your reaction to the verdict? Um, disappointed, confused, um, but not surprised, I guess, yeah. Yeah, um, you're confused why? Um, I feel like it doesn't really make sense in terms of just the defamation part and how it's affected their work life. Um, with Amber, I feel like she didn't really have much outside of Aquaman that is really like a big thing for her. Um, and we've heard how much her part has been pared back. Compared with Depp, he had already kind of been on the downfall of his career because of his drinking and drugs. Um, so I don't think that her op-ed specifically was what affected him, so. There are so many opinions swirling, have been swirling this whole trial, but you have a group of people out there who is still saying, including Amber herself, that these verdicts are a setback for all survivors of domestic abuse. Do you agree with that? Yes, I agree. Um, I think it's shown that you can use the court to continue your abuse against someone, um, and I think it also shows that, you know, no, how, no matter how much evidence you have, people are not going to believe you. Were you out here for most of the trial or just today? Um, I was out here on Friday when they finished up, and then yesterday and today. Why is it important for you to be out here in the heat and, and be here for this? Um, because there's not really anyone else out here for, for her. Um, and I feel like a lot of the support that's online is not uh, genuine. So I wanted to show her that, yes, there are people out here who are supporting her. Yeah, so she just felt like, hey, someone had to be standing out here for, for Amber. And look, I give her credit for being out here in a sea of deaf supporters. Right, Probably right. she had a few nasty things said to her. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, maybe not. Maybe maybe all of the nasty commentary is on the Internet. I, I feel like, actually, I've seen interactions. I don't know about today, but I saw interactions between deaf supporters and some uh, herd supporters. Obviously, the deaf supporters outnumber the herd supporters. And nobody, I didn't see any crosswords. Yeah. Uh, so that's good. Look, right? I mean, there was no scuffles or anything yeah, like right, that. Right, the right. sheriff's deputies didn't have to get involved. But in your time that you've been out here, Anjanette, I mean, we know the crowd has leaned heavily in favor of Depp. But even yesterday, there was a Depp supporter out here. I didn't see him. I mean, a, a herd supporter, rather. I didn't see him out here today. Um, have there been, like, a handful that have been here regularly? Yeah. I mean, there was a woman we interviewed, Kylie. Uh, she was here from Minnesota for, I think, a week or two. This woman, Christina Tuft from California, she had come out week one and then back the uh, last week, last week, and then she left. Uh, and then the guy with the sign, right, we saw him and, and a couple of others. But really, I mean, I think maybe... 
10 max the whole time. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you know, definitely a discrepancy in the number of fans out here. But, I mean, look, all issues aside, that's just to be expected based on the size of Johnny Depp's stardom and, you know, his place in, in American pop, well, international, really, pop culture, you yeah, know, yeah, over yeah. the last 30-something 30, 30 years. So, um, anyway, it was good to talk to her, I think, and bring in um, just another perspective because we are hearing yeah, so much um, in favor of Johnny. Um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we've heard from both Johnny and Amber mm -hmm. in statements released by their teams. When we come back, we're going to go over some of what they had to say. Stick around. Virginia, where we are continuing to break down this verdict, this overwhelmingly positive verdict for Johnny Depp today here uh, in his defamation trial against Amber Heard. Of course, as you know by now, if you're watching, ultimately the jury ruling that all three statements in question were defamatory, were made with malice, awarding Johnny Depp $15 million in damage, and finding for Amber Heard in one claim in her defamation countersuit awarding her damages of two million dollars uh Johnny Depp, as we've said, was not here. He's still in the UK. I'm sure he's going to pop up on stage if actually it's 11.15 in the UK now, so perhaps he has already. We're so busy here. Uh, uh, that, 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 I think we're getting our days mixed up that because of the holiday. Um, is there no, sh no show tonight? Okay. It's tomorrow. Thank you. Yes. Okay, so there is okay. no show tonight, but he's probably out somewhere having He was uh, uh, actually having a beer, it said. It, or not, I don't know about a beer. I should well, admit, okay. uh, strike that from we'll the record. We'll walk it all back and we'll say he yeah. wasn't here because he's going to be playing music this week in the UK. Yeah. But he released a statement, as did Amber Heard, and I'm going to read some of Amber's statement right now because uh, obviously very different tones of both responses. Amber Heard, regarding today's verdict, said, The disappointment I feel today is beyond words. I'm heartbroken that the mountain of evidence still was not enough to stand up to the disproportionate power, influence, and sway of my ex-husband. I'm even more disappointed with what this verdict means for other women. It is a setback. It sets back the clock to a time when a woman who spoke up and spoke out could be publicly shamed and humiliated. It sets back the idea that violence against women is to be taken seriously. I believe Johnny's attorney succeeded in getting the jury to overlook the key issue of freedom of speech and ignore evidence that was so conclusive that we won in the UK. I'm sad I lost this case, but I'm sadder still that I seem to have lost a right I thought I had as an American to speak freely and openly. Before Anjanette reads Johnny's speech, let me bring Mitra back. Mitra, a lot has been said about these words that Amber made in her statement, but that her attorneys made even at closing, that this verdict is a bigger statement. It's a setback for all women who speak up against domestic violence. So what do you think of that statement? Yeah, and that message is consistent with what her lawyers tried to argue in closing arguments, that actually Depp's team had tried to file a motion and get that portion of the closing statements uh, struck because they had tried to make this an issue that is much larger than it is. Um, defamation is not protected under the First Amendment. That is very clear. And so the fact that we're considering a defamation case is not really the same as considering this broader notion of the First Amendment. And in addition to that, this, you know, making this case about the bigger issue of 
um, how this affects um, victims of domestic violence. That's something that Depp's lawyers argued should never have been included in closing arguments because that uh, opens the door to the jury looking at this in a way that's kind of like far more about their emotions and, you know, implications, implications that this could have instead of actually looking at the facts and evidence, which is purely what their job is. So the fact that they're releasing this statement, I think, is sort of missing, you know, the reality of what happened here. Yeah, and that's a take that a lot of people certainly agree with. Let's go to Johnny Depp's statement now, which, as I said, very different tone there, of course. This is, um, you know, a big victory for him, and he expresses as much in his statement. Yeah, most definitely. Um, so it's a statement from Johnny Depp via his spokesperson, and it reads, uh, and it's pretty long, actually, six years ago, my life, the life of my children, the lives of those closest to me, and also the lives of the people who, for many, many years, have supported and believed in me were forever changed, all in the blink of an eye. False, very serious, and criminal allegations were leveled at, or levied rather at me via the media, which triggered an endless barrage of hateful content, although no charges were ever brought against me. It had already traveled around the world twice within a nanosecond, and it had a seismic impact on my life and career. And six years later, the jury gave me my life back. I am truly humbled. My decision to pursue this case, knowing very well the height of the legal hurdles that I would be facing and the inevitable worldwide spectacle into my life was only made after considerable thought. From the very beginning, the goal of bringing this case was to reveal the truth regardless of the outcome. Speaking the truth was something that I owed to my children and to all of those who have remained steadfast in their support of me. I feel at peace knowing I have finally accomplished that. I am and have been overwhelmed by the outpouring of love and the colossal support and kindness from around the world. I hope that my quest to have the truth be told will have helped others, men or women, who have found themselves in my situation and that those supporting them never give up. I also hope that the position will now return to innocent until proven guilty, both within the courts and in the media. I wish to acknowledge the noble work of the judge, the jurors, the court staff, and the sheriffs who have sacrificed their own time to get to this point, and to my diligent and unwavering legal team who did an extraordinary job in helping me to share the truth. The best is yet to come, and a new chapter has finally begun. And he uses a Latin phrase here, uh, veritas numquam perit, I hope I pronounced that properly, which means truth never perishes. Mm. Some some strong parting words there from from Johnny Depp. Um, I have a question from a viewer, Mitra. I, I want to get you to weigh in on this. Actually, um, Linda earlier was talking about this, and, and the question has something to do with you know since the the jury did find in favor of Amber that Adam Waldman did make one defamatory statement against her, could Adam Waldman suffer any consequences here? Um, uh, you know, Linda was saying something about uh, malpractice. You know, what what could happen with Adam, Adam Waldman? I don't think it's going to go that way. I think, you know, in terms of malpractice, I, I know that Johnny is willing to move on and ready to move on. And I don't think that he's looking to recover, you know, whatever the $2 million or, um, you know, from his lawyer. And the law already found that that statement was uh, attributed to Johnny Depp. So I, I don't see this going any farther. Yeah.
Okay, listen, we're gonna take one more break. We'll be right back, live from Fairfax. This is Long Crime. jury award compensatory damages in the amount of $10 million. As against Amber Heard, we the jury award punitive damages in the amount of $5 million. In civil case number CL 2019-2911, Ms. Heard's claim against Mr. Depp. Okay, uh, the jurors there, the, the jury foreperson, I should say, uh, announcing the damages that they found in Johnny Depp's favor, uh, a total of $15 million in damages. We know there is a cap, right, on some of that, Anjana? Um, it's on the um, punitive damages. Uh, the judge said $350,000 cap um, per state statute. Right, right. Um, and um, as for where Johnny Depp has been in all of this, we found out shortly before the verdict was being read that he would not be here, that he was in fact staying in the UK. Uh, the statement that Anjanette read to you before the break was put out by his publicist, but also posted on his Instagram. He remains in the UK where he is expected to rejoin Jeff Beck on stage for a series, I think three more concerts throughout the week, although not one tonight. And um, some pictures that, that have come in, right? I mean, he's being yeah. seen around town in London, uh, getting handshakes. What are you seeing? Uh, we, there were some photos uh, on the internet. I don't know if we have those ready yet, um, but he was in the UK um, at Bridge Tavern in Newcastle, England, and that's uh, where he was when the verdict happened, apparently, and he was getting handshakes from fans, according to uh, the service we subscribe to that sent the photos. Right. A lot of high fives. Hey, Mitra, let me ask you this as an entertainment lawyer. You know, looking at the big picture here, is this the uh, beginning of Johnny Depp's comeback? Obviously, there there was this trial, there were the allegations, there was the loss he had in the UK trial against the Sun, and there were movie executives, even with this Amber Heard stuff aside, who were saying, nobody wants to work with Johnny Depp anymore, he's late, he's abusive to the crew. Now, does this change all of that? Is, he, is his star going to rise once again? I really do think so, and I think that there is power in a fan base, and I think the fans have really shown up for him. Um, I think that the fact that he got the win with the that the clearly rejected Amber's claims, um, that's a huge win, and I'm surprised at that. I didn't see that happening um, simply because, you know, not because her story is believable, but because how hard it is to win a defamation case as, um, as a celebrity. And, you know, those two things alone, I think that if he can, you know, maintain his best behavior in terms of keeping, you know, the kind of the addictive um, drug use and the and the um, alcoholism at bay, I think that studios would be happy to work with him again, maybe not at Disney um, because of the history of that relationship and also that brand, but certainly I see other projects in his future. Yeah. Well, Mitra Ahorian, entertainment attorney, thanks so much for being with us this afternoon as we broke down uh, this verdict. What, what a... 
What a long journey it's been for you. What <laughs> yeah. a long day for all of us. Thanks. We want to thank all of you so much for tuning in, especially those of you who have been with us, who have been with Anjanette, who have been with Jesse from the very beginning. Thanks so much for watching. There's going to be much more coming up in the days ahead as we continue to break this down, continue to talk to players. Anjanette, I'll leave you with the last 10 seconds. Uh, thank you to everybody for trusting us. This was a big story. It means more than Hollywood. Thank you, and we will have more to come. Stay with Law & Crime. Much more to come.